Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. See whether or not the cars all get away cleanly. So far, so good. The dulcet tones of our race director, Edmundo Freitas, one of the best-known voices in endurance racing yes. these days. Yeah, very much so. Um, there was also a decision for each team to make regarding which driver goes in first. Uh, many of them have elected to put silvers in for the LMP2s. Roman Rusinov is a gold who starts from the outside of the front row. Bruno Senna, a platinum, starting from fifth. So he could be getting stuck in from the off with silver-rated drivers just ahead. For instance, James Allen in the number 21 Dragon Speed car is a silver, the Aussie. Likewise, Alexandre Cugnot and Alexandre Poigny uh, is also a, is a bronze, in fact. And he's John Fowle. John Fowle, yes. yes. Well, that's quite a responsibility for a lesser-experienced driver to be at the front of this lot and to try and hold them back for as long as possible. But Nicolas Lapierre explaining to me a little earlier on today that Really, the focus is trying to get more experience into the team. They realise they're unlikely to win today, despite the pace being there in qualifying yesterday. And it's all about getting Antonin Borger and Alexandre Kwani more experience behind the wheel of an LMP2 car. Still very new piece of machinery for those two drivers. Here they come. In the second chicane for the leading cars. Big power slide through there from Phil Hansen. Gathers it up nicely as they try to get a bit of... Heat into the tyres. We have had the historic cars out uh, this morning. It's uh, torrential rain yesterday evening and threw into the late evening at uh, period as well. So that will be pretty green, I think, Johnny. Yes. Oh, yeah, almost certainly so. And uh, an opportunity to try and lay down the rubber that you're using over the first few laps. It's going to get quicker and quicker as we head through the four hours. Just trying to see if the uh, BHKO team have played the photographic trick they did at Paul Rickard. Putting, putting a red sticker over the top position, right? Oh, that's useful. Right, funny. OK. So permanently in first place, then. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan or indeed a commentator, that would confuse me. No end. So the LMP3 cars now heading out of the second Lesmo, underneath the road bridge and in towards the natural amphitheatre of Ascari Chicane. Left, right, left again. Crucial exit there, which determines your top speed as you reach the Parabolica several hundred metres further down the road. Championship-wise, it was a win for Dragon Speed and Paul Rickard in the opening round, so James Allen, Henrik Hedbert and Ben Hanley lead the Drivers' Championship from Memo Rojas, Paul Chatin, and Paul Lafargue. That's the car being put to the back of the LMP2s, remember? They're just coming through the shot there, the winners and the first-time winners in uh, Paul Rickard and LMP3 were the ultimate team. That was great to see. So they have a seven-point lead over Jens Pettersson and Mikkel Jensen, who did not qualify yesterday in the number 11 car. And that car is there on the back of the grid, not even at the back of the LMP3s, the full-back. So we're at the 40th position for the number 11. Multiple Le Mans champion in classes, uh, Julien Canal waits for the off in the Palace Bartes garage. Here they come down now towards Parabolica. And a reminder that in GTE, the 51 Ferrari took victory at Paul Ricard. That's carrying 30 kilos of extra weight. Nicholas Nielsen, Alessandro Pierguidi, Fabian Levin lead the GTE Championship from the girls. Rahal Fry 
Mich- uh, Michelle Gatting and Manuela Gosner also carrying weight this weekend in 83. Right then, the full field partway round the Parabolica. The front row, in fact, now straightening up to see the giant grandstand to the left and this instantly recognisable start-finish straight at Monza. We're about to go racing for the second time this season in the 2019 European Le Mans Series. It is a long wait as they head underneath the podium. Who will be standing on top of that in four hours' time? Five red lights are extinguished. Great getaway from Alexandre uh, Cugnot, rather, in the Graf car, number 39. And can he get the jump on the two cars ahead of him? Roman Rusinov and Kwani. Yes, he can. Charging up the inside, the red, white and blue of Graf Racing take the race lead. Now, does everybody else get through the first chicane at Retifilio safely no there's a spin for the Algarve pro racing machine 25 25 spinning so that is John Faub thankfully the car goes backwards and does not prove an obstacle for everybody else though so LMP3s can get through looking out for the lead in LMP3 I reckon the seven car of Colin Noble is now ahead of Luca Legere already at the second chicane for the P2s he is indeed ahead. Uh, the number 27 EDEC Sport car goes backwards as well into the LMP3 pack. Nielsen Racing from EDEC, uh, from the uh, Racing YMR. So fraught in the midfield in LMP2. Bruno Senna's trying to work his way by the Duquesne engineering car. So Duquesne uh, starting again with Pierre Rag, as they did in France last month. The gap starting to emerge, though, between Alex Cugnot and Alex Kwani. Roman Rusinov still in third. James Allen is fourth, but they're all trying to be fourth at the moment, including Pierre Rag and Bruno Senna. And cars dropping down the order. Kuba Schmihoski, I think, losing places. And Serna Giotto's yep. not completed the second sector in the Cetilavi Lorba Corsa car. For all the way back to the back of the pack, if indeed he's made that, uh, I think is he just he has just come through sector two. In amongst the GT uh, cars, though. He's clearly had a big moment somewhere. That is a guest appearance, final appearance in the LMS for the moment. Uh, incident involving car 25 at turn one is under investigation. But uh, off into the distance, Alexandra Kwanyo, what a... Uh, start from him Roman Rusinov now looking up the inside of the cool racing car looking to put the G-Drive car into second position he's done that before we get into the first chicane and then it's about James Allen can he now challenge uh, the 37 car and take a position too he's looking to do that as they come towards Cova Grande well, as I said, Alexandre Kwani more about experience for the bronze-rated driver he won't be deliberately holding these drivers up of course, he can't just evaporate and disappear to allow them through uh, far more easily, but he is sensibly staying off the natural racing line. Huge lock-up there for James Allen. Both front wheels stationary briefly, and that will create uh, a couple of nasty flat spots for the rest of this stint for the Dragon Speed car number 21 running on Michelin tyres. We're watching the cars in the front of the race. A great start, by the way, from Garrett Grist in the United Autosports number two car. He was briefly up to third position in class from, I think, was sixth or seventh. 47 satellite of the Corsa uh, car is in the pits so that's not a great start from the 47 car we think but he's had a puncture there's uh, definitely a puncture t- uh, tie there whether or not that was cause or effect we'll wait and see so the Cetilavi Lorba Corsa car can rejoin it's Giorgio Sonagiotto then at the wheel of that and uh, no hint of a driver change they just needed to replace the punctured tyre Colin Noble opening up a gap of 0.6 of a second over Luca Lechere in LMP3 Jean-Baptiste Lahaye up to third place I think that car, that car qualified in fourth didn't it so he has gained a place net Garrett Grist a good getaway for the number two United Autosports car already back Look across the, the line though Cugno for Graf Racing the 39 
James Allen's former team. Well, it's James in third position behind Roman Rusinov. Looking for a way by as we've got the cars too wide way over to one side. That is the high-class racing car with one of the Palace Bartes cars. Uh, well, let's call it spirited defence rather than <laughs> weaving. It's a 24 car involved there uh, with the high-class racing car. That is Leonard Herkenboom. Uh, that, that was rather more than one move, Leonard. Yes. Uh, but I think in terms of track limits, I think Anders Fjordback should be fine because he did just keep his left side wheels and right side of the white line. But the defence is, well, the car in front of me is changing direction all the time. What can I do? Clearly, Fjordback quicker in this phase of the race than Hergenboom just ahead of him. New to the ELMS for this season, having been champion in the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year with Jens Pettersson. So it's Kwanyo from Rusinov, Alan, Rag, Senna, Kwanyi. Uh, then Phil Hansen, Ryan Cullen, Leonard Hergenboom, Anders Fjordback, Rennie Binder, uh, Paul Lafargue in the 28 car coming from the back of the LMP2 field, head of Jack Manchester in the car in Delala, Taxon Kim, Kubishinovsky, uh, and then Draconi, uh, Patrice Lafargue complete the train of LMP2 cars with John Falbrick hovering back at the moment through the LMP3 field. Christian Reid retaining the lead in the GTE category. That car put on pole yesterday by his teammate Matteo Cairoli. Fabian Laverne's doing a good job in the heavier Lucif Racing Ferrari up to second position already. 51 from sixth at the start. So he's picked up five places in class. So ahead of Egidio Perfetti for Team Project One, ahead of Duncan Cameron, Spirit of Race, Wei Lu, who started the JMW Motorsport Ferrari, and Ebby Motors is currently being driven by. Uh, Sebastian Fortuna fastest lap of the race is for the fifth place car as they come around this time Bruno Senna beginning to make inroads into the gaps ahead four seconds to the good now though is Quagno as James Allen still looking for a way past Roman Rusinov Rusinov dropping back a little and there's a train of three cars nose to tail now Rusinov, Allen and Rag the 26, 21 and 30 cars got very tight for Anders Fjord back in the braking area he was attempting a move on Ryan Cullen and forced onto the grass into the braking area but just about got away with that now then this is the race lead in GTE how close do you want it okay we're five minutes in uh, but um, one very heavy car 30 kilos heavier than the one behind it the 77 is carrying weight as well we must remember that but only 10 kilos for Christian Reed. side by side for second place slightly better positioning though for Fabian Laverne that means he can edge off uh, Egidio Perfetti who was timed as in second place at the line well, that's now gone back to the Ferrari as they leave the chicane. So, in that uh, class, Dempsey Proton Racing, they're carrying a little bit of ballast. I think it's 10 kilos for them. Christian Reed leads the race. Uh, Egidio Perfetti drops back in behind Fabian Laverne for the moment at least. Uh, the Ferrari carrying 30 kilos. Bit of contact there. Side to side. And Perfetti ducks out of that. Takes the effective leap joker lap through the second yes. chicane. Joins in with very little time lost. Fourth, by the way, behind this trio is the JMW Motorsport Ferrari of Wayne Lou, who really impressed me at Paul Rickards. And he's well in the mix there now, too. I love that little bit of curbing on the escape road. There's even a, uh, a bollard there as well to ensure that you don't shortcut that. So, presumably, in the driver briefing, they've said if you outbreak yourself, you have to go fully around and then not get, make sure you don't get the positions. Because of that extended route, you shouldn't do anyway. And actually, Egidio Perfetti has lost time now on the Ferrari. He'll get his head down and try and reel that uh, red Ferrari here at Monza. What better car to be racing on uh, Ferrari's home ground than, than that machine, the 51? Well, the Porsches are trying to 
Stick it to the Ferrari so far, first and third. Great exchange of fastest laps at the moment between Alex Cugno at the head of the order and Bruno Senna in fifth position for RLRM Sport. And again, the fastest car in LMP3 is Colin Noble. Potential dramas for the leading car, though, the team. Team manager, Car39, to the race director. Is that some suspicion about something at the start? Well, we'll see. For the moment, though, it's four seconds still to the car. Pierre Rag, but Rag now has got Bruno Senna all over the rear end uh, of the number 30 Decade Engineering car. The RRM Sport car very much in the mix here. There are the top five cars, nose to tail, all Oricas at this stage. Next up, though, are the two United Autosports. We're seeing here this is the cool racing car in trouble. Yes, it is. Now, that's Tyrob. Oh. More trouble, though, at the first corner. Two Ferraris. Uh, Pointing in very much the wrong direction. What was that car that just left the scene? It was three Ferraris, wasn't it? Or was it, it a Porsche? Oh, was it the... Now, that was contact from Wegloo. It was... There's the uh, the all-female crewed uh, Kessel car. And I and think was this another, is the yeah, second right. Kessel car uh, getting out of there. Double yellow at Turn 1. So, actually, the, the second Kessel Ferrari wasn't involved in the initial incident. Had to take to the curbing to get by. But 55 facing the wrong way, briefly. Duncan Cameron and also involved the other Ferrari, as we mentioned, JMW Motorsport, Ray Lee. The fastest lap of the race goes to the car in 39th position, as Giorgio Sinajoto shows just how annoyed he is to be at the back of the race. Uh, no shortage of speed there for the Delara at this point. Uh, look up the inside from Perfetti on Laverne there. That didn't quite work. Well, Giorgio, Giorgio Sinajoto, one brand new tyre, and he's putting that to good use as well after one punctured very early on in the lap. The GTEs, Christian Reed versus Fabian Laverne, 0.3 of a second. Then it's Aguidio Perfetti next up, just 0.1 of a second, and a slightly larger gap now back to everybody else in the GT category because of the clash between three Ferraris pretty much in the first corner. Uh, trouble for the cool racing car. This was our pole-setting car. I'm afraid it is in the pit lane with attention to the front end of the car. Here is Louise Beckett down on pit road. That uh, there is a new nose being prepared for that car here, side by side though. James Allen uh, trying to make the move here on Roman Rusinov and looking to do what he can do as well. Pierre Rag looking yeah. to see if he can actually make uh, make something stick. Through goes James Allen. Rusinov drops back down to third position. Pierre Rag getting the run on James Allen actually rather than Roman Rusinov. And I thought if one can get by, maybe the other one can too. Well, Rag says I've got another chicane coming up, which is the Retifilio chicane jumps out of line then to the right side they're absolutely side by side down into the braking area just ahead of Duncan Cameron and now ahead of Roman Rusinov so a change for third position That's ragged edge stuff there was in the what you heard in the background was the cool racing come on with the change of nose and the front right tyre changed for that car We'll hear from the team as to what caused that problem. For Pierre Rag, indeed. And now down towards the second of the chicanes at Roger, the left and the right goes that scrap then for second position. Was there contact between James Allen and Roman Rusinov? I don't think quite was, but it was really, really close. That was really good stuff from James Allen around the outside. And see behind Pierre Rag to see what he could do on the inside. He thought about making it he three did. abreast there into he the did. parabolica and thankfully <laughs> decided to ease off the throttle. Henry Hedman already ready to go should he be required. Colin Noble pulling away a little from the chasing pack. It is four Normas. One, two, three, four. Noble, Legere, La Haye, uh, Fioravanti. Actually five. David Drew there now too. Garrett Grist has dropped back a little under pressure from the Normas which have been rapid in a straight line here at Monza. 
and almost in the order that they qualified it's just that Noble's got ahead of Legere and John baptiste Lahaye's got ahead of Damiano Fioravanti this car the green the yellow pink of Oregon team of Italy so racing at their home event charging their way down towards the uh, the Roger Chicane a car or a team rather that have come through things like Renault Megane trophy racing of old Renault Clears as well and then on into the Renault RSO1 trophy which is sadly no longer a going concern but ever since that folded they have been welcomed into the European Le Mans series and this could be their strongest year yet first penalty is going to go the way of the JMW Motorsport uh, Ferrari Wayne Lu has been adjudged causing a collision with car 55 at turn one we saw that on screen a drive-through penalty for the car that's currently in, in, in fourth position in GTE James Allen setting about to try and haul in Alexandre Cugnot who leads the way for Graf just doing the fastest lap of the race that's almost a clear second quicker than Cugnot's last effort so down to 2.7 seconds now at the head of the order really good crowd in the grandstand down yes. to Retifilio Chicane great to see and uh, Bruno Senna now closing on Roman Rusinov who increasingly is looking like he's struggling a little for ultimate pace here it's 137.283 is the fastest lap of the race now that's just gone to James Allen contrast that with uh, Roman Rusinov two seconds slower than that last time around and that's uh, put him back into the clutches of Bruno Senna who will not need asking twice if an opportunity arises the Ligiers behind this battle are very tightly bunched both for United Autosport so Phil Hansen just ahead of Ryan Cullen for 6th and 7th and Fjordback is 8th as the Bruno Senna and Roman Rusinov battle livens up again at the Parabolica Ro uh, Rusinov in full defensive mode here trying to fend off the Brazilian who goes wider through the second bit of the Parabolica off peels the 66 to serve the penalty that's Wei Lu and the Duquesne car just uh, dipping by one of these slower LMP3 machines now what can Bruno Senna do heading towards the first chicane I think because that LMP3 car is there that's prevented the overtake that's right it's uh, I think is the RR car rather ironically it's Christian Olsen uh, who unfortunately was just where Bruno Senna needed to be so it goes around the outside through Pino Grande and is going to have to start again in the pursuit of uh, Roman Rusinov. Just goes to show, doesn't it, those fine margins not being able to get past the slower car in traffic. And it has a dramatic effect on the gap. Yeah, fairly similar paint schemes being carried then by the two RLR cars. Bruno Sellers the P2. And Chris Olsen, as you say, is the P3, car number eight. which is the other RLR car, car 15 yes in 8th position that's where I was getting the 8 from almost 15 minutes gone then and the number 38 machine underneath the bridge approaching the chicane at Ascari that's the lead battle overall now involved with the lead battle in GT with uh, Christian Reed just a little way ahead of this, the, this battling pair and that is yep they're still in the order we observed them last time, Christian Reed ahead with James Winslow actually battling with Christian for position after starting from the back of the grid. Didn't qualify in that car, probably the bell housing would be replaced and prepared. Uh, but uh, then we've got Lusic Racing and Team Project 1 just tense between Fabian Lavoe and Egidio Perfetti. It's this all sorts its way out. That is James Winslow going past the race leader in GTE, took another position, and as he does that, up his inside goes Bruno Senna to try to close back up on 
Roman Rusinov, who is closing on Pierre Rag. Yes, certainly that gap is coming down. The other thing we need to bear in mind about the weight being carried on these GT cars is that it's going to wear the tyres slightly more as well. I mean, very, very small margins, but as the stint goes on, that Ferrari may start to struggle more so than the Porsche behind. And this is replay of the start. And oh, the Euro International car wasting no time at all by getting through as many GT cars as possible. So who started car 11 from the black back row? It was Mikkel Jensen, yeah. up to sixth place now in the LMP3 category. Big lockups from the midfield and an interesting line from Anders Fjord back in the all-yellow high-class racing machine, trying to dart down the inside. Then there was some contact for John Fowle in the Algarve Pro racing machine, which very quickly spun around and off to stage right effectively and thankfully off the track so that left things clear for everybody else. Travers made his way back up through the LMP3 cars and is actually now involved in a battle with the team car for 16th. Jackson Kim and John Falb at the moment battling away. Uh, uh, yeah, just getting some information about, you know, that uh, Bruno Senna um, not overtake. It actually wasn't Christian Olsen, I wondered that. I think it was the 8 car which will be Yamanaka in the Nielsen oh, right. racing machine. Yeah, in which case, my bad. Uh, no, that's right. Oh, and off is Anders Fjordback. Oh, dear. So what's happened there? And that is the car that was actually neatly placed. It's facing the wrong way at Ascari. So... Has he just pulled that car off? Or... Well, there goes Christian Reed. Oh, oh and an no. in avoidance, the high-class racing car spins and into the gravel. So Christian Reed. Now, I'm not sure whether there was any contact well, to force I think that it, spin. I think Christian Reed was collected in whatever way by Fabian Laverne, by the look of it. And what was that? At that point, a battle for GTE Pro. Yes. Well, was Laverne close enough? Because the gap was actually growing between 77 and 51, I thought. 51 more so under pressure from the 56 Porsche. Anyway, it has left uh, Fabian Laverne for Lucic Racing now leading the race by only 0.4 of a second from the Egidia Perfetti Porsche Project 1, the Norwegian driver. Christian Reid has slotted into third position. Absolutely. So actually not lost a lot of ground, only seven seconds. So not have done his tyres any favours with that spin. And the big loser in the whole thing, Anders Fjordback, not even involved in it, but in avoidance, spinning and now facing the wrong way right up against the barrier. I think he did have some mild contact there, so the other thing is whether or not there's damage to the uh, number 70, sorry, the number 20 high-class racing Orica. Yes. Just very bad luck, wrong place, wrong time. So the error flags are now being displayed at the Ascari chicane to warn these GT runners, the lead GTs indeed, that there is a stranded car on the exit of the of the Ascari chicane. So 71 and 56 are the battling GTE, slotting between them the Carlin Delara driven by Jack Manchester for this opening stint. That car is 11th in the overall positions. Still double yellows at turn nine, so still high-class racing's like stuck there until a decision will be made about uh, whether or not that car is able to be recovered back to the track or is out of the race. Let's wait and see. Also slotting by the GT leaders is the number 34 car of Kubish Michowski starting that into Europel competition P2. Mm -hmm team down to two drivers of course Cooper and Danny Gloss with uh, Leo Roussel as you say just uh, hurt in that incident yesterday but will soon Leo behind is this GTE battle Giulio Perfetti is not letting Fabian Laverne get away no certainly not and uh, as I say the more that Egidio Perfetti 
that pesters the back of the Ferraris. The big lookup from Schmihovsky there into the second chicane. But I think this Ferrari is now really starting to struggle with the extra weight, with the extra tyre wear too. And the Gidea Buffetti's a splendid bronze driver, getting more and more used to a GTE Porsche. As he's shown in the World Endurance Championship, they had a strong round at Paul Ricard as well in the opener for the ELMS. So this is literally a car's length between the top two in GT. And what about Christian Reid recovering now from that spin at Ascari? He's five seconds back from the cool racing car, which is about pretty much five seconds back from this GT battle too. That's right there. In fact, the cool racing car right now behind is Gidio Perfetti. Yeah. So um, we'll soon be looking to get by this pair of cars. There you go, there's a cool racing car with a BHK car behind. Probably going to view a Christian Reid popping out of the Ascari chicane in a moment. And there yeah. he is. Yeah. So that's the distance, five seconds. Perfetti trying to line up Laverne again for an overtake. They've allowed the two faster prototypes through. And what's Laverne's exit like out of the Parabolica? Pretty good. Again, that's a momentum as, corner. It where is. they struggle with these, this Watch extra the Porsche. 30 kilos. Watch yeah, the Porsche. It's a great exit there. He goes to the inside. Now dummies that to the outside. It's the less favourable line into this chicane there. Mm. Can he do it on pure top speed? It's certainly under braking. Ferrari braking hard, hard. Takes, the, uh, takes back the position. Neatly defended there. It's beautifully done by Gidea Buffetti, but uh, the Ferrari just had him in the, uh, the braking run with straight line speed. Now this is where it doesn't have the acceleration though, 30 kilos more, it's all bolted into the passenger seat effectively. Uh, I didn't realise there were several positions that the team can actually choose, I think two or three. But it's a sitting duck here surely for the Porsche, no! Very good on the brakes again. He almost collected the Alcar Pro car, I don't think Buffetti had seen the, uh, the Orica catching, catching, catching. Now Laverne is squeezing the Orica. He's been desperate to get that car through, that's the 25 car of John Falk recovering back up through the field. Into the Lesmos, well Christian Reid will be loving this because that gap's now starting to come down a little bit, or is it? No, Christian Reid uh, nine seconds away, so what's happened on this lap for the 77? Because if anything these two cars will be holding one another up, the incident that involved John Fowle in the first corner no further action and also the race start everybody was in the correct order when we got this thing underway at bang on midday but uh, it looked like contact for John Faub however uh, nobody to blame for that incident and this little lot as we watch this enthralling battle for the lead in GTE the lead battle overall is just under 1.5 seconds now James Allen catching Alexander Quigno through up the inside goes the 31 car of Taxon Kim. John Fall, by the way, has made up two positions uh, since rejoining the back of the LMP2 trail. Here comes Perfetti again up the inside this Got time. The inside line. And this might be the telling move. This is far, far better now for the Norwegian than a lap ago. Just needs to break just a smidge later than the Ferrari and potentially block overtake it and can it turn in well it's not the ideal line the Ferrari takes a very different route but now as the Porsche accelerates out of the chicane it's already edging away and we have a lead change in GTE yeah parked it at the exit of, uh, of the uh, first chicane beautifully done by Eugenio Perfetti and great little battle between these two someone's another great big lock up for yeah. the second chicane though it's not fog now, that, might, <laughs> that might have been the 360 racing car of James Winslow or Alexandre Quani again potentially with a 37. We 
didn't know exactly what the issue was for the 37 but there was some tyre rub on the front right corner of that car and they replaced the nose as a result cracking stuff as well here come the two United Autosports Ligiers coming through this is a battle for sixth position Phil Hansen ahead of Ryan Cullen great run from Cullen at the moment they're coming through the lead battle in LMP3 what does that look like well, Colin Noble's a little way up the road from this little battle, 3.8 yes, seconds. Then we've got Lucas Legere in the number 19 car, which is the next uh, next target for the two flying Ligier P2s. Uh, it is Jean-Baptiste Lehay in the ultimate car, winning third, and then Damiano Fioravanti in the Oregon team car. The 20 car back in the pits. Now, that's the one that spun at Ascari and has fueled back high-class racing. So it's... Uh, that hopefully didn't have too much damage but it spun as a result of a Christian Reed incident on the exit of Ascari and it looks like that car's just driven right through the pit lane and rejoined the race so, um, he's been in the pit lane for 1 minute and 51 seconds according to time of scoring yes how did he get to the pit lane is the next thing yeah, if, it, if it's flat in back there then that's in which case is a bit of a problem Graf uh, Racing Alexander Poignot is doing what he can to fend off James Allen. Here is the Edex Sport car. Their dramas uh, post-qualifying. That car back up to eighth now. Nanza Paul Lafargue. Good sector times on this lap from Cugno and from James Allen. James goes faster than anybody else through the middle sector. Also improving. Roman Rusinov on this lap in the first and third sectors. Bruno Senna finding some time too. So clearly the top... Five or six in LMP2 are into some clear air all of a sudden. The leader is exiting the first of the chicanes. Meanwhile, LMP3 battle just across the line now. Noble ahead of the grey with the day-glow yellow of Luca Legere. There it is, just popping into sight now. But there's a battle on for third in LMP3. Jean-Baptiste Lehay versus Fioravanti for Oregon. And as we've had the two United Autosports Ligiers in P2 together, not so very far apart, the two Palace Bartos cars, a bit further back in the order, Leonard Hergenboom and Rennie Binder uh, battling away for ninth position and then making their way th uh, through the LMP3 uh, podium battle now as well. Noble, he is pulling away in the lead of LMP3. Yes. Gives best there to the 28 car of Olafar. Paul having to start from 19th position despite the car being good enough to qualify in third but uh, picked up for a technical infringement after qualifying yesterday and therefore to the back of the LMP2 grid but Paul Lafargue keeping out of trouble and is now up to 8th place for Edex Sport the other Edex Sport car is Patrice Lafargue, Paul's father down in 15th place, car 27 yep, 27 Ligier and... Uh Patrice Lafargue and Eric Maurice, double duty this weekend in a very unusual way, uh, campaigning in the Masters Endurance Legends yes. in a current championship winning car, the Asian Le Mans Series car, in full United Autosports livery from Phil Hansen and Paul DeResta. It's an invitation entry, I'm sure, just getting a bit more practice around this fantastic Monza circuit. You're absolutely right, by the way, that crowd at the, uh, at the chicane. Yeah, really impressive. They're all huddled right by the chicane, which is the action spot. But there's barely a seat in the house in that large grandstand. So, tremendous 
support for the European Le Mans series, free to get in, and just 10 euro if you want to get onto the grid for the autograph session for the start of the race and into the paddock. Here from Louise Beckett down in pit lane, Anders Fjord back, back out into action, changes nose to the number 20 car, all four tyres changed too, no surprise with that, so clearly was carrying some damage. As the leaders are right together now, just separated by three quarters of a second, you almost don't need a stopwatch. Cunha under pressure from James Allen, who was a winner a month ago at Paul Ricard with his teammates Henrik Hedman and Ben Handley. It's Renga van der Zander instead of Handley this weekend, but it's still an incredibly strong lineup. And James very pleased with the car so far this weekend. Seems very stable. Weren't able to get pole position yesterday. However, the car's on course to take the lead. Well, catching Cunha is one thing, being able to find an overtake quite another, as the 77 Porsche, which was spinning earlier on at the Ascari Chicane, still there in third for Christian Reed. Is this going to give uh, James Allen a bit of opportunity? Slightly balked by the uh, GT car on the entry into Parabolica, but that doesn't seem to have given the Australian quite the edge he was looking for. The pair of them bear down on the recovering Setelar racing Veloba Corsa, Delara. So this too is another great battle. Four tenths of the line, it's half that, maybe a quarter of that now as they all, they both concertina up into the Retifilio this time. This is the start of lap 18 then, and we've had nearly half an hour of the race. The leaders are Alexandre Quani for Graf in LMP3, it's Colin Noble for Nielsen Racing in GTE, Egidio Perfetti, and there is the support for the ELMS this weekend. Mom, I'm on TV! Uh, I'm sure that's what they're all shouting in, in, in the Italian. Italian version of that. My Italian's nowhere near good enough, but uh, we hope you all enjoy themselves down there. And uh, yeah, European Le Mans series back in Italy. Very pleased to be here once again in Monza for the third year. Weaving their way through the GTE battles. Fabian Laverne there in the wake of the overall the battle in the Vern is clearly dropping back here from Perfetti 4.2 seconds so Perfetti's got the hammer down Rusinov still finding time as well in the fourth placed G-Drive car so let one or two slip by still got Bruno Senna for company just three seconds away the opportunity initially slipping away from the Brazilian to get into fourth place but that's warming up again close between Ryan Cullen and Phil Hansen in an all-United Autosports duel. And they're uh, still 7th and 8th in the best-placed Ligiers. Graf Racing crew watching closely here. And uh, the Glee Club at Dragon Speed in full song there, you can see. James Allen, Look very late inside. on the brakes oh, indeed. Wow, great down. overtake. Well, he did a superb one at Ricard into the final corner. As long as he hangs onto it on the exit of the Retifilio, that's also splendid. But Alexandre Cugno not happy to concede the lead and will retake it into the Curva Grande. They're absolutely side by side in one of the fastest corners. Oh, oh it's contact on the exit. How did James Allen hang on to that? And are both cars still intact? Blimey. How close do you like it, Graham? That was, that was an old bit. Big slide through the second chicane. Oh, pumped up now. My guess is there's a substantial amount of red fog, not mist now here. Oh, this that was that was unbelievably dangerous at that point. Squeezed, I think, more by momentum yes. than by intent. 
but a couple of fantastic overtaking manoeuvres from these two young men. And a big moment in the background for Pierre Rang as well, who was all over the kerb on the exit of Lesmo 2. He managed to just about hang on to that with the car at 45 degrees to the direction of travel. Well, he's seen how close the backlands ahead. There's an opportunity here for him to, for him to rejoin this lead battle, and he's not going to leave that one napping, is he? Here they come, though. The car in front, by the way, they settle out for Lord Corsa car, still on the lead lap. Yes. Uh, just now, but you can see the margins we're talking about. There's one, two, three, four, five in the straight down towards the Parabolica. That's your top five cars. Bruno Seda still hasn't managed to find a way by Roman Rusinov. Look like that might happen a wee while ago, but again, as in comes James Allen. Mm, this is early because normally an LMP2 car can do 40 minutes. So is there concern after that contact that it's maybe put something? out of alignment Alexandre Gugneau is happy to continue though driver changes ready driver changes Henrik Edman is going to be d diving in ok well this, this may this also be an opportunity just to get the Swede in and to get his uh, time drive time ticked off nice and early in the race well it may be they've decided to just have a quick check over the car if he's reporting something we saw Henrik Edman was ready uh, there will be some strategy applied to this without a shadow of doubt yes it's not a surprise we're coming in. Graf are also getting ready, by the way, as there's uh, grass on the front of the, tr the 21 car. An indication, therefore, of the grass tracking that James Allen did a little bit of. There was contact, and then that forced him to the grass. But, I mean, an awesome battle. I thought that James Allen was far too far back to make a move at one. He did it, but then was on the back foot on the exit and that enabled Cugno to have a stab up the inside but brave stuff through the Curva Grande to continue two abreast and James Allen running out of road so of course the, the, these P2s might not be able to make the full 40 minutes because there was a formation lap to account for two the other thing to take into account here it's a very very crowded pit lane here at Monza yes. and they will want to do what they can to get an unfettered run into and out of the pit lane we saw that yesterday in the Michelin Le Mans Cup car uh, class with fewer cars and some of those cars being rather smaller instant involving 21 and 39 at turn 3 that was the side-by-side -side moment through Curva Grande is under investigation let's wait and see what race control determined with that uh, into the race then comes Henrik Hedman he pops out where? let's just enjoy this overtake again for James Allen so late on the brakes gets the car turned in but then there's a big squirm through the second bit and he drifts his way out that meant that James wasn't able to get as good an exit as Cunha and there's the graph car up the inside now, is out. he too forceful mm, not sure it was, it was a mm. well this will give Let's us an indication Cunha Curva Grande watch his hands on the wheel and does he take the natural racing line does he already think he's clear of James Allen but contact there definitely was Allen off onto the grass and that could have been a huge moment on the exit of uh, the Curva Grande. Thankfully, both stayed on the track, and we will be able to get one side of the scenario now. Down with Louise Beckett because she's chatting to James Allen. A slightly frustrated James Allen, who's uh, calling down now. We've just seen the replay. What happened out there from you? Your point? Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, I had a good start. I managed to get through everyone. Um, I, I passed Alex on the inside of turn one and got a bit of a compromised exit. I slid out a bit, and Alex was mega coming out of the chicane. And we were side by side coming around Curva Grande, and I don't know, he, he just came out a bit far. Maybe he didn't realize that I was I was still next to him. It was a bit frustrating, but it happens. Uh, 
Did the team call you in early? Was there a problem with the car? Was that the reason for the driver change or was it strategy? Uh, I think it seems to be strategy. The car didn't look damaged. It, it felt quite okay. So I think, yeah, that's the team's call. All right, thank you. Thank you. Well, I think your point, Graham, about maybe getting the their car slightly off kilter with everybody else means that potentially there's a quieter pit lane every time they stop now from, from this point on. There is a driving standards warning flag going to be shown to the 39 car. Not quite yet, because it's in pit lane at the moment for that incident, that moment uh, through Cover Grande. But uh, while we've been talking to, while Luis has been talking to James Allen, we've had a flurry of P2 cars in. The kid engineering have been in, RLR have been in. Uh, Edex Sports number 28, Orica, the Palis Bartos 24, United Autosports with Phil Hansen the 22, the 25 for John Felber. Now 39, 26, 32, and 23 are all in the pits. So we are now going through the routine uh, pit stops. And uh, we've, uh, we've uh, basically, I think, absolutely right. That was a strategic call from the Dragon Speed team just to keep them out of the flurry of activity that's now going on down pit lane. So by the time we're done with Carlin coming in and into Europol uh, from 5th and 6th respectively because of those uh, pit stops and look at the number of cars on the front finish right here. Yes. Just having to check back actually because um, James Allen has raced for Graf in the past. I he wonder has, whether he's won, he's won twice. Yeah, at the back in the 17. I wonder whether he'd raced with Alex Cunha and therefore whether they were friends but actually Cunha came in effectively to replace Allen into the 18 season but yep. he was chatting as if they knew each other well yep. and you know maybe Alex didn't see me so he was giving him a little bit of slack the officials will decide though and uh, in fact it's so a black, black and white, white flag, flag for 39 yep. it is indeed so I think all of the P2 cars have now made at least one well let's call it routine stop uh, that doesn't include of course Anders Fjordback who was in earlier for uh, the attention after recovery for the incident where he came across the, the two GTE cars but, uh, the leading pack have all been in and about to be all back out into uh, the running so effectively for 39 that's a yellow card, that's a you know we didn't really like that manoeuvre, we'll let do you get away with it for this moment but if there's something else that happens later in the race then there could well be a drive through or worse I should correct myself by the way, the one car that hasn't is the 47 car settled over Lord Corsa uh, Giorgio Senegiotto up to 8th now but does require a routine stop right cracking stuff in the first really good. what is that first 40 minutes there's never a dull moment in these European Le Mans series races well, these now, cars and this mix of cars Johnny Palmer really suits this 4 hour format now that we've dealt with pretty much all the pit starts for the LMP2s we can focus on just around the corner the stops for LMP3 that will stop around about an hour into the race and likewise the GTEs we should mention that LMP3 stops uh, have to be dictated by a minimum pit stop time for two of your stops the cars will have to stop three times but two of those stops have to be no quicker than two minutes ten correct we learned that yesterday from the Michelin Le Mans car um, meantime by the way just a moment while we're talking about the LMP3s Colin Noble has been just roaring away here uh, something like eight, nine seconds to the good now with the number seven car from Lucas Legere. No uh, slow driver there. Uh, John Baptiste Lehay and Damiano Fioravanti uh, uh, in the train behind. But uh, Colin Noble is basically not edging away from this field, powering away from this field in an epic first stint. Uh, fueled and fired up by his last ten minutes yesterday, where he would have felt that he could and should have won that race. And uh, Luca Legere is a real star in the LMP3 category, so he is being shown the way around this track at the moment by 
the slightly older Colin Noble, but uh, Colin Noble is certainly not one of the elder statesmen in this field. Sharon with Tony Wells, Colin from Edinburgh, 22 years old. But Luca Lechere, I'm, I remember him being sort of 17 or something stupid last year. Let's just check his latest. Uh, it was 80s on Friday, I'm told by Louise Beckett. Thank you for that. Yeah, 10th of May, 2001. Yeah, I'm sure Louise would have been at that party because she <laughs> does like a, a, a good night out with... Uh, with Never misses a knees oh, into the gravel at second chicane from the BHK car, the 35 car. That car at the moment in the hands of Draconi down in 16th position. Yeah, so uh, there's a very shallow gravel trap actually on the uh, left side of that second chicane. If you get it wrong big style, then you'll find the wall very quickly. But thankfully, in and out of the gravel trap relatively swiftly there for the BHK car on the 35 so the uh, after all that after all that is said and done that is the lead car by the way on the P3 with the 21 car now in the hands of course of Henrik Edmund he's back yeah. in fourth now after that round of pit stops it's 39 from 40 from 26 from 21 they're in the top four they're now separated by some 12 seconds with uh, Quanyo some 2.6 seconds ahead of Pierre Rack in the Duquesne engineering car. Then it's Rusinov, who's a further 7.5 seconds back, with uh, Henrik Hedman a further 3 seconds back now from the Russian. And Hedman has managed to clear Colin Noble this time, but he was just a little bit unsure as to whether there was room at the Retifilio chicane. Probably sensible to uh, use discretion, the better part of valour, and then get a better opportunity out of Curva Grande and into the breaking area for the second chicane. So 21 now clear of the seven. They're in different classes, remember. Colin Noble from Nielsen Racing continues to lead the LMP3 category from Luca Legere, Jean-Baptiste Lahaye, Damiano Fioravanti for Oregon and Mikkel Janssen, remembering that he started 40th yep. in a 41-car field. He's now up to, in overall standings, 23rd. That's fifth in class. Okay. The Veloba Corsa car has now made its first routine stop. A reasonably tidy one too for the uh, Settler Racing car in what will be, we believe, its final ELMS round in the hands of the Vloba Corsa team. Uh, it looks like that team, when they make their leap into the FIWC, will be handled by the AF Corsa operation. Marking the return from AF Corsa to LMP2 competition, which they've done previously in the WC, of course, with uh, SMP Racing and before that with Pecon Racing. Good to have an extra Delara P217 in the entry, though. Delara, an Italian manufacturer, after all. Now, just having a sneaky look at the inside. Fioravanti on Jean-Baptiste Lahaye. I don't think he was ever going to make a move there, but cast an element of doubt into the ultimate pilot. Um, those two cars still circulating at very close quarters. Luca Lechere's just about got the measure of those two cars behind, though, battling for third. Julio Perfetti, meanwhile, in the GT class, which I think, and I apologise, I called GT Pro earlier. It's uh, of how it's done hard. You know I don't. Uh, that's that's important to right, but uh, if that's good enough an excuse. As Julio Perfetti pulling away still, nearly 10 seconds to go now from Fabian Laverne. Do wonder whether or not that clash may have done something to that Ferrari, because his pace has gone off yep. since uh, the issue with Christian Reed. Nothing, by the way, on the screens about any investigation into that. It, we didn't see what caused it. It could have been that Christian had an incident all by himself and was then collected. We don't know. Yeah. That's the ultimate pit. 
I'd say the ultimate pit, that's the ultimate as in team, not the best you can get, but it's not far off it at the moment. And the left, of your, left of your picture, Mathieu LaHaye, is uh, one of the prototypes in the historic race this weekend, with his name on the side, yep. although he wasn't racing it. LMP1, Pescarola. Oh, into the, into the gravel goes... The Nielsen yeah, car. It's Yamanaka in the number eight car. Nobuya Yamanaka, and that was the car that uh, was potentially slowing down Bruno Senna earlier on as well, or prevented the Brazilian from pulling off an overtake on the G-Drive car, you may recall. The other thing might be slowing the Ferrari down, Lucic Racing Ferrari, is the weight. I'll yes. say again, you yeah. know, it's, it's going to mean extra tyre wear, and that's the, the sort of point of success ballast, is that it starts to take its toll part way through the hour-long stint. We're still only three-quarters of the way through a GT stint. Yep, so that is 30 kilos. Oh, and straight on for the ultimate car. That is going to lose it a place, I'm sure. We'll have to drop in now behind the Oregon car. It does so. Um, yes, it does. So Jean-Baptiste Lahaye managed to uh, take out one or two of the polystyrene blocks there. Actually, Not was quite surprised a by the uh, the additional braking for the P2 car ahead. Missed the first two, clobbered the next he did, one, didn't he? and missed the final one. I mean, they are, I think, only made of polystyrene, so shouldn't do too much damage to carbon fibre bits. The recovery vehicle on its way to the Nielsen Racing Ligier. So it's a tale of two different sorts of races for Nielsen Racing. There, Colin Noble pedalled Norma. Now ten and a half seconds for the good and the lead of the race. Yamanaka at the back of the race I'm afraid is stuck in the gravel trap at the exit of the second chicane and that's exactly where Francesco Draconi uh, left the road for BHK Motorsport he was able to get out under his own steam Yamanaka facing the wrong way just digging those rear tyres into the gravel and needing outside assistance yeah, timing screen is saying we have a Manitou on the left hand side at turn 5 that's not a warning about Marine Mammal but uh, rather the recovery vehicle would be a surprise, wouldn't it? Uh, it's a long way from Florida. True enough. Uh, but uh, Manitou will be pleased for the little bit of brand mentioning there, I'm sure. As now through the right hand, there it is. In fact, it's not a Manitou. But we know what the intention Indeed. Yes. And the eight car should be just plonked back onto terra firma. And assuming it's not damaged, we'll be able to continue. Slightly tricky place to rejoin from, but it is certainly possible. But protected, of course, by the yellow flags. Now we've got a Ligier on Ligier battle, and that, I think, is Phil Hansen, who lost time in the pits. He did. You're right, it is. It's Phil Hansen in a battle for seventh position with Leonard Hergenboom. Yes, for Panes Bartes. So, so Ryan Cullen, at the moment, fifth in the lead, non-Orica, counting for the moment the Arrows. Slow car there, by the way, was Draconi, making sure that he didn't hamper the pace of the battle for the lead. This yep. is the lead, isn't it? And they've still not yet put the lap um, on the 47 car. So at the moment, Giorgio Semigiotto will be doing all he can to keep ahead of this pair. So Alexandre Cugnot again under pressure from Pierre Rag for Graf and Duquesne, the two French squads, just half a second between them. Roman Rusinov is third in the TDS Racing prepared G-Drive Racing uh, Aurus, the Aurus 01. Then it's Henrik Hedman who took over from James Allen in the first stop for Dragon Speed. Ryan Cullen stayed at the wheel of the leading Ligier for United Autosports. That car is in fifth position ahead of Paul Lafargue and Leonard Hoogendou. And if you're just tuning in and thinking, it does look like an awful lot of P2s in this race, you'd be right, there are 19. 19 on P2s, a record 
for the European One Series. Back and running, by the way, there is the number eight from Nobuya Yamanaka. And this is how the Japanese ended up there, oh, all on his own. It was almost spinning before he hit the kerb, wasn't he? I think yeah. he'd over-rotated before he hit the kerb. So just a bit too much speed heading into there. Probably tried to arrest the slide with more right foot, and it just spun the car round Absolutely. and into the gravel. And uh, desperately tried to get out very quickly, but all that did, as I say, was dig further into the gravel. Man in the background uh, with the headphones on is Shield Duquesne. No yep. mean racer himself back in GT3 days and Decade Engineering, as we've said before uh, in coverage, also the organisation now uh, that look after the Norma M30 LMP3 programmes. This is the start of the race again, everybody. Not really, but uh, it might as well be down the back straight. How many different cars? Every category nine, represented. Nine cars in that little group. And, and this is, is the race lead as well in amongst it. As well what as a time to catch all this traffic. I think have they now. They've just put the lap on the Cetelar car. And Pierre Rag darts to the left to use the drag from the Cetelar Villorba Corsa de Lara. Then ducks back out of line can't get the overlap on the 39 oh, well, this is going to require a cool head but to this we know moment. Pierre Rag's good on the brakes Cunho gets the car stopped as well and can just about turn in safely but how do you know where everybody else is you're making sure that you're clear of them when you do turn in for Ed the Retifilio educated guesswork oh, well it has to be it's uh, amazing <laughs> stuff nine prototypes bearing down on the first chicane somehow they'll come out more blue flags and just a guess really as to who they're being waved at certainly not the red white and blue of Graf and then the uh, dark blue and black of Duquesne Engineering and thankfully through that little melee of traffic the two leaders emerge unscathed great stuff we're uh, getting into what's uh, 50 minutes gone just spotting the homesport car Kristen also hitting that car Yes, Kwani's a P2 car, yes. Olsen an LMP3, and that's just about the first of the LMP3s to come in to stop, and it's still a bit early, isn't it? Cool racing car, I think it's their third stop, isn't it? They had the, um, they did have a drive-through, didn't they? Then they've had their main stop. Uh, second at... stop, second stop, a minute and ten that was, and Borg has taken the car over, so... That was a. They did the drive through earlier on. That was a scheduled stop, switching Kwani to Antonin Borger. It was the silver in that combination. Why is Christian Olsen in, though, from the uh, 13th placed LMP3 car? He's tumbling down now, well behind much of the GT traffic, sadly, for those guys. Let's wait and see whether or not that's an issue or a plan. Might be. It's, it's early for Christian to be in. Well, they might as well, even if this isn't planned, they might as well tick off one of their long stops this way. We'll keep an eye on how long he stays on pit road for the moment. Yeah. If it's two minutes ten or thereabouts, then they will have got one of their longer stops done and dusted. Here we go. There's another little battle. This is the 28 car in the hands still of Paul Lafargue. Trying to do what he can to get by Henrik Edman. So, battle for fifth. This is behind Ryan Cullen. He's now got ahead of these oh, yeah. two. Yeah, very well indeed, up to fourth position. And bearing down from a distance on the Arus of Roman Rusinov. Yeah. And now, here's Lafargue. No, no opportunity to get by Hedman. This time into the Roger Chicane, the second one after Kerber Grande. Loads of curb taken by both cars on the exit. And again, Lafargue has a sneaky look at the inside at Lesmo 1. No room there, but if Lesmo 2 is a good 
part of the track for Paul Lafargue. Then momentum is key on the long run down to the Ascari chicane. There's traffic as well that could be used to fashion an opportunity. And Kevin showing real confidence here. And uh, it's amazing, isn't it? A bit of basic success can just add that edge to a gentleman driver's ability in these close-run battles. And Henrik Edman is looking confident here. Ben Barnacote going well in the car in Delara, by the way, just doing that car's best lap of the race so far. Number 45, or fully off the track there on the main straight, was Fioravanti making a move for second position in LMP3 and getting ahead of Luca Leggere. As long as he got the car stopped at the Retifilio, which he kind of did, did, did there and managed to keep it within the two white lines, and is still shown ahead of the Swiss. So Fioravanti up to second. Track limits uh, flag, black and white flag, goes to the number 11 car, your international, Mikkel Jensen. Still taking a couple of liberties there. Here we go. Is this enough? It is. For Lafargue. Paul Lafargue overtaking Henrik Hedman in the braking area for the first chicane then. And that's Edexport now up to fifth place from 19th on the grid. Now, Henrik Hedman will be under orders from the team to keep to a set pace. It may well be he's decided at this stage that the better move is to keep less pre uh, pressure Anthony Borger having taken over the cool racing car by the way going very nicely now as well and speaking of cool racing the man to step out Alexandre Cugnot and he's now chatting with Louise getting off to a good start for cool racing and then getting into trouble you had to come in for an early stop Alexandre what happened? Well, I got I got hit on the uh, on the second chicane from the inside. It just like moved the uh, the front bodywork to uh, touching the tires, and the smoke was starting to get out, and then the, the tire was getting weird. So we had to come in and change it. And how was the rest of it for you then after that? Rest of it was okay. I mean, that was like back in the rhythm, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's you're right away instead of having ten laps without traffic, all of a sudden you're right into it. So you're losing a lot of time to the others on that. And the uh, but beside this, it was you know, it's just as I always say, it's a learning curve, and we never have to remember, never have to forget that we are here to learn, and that's that's what the first season is for. Then I mean, but it was, I mean, had fun. On the positive, starting at Monza on pole, going down into that first turn, how was that? Really nice. That's a really great feeling and uh, everything will happen good. I mean, everybody will be play the game pretty well. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I had some some fighters behind me and I had to deal with it. But I mean, it was okay. It's part, again, it's, it's part of the learning curve and uh, we have to do it. Well done. Thank you. Apologies, getting my Alex's mixed up there. That's Alexandre Kwani and Cugno leading the race. 2.7 seconds then for Cugno over Pierre Rag. But... Uh, a character-building stint, I would have said, oh, for Kwani. Yeah. I mean, how much responsibility do you want on your shoulders leading the full pack down to the first chicane? And uh, that will have gained him a whole load of experience. For first of the uh, the regular GT stops, Claudio Schiavone is on pit lane at the moment in the number 60 Castle car. Driving standards meanwhile of the M racing car, Lucas Leisure. That might well be in defence with second position. Are under investigation True. with the team manager uh, being invited to race control. Let's wait and see how that one kind of pans out. Yeah, Watching the pace, by the way, as we watch the Castle Racing um, pit stop of Ryan Cullen, who is rapidly catching uh, Roman Rusinov, who seems to be struggling for pace here. We didn't catch that full moment with the 19 and the 10, Fioravanti overtaking Luca Legere, but uh, if... 
Luca Legere started to change line and edge the number 10 car towards the pit wall and that's certainly frowned upon so maybe a conversation to be had about that as five minutes to go to the first hour completed the GTs are already in because of course they did the extra formation so it's Christian Reed from third place in the number 77 Dempsey Proton car also in as the spirit of the race uh, Ferrari in the hands of Duncan Cameron as out comes Colin Noble we didn't spot uh, that uh, pit stop now as Colin done he's done his short stop early so they're going for track position interesting and the the, the um, Christian Olsen car rejoined. It was a uh, keep an eye on that. Really. Didn't it? Didn't it's still there? Oh wow! So, okay, so that is a significant problem. I was wondering whether that was a two minutes ten or not, but it's going to be far longer sadly for RLR. However, a quick, as you say, pit stop for Colin Noble, and that's potentially going to give it far better track position than it had going in, and it wasn't too bad at all for the Scotsman leading into these pit stops. Fifty-five with all four Dunlops changed they do two on one side then two on the other remember this year in the ELMS you have to do fueling and tyre changing separately and the driver change has to be done away from the refueling as well everybody clear these limits are not these uh, pit stops are not time limited as they are for some of the LMP3s Great gaggle of cars again heading through Seraglio now into the wooded section of the Monza circuit underneath the bridge and they'll pop back into the Ascari chicane and behind this moment there's been some sort of incident at the second Lesmo because yellow flags now being shown at turn seven. Cracking battle, Ligier and Ligier, although Phil Hansen runs wide in pursuit of Leonard Hergenboom. This is Ligier and Ligier, but the Palace Bartis car ahead on the Dunlop tyre. The uh, United Autosports car, remember, changing mid-season last year successfully to Michelin taking the last two race wins of the year but now we have this new Dunlop tyre this is a real tyre battle it is the 27 car now what happened here just all by himself by looking at it yeah so off at the second Lesmo and it departs at speed that's Patrice Lafargue at the wheel of the other Edex Sport that's the Ligier rather than the Orica tight bunched Route there. In fact, to get that car recovered, oh, Graham, trouble there for it's going to be full one course of the Kessel cars, not up to full speed. Oh, it's the full course yellow. My yeah, apologies. But there were different sort of speeds coming into that. Just. And remember that everybody's counted into that. We're not hearing Eduardo Freitas for this particular race, uh, but he will be counting uh, down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 all the way into the full course yellow, and likewise instruction from the race director to get out of it. But that was quite worrying, actually, the difference in speed. The Ferrari was well at 80 Ks with prototypes approaching at pace absolutely anyway everyone's now at 80 k's and well, gives us an opportunity just for a moment to talk a little bit about where the race order is and okay it's slightly mixed up in lmp 3 because we're in the midst of those pit stops this could shake it up a little depending who's on pit road it is Mikkel Jensen who leads the race at the moment having not pitted David Drew in the real team number 9 car again not pitted his second then it's Christian England First of the cars that has pitted is Colin Noble. Yeah. Has done a short stop. In fact, all of them have done short stops that have so far completed a pit stop. My guess is that one or two of the ones that are on pit road now will opt to take their longer stop because we're in the full course yellow and therefore less of a loss on track to that. Fioravanti has taken a longer stop, and actually that was 2 minutes and 26 seconds on pit road. 
you need to be getting closer to the two minute ten marker than that but it, I mean that might just be the shuffling of cars yep. around others you said it's so tight in this pit lane um, long straight obviously and a long pit lane itself but the operating area on the uh, on the, the concrete apron very tight indeed Commissioner Moski brings in the 34 into Europod car this car uh, repaired by the team including by the way I noticed uh, working on the car Nigel Moore one of the LMP3 drivers who's due to drive this car at Le Mans got stuck in with the repair after a big accident at Parabolica for Leo Roussel so confirmation of the full course yellow speed there at the top of the screen 80 kilometers per hour it's 60 k's through the pit lane and we have now stoppers Roman Rusinov with a second start for the LMP2 uh, third place runner G-Drive so this a chance for a top of a fuel maybe even a driver change there's nothing stopping you pitting during the full course yellow and obviously with everybody else out on track trundling around at a much lower speed than race pace this could be very useful indeed it, for G-Drive and for United now Ryan it could Cullen's be a car. massive turnaround in this race with, with this because several of the leading runners in LMP3 stopped before the full course yellow including Colin Noble yes good point out comes the number 26 car didn't spot whether or not that was a driver change I expect there might well be into comes the 28 the 20 and the 32 and the 21 of Henrik Edmund dropped back down to 6th position before that stop Paul Chatat, who was so close to a third place position on the grid yesterday but the 28 car had all its times cancelled the 21 Dragon Speed Machine also getting some fuel I'm sure Henrik Hedman will stay at the wheel of that car as we reach the one hour marker so this a natural break in proceedings after a crazy first 55 minutes but our first full course yellow for round two of the European Le Mans series live from Monza thank you for joining Johnny Palmer, Graham Goodwin and Louise Beckett hope you're enjoying our coverage so far very difficult to read this race so far but uh, the LMP3 battle was all about Colin Noble initially however he's done one of his quick stops now of course the full course yellow hits and some of the other LMP3 cars he's racing might get a chance to buy some of that time back again let's wait and see exactly what happens in and out have come the cars that led into that full course yellow the real team racing car and your international Christian England from third let's wait and see just exactly where Colin Noble comes out I think he's third I think this has had a dramatic effect on yeah. this race. Well, real, real Team Racing qualifying fifth on the grid, shown at the moment as leading LMP3 from Mikkel Jensen, who started in 40th position overall, now up to 19th and crucially second in LMP3, ahead of Noble, who, as you say, shown in third at the moment, waiting for them to reach the next sector point as we go back to green. So green flag, that was a relatively quick full-course yellow to recover the 27 car from Lesmo 2. And who is the most alive to the restart between Cunho and Rag for the race leaders? Now, these guys did not pit, couldn't pit, because they weren't in a position around the track to do so. So at the moment, they lead. But I think the four cars behind that took on extra fuel might be far better positioned now. And the, the, the car running third is, is now in the hands of Jürgen van Utiet, the... Uh well, new star in LMP2, it's got to be said. G-Drive Racing signing from RLRM Sports LMP3 Championship winning run last year. Out comes the 83 car, the all-female crew Kessel car that ran so well last time. Through, and looking slow through there, the RLR car, the 43 yes. car. Now, have they done a driver change there? Yes, John, John Ferrano has just got back over. aboard the car, so he's just tippy-toeing out on colder tyres. 
that is an outlap for the Canadian driver, so understandable really as he gets used to the conditions and as the tyres get up to full operating temperature. So having to deal with cars on outlaps, cars from different categories, Alexandre Cruneau and Pierre Rae doing a splendid job here and there's nothing between them as they reach Lesmo 1 on this the 36th lap. We've just ticked over into the second hour of round 2 of the 2019 ELMS season. Graf Racing still lead this race but by a tiny margin from Dukin Engineering desperate for that first race win. Remember they did take a win across the line at Red Bull Ring last year so locks up in front of this group um, but uh, lost that that went to a fuel sample infringement mistake yeah. from fuel left in the the rig from previous testing the car locking up was probably the number 10 of Damiano Fioravanti the Oregon machine the GT battle by the way 77 versus 66 that's 4th and 5th Christian Reed versus Jeff Seagull and Seagull the a gold driver for JMW this weekend so might be offering a little more speed now and Christian Reed up ahead that's a great dice and remember the Reed Porsche is uh, 10 kilos heavier than it was at Paul Ricard just looking as the LMP3 battle starts to develop it is indeed David Drew from Mikkel Jensen from Colin Noble that was a costly series of stops good luck for Algarve Pro Racing James French the number 31 car with some ground to make up they are 17th for the 31 car that is Short moment a, to go that's a change for Ryan Cullen going up yeah. to fourth from Henrik Edman so Ryan Cullen's United Ligier now ahead of Henrik Hedman and fourth 17 seconds further up the road is Benutert for G-Drive Racing rear clip being ready from Dukin Engineering is that damage or is that just looking for a little less drag let's see damage on the back of that rear deck the two uh, sort of door wedges, the legality panels on the back there behind the rear wheels still intact. I think they feel they've not got as much straight line speed as some of the opposition here, I think that's going to be a change at the next stop. Yeah, well quite possibly um, you can do it within the allocated time uh, you probably can't do it as the fuel goes in though I'm thinking because it's fuel and nothing else, yeah. you would be able to do it as you change tyres. So another stop by the way for the 47 car Giorgio their day is not going as they'd hoped. The home race for them. Well, there'll be no hurry to get that Duquesne car in. They will have bought no, back no. a little bit of fuel mileage because of the full course yellow. Uh, but the difficulty, of course, is when they do have to come in for fuel and potentially tyres. The chances are everybody else on the track will be going at full speed. So think about G-Drive, United Autosports number 32, the Dragon Speed car and the E-Deck 28. They all managed to take fuel on as everyone else on the track was doing 80Ks. So they're going to rise to the surface steadily, third place down to sixth. So LMP2, it is still Graf Racing from Duquesne Engineering, G-Drive Racing, the gap, Jan van Utrecht to this pair, remember with the pair ahead of him needing a fuel stop, is 27 seconds, he's 29 seconds off the lead. Moving from one side of the track to the other there is Paul Lafargue who has a sneaky look at the inside of Hedman into the Parabolica but that door slammed in front of his face. That's a fifth, fifth place battle and Ben Barnacote's also involved in the Carlin Delara number 45. That so, car going really well. Ben's yeah. been very quick in the car all weekend. 
And as these two dice amongst themselves, this Lafarge might be the gonna, opportunity. Lafargue under breaking for the first chicane. Headman lets that one go. Ben Barnicote, he's got the speed in the Delorean. He certainly seems to. Might well be through pretty quickly as well. All British lineup this weekend then with uh, Harry Ticknell now coming to the team and will be there for the rest of the season. It was just Oli Pla was filling in for Harry Ticknell at Ricard. There's one of the Delaras is showing real pace. There's trouble for the Cetelar car in the garage. Not what they would have wanted this weekend. Through the second chicane comes the Idex Port car. Launching its way over the second curve there was Ben Barnacote, the man from Chesterfield in the UK. And he darts to the left, darts to the right. Henrik Hedman doesn't have the sort of speed as the Delara behind. Looking racy, Ben Barnacote. Certainly. And uh, where and where? So we'll flash the lights in here. 2015 Formula 4 champion. He was a Formula Renault champion in 2014 as well. Barnacote coming then again from single seaters, although has been racing GTs. Uh, for a number of seasons too for Garage 59 so McLaren uh, is he works driver? he has been has a been works driver, driver for McLaren so former works uh, driver Ben Barnico and now uh, with Carlin and it is great to have Trevor Carlin's team as part of the European Le Mans series well known throughout the single seater ladder up and down the scale down to club racing and as high as uh, GP2 in the past and now Formula 2 so but uh, this is their first venture into sports car racing and the great looking livery the 74 really on is. the Delara it uh, does seem to me as if that uh, Oracle has got a straight line speed advantage at the very least Ben Barnicote still looking for, to force the error from Henrik Hedman gets the power in quickly but Hedman came through there nice and tightly too he's just edged away a little more what looked an inevitability is now hard work for Ben Barnicote this car running in 7th position it uh, achieved an 11th place finish in round one so already some improvement being shown we've had a stint from Jack Manchester already switching to Ben Barnaker Harry Tinknell to come the Ford and Master racer a busy year already then for the man from the southwest of England Tinknell very different lines it's very manoeuvrable this Delara it would appear compared to Henrik Hedman at the moment just can't fashion an opportunity though out of the second of the Lesmos. Quicker, this is the battle quick, for six. Quicker out of there is there going to be an opportunity to just use the toe and power by? Don't think there is, you know. That Orica very efficient in a straight line. Can he do it on a breaking? Not there. Ascari Chicane. And crucial to get a good exit out of there. Barnaco trying his hardest, but the Orica's the got slightly better straight line speed, it would seem out of that chicane and down towards the Parabolica so this will continue meanwhile Paul Lafargue is disappearing up the road from the battle which will be a touch frustrating for Ben Barnico I'm sure and Paul Lafargue now focused on Ryan Cullen they're just 2.7 seconds away from one another just see through as off goes the 8 again it's the 8 again uh, just see the efficiency of the Oracle as well through Parabolica. Barnica looking to see if he can do anything in the braking. Not close enough there. Has to duck back in. And Rick Edmonds just pick his line through again. So Atascari, Nabuya Yamanaka straight on, in fact, through the gravel trap at speed. Thankfully kept it out of the wall, over the grass, back onto the asphalt, and which is a sort of an escape road, and rejoining at the other side of the Ascari she came, but lost at least one place because of that. 
It's also now as the change finally is made, the second chicane, Barnico stabbing the uh, Delara up the inside then of the Dragon Speed Orica, and that will net him sixth position, distracted briefly by a message about the number three car of Christian England. It's in the pits already, it is in the pits it, already but, it, but it's earlier pit stop is under investigation it is indeed it's, uh, that looks like quite a long pit stop no uh, rejoin by the way from the number 15 of Christian Olsen not been a very happy weekend I'm afraid for the young Dane no uh, and the Christian England car actually down in 40th position now unfortunately Ben Barnacote stuck in the middle of a load of traffic including the race leader in the LMP3s as we dart down to Cetilavi Lorba Corsa and Lou Beckett Yes, yeah, the fourth stop for the number 47. Giorgio came in early with a puncture. It's, it's not been your day. What's happened? Uh, the, the first stop was a puncture for a con small contact in the first corner. And the second uh, stop, the second big stop, and the definitive stop uh, is because of the power steering. And uh, it's uh, from Friday that we have this kind of problem, and it's very difficult to find why. It's a shame because our pace was okay. We were running around 38, 39, like the first top five. It's a shame because we're here in Italy, but we'll see for the next one. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Ciao. Dramas Ciao, indeed. In G indeed, dramas for the GTE. The 77 yeah. car clattering across the kerbs. Didn't see what happened at the start of that. That's given Jeff Siegel an opportunity to get the JMW Ferrari up into third. Uh, but with those two cars battling their way through Curva Grande, that was holding up the number 32 car. That's Ryan Cullen trying to mount uh, an attack on the top threes. 20 seconds back from Jürgen von Utet, who currently holds third position, and that will not have helped him. Uh, car 77 reported not to have respected the instructions at Turn 1, so it looks to me as if there was a problem for the 77. He did not rejoin the track as they have been instructed to do in... Uh, driver's briefing notes. Just going back to uh, Villorba Corsa, uh, if that car is out of the race, sadly we're not going to see Andrea Belicki at the wheel of that Delara, which would have been an exciting prospect. Giorgio Cernagiotto, the man from Treviso, uh, he's the silver, and would have had a stint from Roberto Lacorte. But they're, they're working hard and uh, will battle the difficulties, I'm sure, but uh, already that car has had four stops. It has indeed. John Farner, meanwhile, uh, rolls down pit lane, a drive-through penalty for car 43. That's the LMP2 car from all OM Sports for a pit stop infringement. So that uh, that uh, stop, rather that uh, run through the pit lane, has been completed. 25 seconds. The 17 Ultimate car coming out of Lesmo 2, fifth place for Mathieu Lay, who qualified the car yesterday, just about the fastest of the three drivers, although an integral part of that team, Francois Ariot and Jean-Baptiste Lahaye, they were winners for the first time in the ELMS last month at Paul Ricard. We're looking to back that result up with a solid finish in this one. Well, they're running in fifth position behind M Racing, and behind the leading trio of Real Team, Euro International and Nielsen. Yeah, the ultimate trio uh, actually kept themselves busy through the winter with an LMP2 campaign in the Asian Le Mans series, and I wonder whether or not that additional track time has just given a bit of an edge to the trio, particularly to Prince Radio. They, they uh, came away from that four-race series with, three po with two podiums. The Duquesne car is now into pit lane. Now, remember, Duquesne did not make a stop during the full course yellow 
However, this is about right yeah, in terms of timing. Yeah. And are they going to change that rear clip? We saw it being prepared earlier. Driver change has already been completed. Graf getting ready as well for their stop. Remember, that's another car that didn't manage to get in during the four-course yellow. This looks like Jupp Vanutert is going to go to the lead in the 26 G-Drive racing car. Certainly at the second already, and we're expecting Cugno's car then in in the very near future, and that would give the G-Drive Auras the race lead. Very tight indeed on the exit of the second chicane. What about the 30 car, though? Fuel's gone in, and now they're doing the tyres. Brand new Michelin tyres going on to the front at least. Alessandro Cugno exiting the Ascari chicane. Looks like actually they're not going to be doing the rear deck of that Duquesne car right now. They were preparing one. May be happy to leave things as they are as we reach at the end of another 15 minutes. So Cugno coming into the Parabolica, nursing this 25-second lead over Jotmanuta, but he's slowing. That car's very slow indeed out of the Parabolica. Now darting to the right. Maybe it wasn't too bad, too much of an issue. Yeah, that did look very slow. And, well, unless he was just making sure that there was nobody on his inside, we'll make the team down at Graf. Out of fuel? You want the thoughts on no, this point? Not. But I mean, it depends how, how close they run it for the first stop. But anyway, the, the crucial thing is the car is now with the team, so they can blast it full of fuel, potentially give it new tyres as well. There's a new driver stepping on board, but this will be Jan van Utert about to go into the lead of the race for Aurus. Got a yellow flags at turn 11, and also pit lane Dragon Speed in the 21 car and the Algarve Pro 25. I was trying to work out whether that was an optical illusion or whether the, the 39 was nursing a problem. It looked slow out of Parabolic. Yeah. I would have expected to come in rather more at a pace than that. Mm. Uh, uh, well, looking at the, 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 the in-lap, the in-lap was a 149, uh, that in-lap. And compare that to... Have we still got the in-lap for... Well, the in-lap for the game was 145. Yeah, it's only three seconds that uh, that car's potentially lost. Might just have been... A rather gingerly approach to make sure, as I say, that the car could safely get from one side of the track to the other. Anyway, Jopp and Uter, wasting no time at all. They have made their stop the 26, did it under the full course yellow. Likewise, Ryan Cullen, who's now running in second place for United Autosports, pulled the Farg up to third. Two stops to that car's name, number 28. And Ben Barnacote, only one stop done so far for the Dallara. But we've got an Aurus, Elysia, an Orica, and the Dallara now as the top four. Well, technically, four different makes uh, <laughs> in what uh, what many people describe as a spec formula. It isn't. Yes. Uh, but it's Dunlop, Michelin, Michelin, Dunlop as well. So a lovely mix there too. This is coming together nicely, isn't it? Uh, out come the, comes the Graf car. Out too has come the Dragon Speed car. James Allen has retaken the seat in that car from Enric Edmund. And the 25 car, Pizzatola, uh, is, uh, is uh, out in the 25 car. The number three car for United Autosports still in the box. Uh, as is the RLRM Sport car, so it would be great to find out about uh, the three, which has got lots and lots of attention being paid to that car. Um, Christine England, we mentioned, is in the pit lane and has been there now for probably 15 minutes for the number three car, sadly. The two, though, in LMP3 for United Autosports, going an awful lot better. With Alsterman Wayne Boyd at the wheel, he is in sixth position with Machila Hay. 20 odd seconds up the road but battling is Boyd with Furavanti now back to 7th place but Furavanti 
has done remember one of the long stops uh, in car number 10 and Martin Hipper in 8th position in the number 13 that's Martin I think coming down towards that the is parabolica the 13, yeah. but yeah. also watching as there's a weaving of the 39 car with the Duquesne car just under the, the, uh, the rear deck if you like of it uh, the lead trio David Drew Mikkel Jensen Colin Noble Noble is is claiming back some of the 16 seconds lost in comes Ben Barnico, by the way for the stop which was due for the 45 car fuel is going in now so Colin Noble is regaining some of that time lost he's back down to about 13 14 seconds uh, from the lead car 13 seconds from the lead car uh, so he's catching Mikkel Jensen uh, but uh, that was a costly series of decisions and uh, him coming in just before the full course yellow yeah. lost him a huge amount of ground Jonathan Hershey's pace though looking good so any concerns about the 39 can be allayed now so this was the battle for the race lead Graham says no longer and they are running in 6th and 7th Jonathan Hershey ahead of Nicola Jamat yeah. Hershey qualified that 39 car yesterday I'm pretty sure Jamat qualified the Duquesne car as well so uh, these are potentially some of the quickest guys now behind the wheel of their cars however they're on the back foot because they weren't able to pit under the full course yellow Ready Binder in from 11th position the 23 car confirmed for Louise Beckett that it's electrical problems for the number 3 United Autosports car that's just been too long in the pits now I'm afraid though so the number 3 United Autosports P3 and sadly the 15 RRM Sports Ligier both in the pits and with problems that have been kept them there for some time now Jeff Siegel out of the Ascari chicane in the yellow red and black Ferrari for JMW Motorsport in the distance is Christian Reed in the Dempsey Proton Racing Porsche with the sky blue door mirrors on it but it's Perfetti who leads the GTE battle uh, both Perfetti and Laverne being steadily caught no rapidly caught by Jeff Seagal yeah and confirmation as well from Louise Beckett who has been doing sterling work this afternoon uh, she must be quite a, a relief to, to Lou not to have to been rain sleeted hailed and snowed on in the last uh, as she's had the last few days gearbox uh, for the RLR M Sport 15 Louise reports that it is actually rather pleasant here I think she'd rather stay um, but uh, with the mom coming think, uh, it's going to be a rather more grueling weekend potentially yes in fact definitely yes uh, Nabuyu Yamanaka now I'm afraid being penalised for abusing the track limits in car number 8 I, I hope that wasn't the moment they added a Ascari when he totally outbraked himself went through the gravel and over the grass could argue that's abusing track limits but it was self penalising it's a black and white flag for car 8 though so nothing more serious so far this is the GTE leader for Egidio Perfetti then been at the wheel of this car since the start and now 6.7 seconds in front in the yellow and black Porsche from the all-red Lucid Racing Ferrari of Fabian Laverne. Just popping into shot there in the background out of Ascari. So Vanita leads by an increasing margin at the moment, just pulling away from Ryan Cullen. Paul Lafarge in third is with the United Autosports car on track, just a second or so behind. Timothée Beret in the second of the 24 car, is, what, 21 seconds back from Lafarge. And uh, Phil Hansen, the recovery driver, just seeing Phil making his way through traffic there. So, rather miraculously, after all of that, you know, we've got three Ligiers in the top five. Yes, indeed. Um, going very nicely 
and again that's down to the, a bit of uh, a tweak on the fuel strategy or just being in the right place at the right time when the full course yellow fell but you know but strategy this is why we're beloved of the fact that there's that freedom to decide that there's not that you know that restriction and when you can and how long you need to pit for yep. that's what you can do with a team game there is an element of luck involved though as well because if they could have done the Graf team 39 and Duquesne 30 would have pitted under the full course yellow the problem was they were about a third of the way around the lap when the yellows came out and they, they're then restricted to 80 k's per hour can't get to the pit lane under the caution uh, and they, it went green I think before they then reached the, the main straight so but great battle on the way by the way this is the real team car that uh, was the massive profiteer if you like from the uh, pit lane uh, shenanigans with the full course yellow coming out but behind Mikkel Jensen has been caught now by Colin Noble so he's got that 16 and a half seconds down to just over 10 now mm. there's the nine car but some 10 seconds behind him is now a battle nose to tail between Mikkel Jensen and the number 11 Euro International car the all black car and the what we keep calling the mini Peugeot the uh, almost saltar coloured uh, blue and white car the Nielsen Racing Norma. There it is, and that is the battle. So Mikkel Jensen is not going to be an easy target for Colin Noble, but uh, the prize is a clear run towards the lead. They are There are the second and third place cars with Dennis Anderson closing rapidly behind uh, in the recovery drive of the number 20 car after being turned into the gravel, losing laps as a result of that. So Noble has caught Mikkel Jensen, who is remarkably rapid. You remember Johnny Palmer at Paul Rickard in this what is a replacement car yep. for your international some woes for the team also closely bunched just ahead of this is the all 360 racing scrap between James Dason and John Corbett so this is 360 racing Mark Owen's team from the UK and six just ahead of five but they're battling for positions to stay on the lead lap effectively for LMP3 in fact now with David Drew having get, got by they are a lap off the pace in LMP3 but might have got the longer stops done just looking at the front end of the number 11 car that car's been off the track at some point because there's either mud or grass plastered over the front bodywork driver's right yep. Colin Noble will do what he can to deal with the 360 racing cars as well Jensen does it before they get to the first chicane. Colin Noble's unable to do that, but it's a change between the two 360 racing cars. It's the five ahead of the six now, and uh, almost impacting the back of the number 11 as they come clear of the uh, of the chicane. As around the outside comes the 22. Colin Noble around the outside of one of the 360 cars coming down around Curva Grande. And ahead of the Edex Sport car looking to again do battle with the stream of LMP3 cars. The uh, move to get by the 360 cars and the run down to the breaking area for First Chicane has worked very well indeed for Mikkel Jensen. Three wide almost. Colin Noble sees the LMP2 car where he wanted to be and pulls out of that overtaking manoeuvre on the 360 racing car. Still has the six to deal with. So, two hours and 34 minutes to go in this four-hour race, and, uh, well, there are any number of possibilities as to where this is going to go, Johnny Palmer. We've got battles underway in all of the classes, and well down the order in all the classes. Wow. 
And an off for the 30. Yeah. Now, this is uh, what the not quite former race leader came very close indeed to taking the race lead. Nicola Jama took over the Duquesne engineering car, and it's off the track at the second chicane. Quick recovery for the Frenchman. Well, that will be costly on this lap. Was there contact uh, with the, the Delara? Difficult to tell. If there wasn't, it was very close. It's certainly, his line was very much compromised by the closeness of the Carling car. Jack Manchester now back at the wheel of the Delara, so that was potentially Nicola Jamma making a move on Jack Manchester at the Roggia chicane, the left-right bit. That uh, was uh, well, a lapping manoeuvre on that ah, car, okay. because the Carling car is a lap down, I think. Yes. Well, was. Yeah, concur with that. 45 down in 13th position, so very costly indeed then for a car that it actually wasn't battling for position. And Jamma has returned to seventh place. Might be worse than that, actually. As there's another slow car at the second chicane. This is the 28 machine, third place. Paul Lafargue facing the wrong way. So how did that get there is the next question. And it will be answered all on its own. Yeah. Switching uh, ends so quickly. It's uh, look, look to make the move on the Cascar. Big impact there for one of the LMP3 cars. Number eight. It's uh, Nobuya Namayaka, I reckon, again. It is. Lots of damage there. On the rear right corner for the Japanese driver, starting to smoke or at least steam as well. And no rear right wheel or indeed wheel assembly left on that car. And you often, if you have a moment out of Ascari, it is not a small one. So what happened there? Actually off the driver's left and smashed into the barrier, into the Armco barrier there with the wheel bouncing down the road. That is entirely now separate from the car. And the best sight that we can see is Nobuya Namiyaka walking possibly a little uncomfortably, but at least walking under his own steam away from that car. Yellow flags at the moment. I'm sure we're going to go far more of a serious caution in the next few minutes looking a little dazed actually yes Have we, yeah? yes he has to be over that barrier and oh that's I see now he is protected there by the I see now there's tyres there so did he tag the tyres first and actually not the Armco barrier which will have cushioned the blow but that's a very badly damaged Nielsen racing car he's clearly going to need it's a safety car not surprised at that now this is going to shake things up without a shadow of a doubt safety car has been scrambled and at this point, you'll start to see these teams scramble into action. And that's the Nielsen Racing Squad. Well, they certainly won't be expecting, I'm afraid, the eight car back anytime soon. So they must be getting ready for a potential stop from Colin Noble. Colin, by the way, had recovered some of the time to Mikkel Jensen. But David Drew has made good his escape here. But this could throw things all the way back in. Where are the cars going to be? in relation to the overall leader. Jupp van Utep, by the way, well, he may be the biggest loser here. 34 seconds to the good before the safety car was called. He pits immediately. And I think that's the smart thing to do. So in again, and this... Well, the opportunity has been there twice now for G-Drive Racing. Right place around the track as the yellow came out earlier. Now the safety car... And the fuel's going to go in, first of all. That's the only thing you, you can do for the first movement of the pit stops. Will tyres be offered? Can't see a new driver anywhere nearby. So Jot Van Utert is the silver, bear in mind. So it's his drive time that is the most important. They're Norman ready with tires. still to come. They are ready with Dunlops. Here comes the safety car around. 
That's uh, Kirby Grande. Yeah. And not picked up the race leader quite yet. Well, but, uh, well because the race leader is in the pits. So that's, that could play very well indeed for Jopfer Nutet. But I think there will be some sort of wait by before we restart the race that allow the pit stops to happen. Also in is Ryan Cullen. Also in is Paul Lafarge. Also in is Timothée Bure. The top four, top five now have all chosen to pit immediately. A little bit close there for the G-Drive car. Well, I don't think it's been an unsafe release because the car coming into pit just ahead was clear. But this is something else again for the teams to bear in mind. They want to turn the cars around as quickly as possible. You, you cannot release them, though, into a car that's already in the fast lane. Excellent stop, by the way, from the uh, 34 team into Europol competition. Danny Kloss back out. And Venuta rejoins. Jonathan Hershey has, has taken the lead of the race, by the way. Two United Autosports cars pitting nose to tail again. This is where the choreography has got to be perfect. Are both released together? No, 32 goes first. And the 22 car of Phil Hansen uh, taking a little longer. They probably won't be doing driver change there. Phil Hansen always tends to do a, a few more stints before he finally hands over to Philly Barberkirk. This recovery proving rather lengthy. The debris field as well will it, have been vast from one side of the track to the other virtually. It will need to be lifted because of course uh, not got all the wheels on the wagon I'm afraid. You can see yeah. the missing wheel just to the right of the car. And this is the reason why it's a safety car rather than a full course yellow. What this does is bunches the field up so that everyone is in the same sort of area around the track. The bulk of the safety car train actually now heading past the incident area. Far safer for marshals to deal with this stricken car with cars, as I say, nose to tail in one long line. And then you get a break of two or three minutes before they're round again. So it just creates a safer environment for our hard-working Monza Marshalls. That car, though, can be now lifted with the safety car and its collection of racing cars behind. This is a much slower speed, of course, than a full-course yellow would be as well. Uh, I think, uh, I suspect, as you uh, are, that the, uh, the minimum pit stop time, by the way, for the long stops is 1 minute 50, not 2 minutes 10. That looks a bit more like it. And that would be about right, wouldn't it? 110 seconds. Yeah. Uh, we've just seen the your international car change over from Mikkel Jensen to Jens Pettersson doing a 154. That's about right. Yeah, there are one or two LMP3s that have done just over a minute pit stops. I really do get the feeling they are the quick ones. Yeah. And then more like a minute and yeah, 40. But a minute 46 uh, doesn't look anywhere right for Wayne Boyd. It's either a slow, fast stop or... A wrong long stop. Indeed, yeah. 154 for the Euro International guys, 151 for Inter Europol competition. And the 360 cars also did 150s. So I think I probably agree with you. There may well be concern, therefore, for the 14 Inter Europol competition car. They did a 148 as well. You either want to blitz the pit stop and be close to a minute or bang on the nose, 1 minute 50. But we will get that checked. It's 105 seconds. Which is one minute... I can't even work that out. 45. One minute 45. Thank you. As we uh, take this opportunity to go down to the pit lane and back to Louise Beckett. Well, currently back leading is the 39. Alessandro, you had so many things going on during your stint. Where do we even start? Uh, Dragon speed? Should we start there? 
Yeah, with the start, <laughs> I made a really, really good start. I was P1, and uh, the car was just mega. I could push uh, as hard as I want, so I don't know what to say. Uh, it was a great battle with uh, James. A shame that I touched him, but uh, yeah, it was a great battle. And, and what about the rest of it? We've just seen now, obviously, we've got the safety car out. Team were possibly going to do a driver change, and they've decided against that. Uh, we don't know for a moment because some teams uh, have pitted during the full course yellow. So we don't know if we lose time or if we can gain time at the end. We will see. We have to not make mistakes and uh, we'll see what, uh, where we will be at the end. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, I think Alex Cunio got as much of a clue about how this race is panning out as me and you, then, I think so. frankly. <laughs> we've no, no idea where we are. But before we go any further, what a fantastic first stint from him. Absolutely yeah. amazing first stint from him. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, great to see the same kind of courtesy applied to James Allen and James Allen applied back, which was, you know, a racing incident, effectively. Yeah. Absolutely no intent. I, I think they're actually quite good mates and realised, you know, enjoyed the battle, very close at Turn 1, really close again through Curva Grande. And the Frenchman saying, you know, sorry I touched you, thought I was clear, but... Um, and got a black and white flag but nothing more serious remember that's assessed to the car as well not to Cunha yep. so it's a yellow card for the rest of the race for the 39 the race leader so that's uh, we just got the shots on the flatbed of uh, Naboya Yamanaka's Strecker number 8 car clearly a retirement there confirmation 2 from the team from RORM Sport transmission failure for Christian Olsen but the 15 car that car is a retirement as well so, a real shame that the number eight car is so badly damaged. Let's wish Nielsen Racing well in repairing that in time for the next race. And we have probably at least, well, I was about to say four retirements, but with that, Christian England emerges from the pit lane. Literally, after as you a, say it. Yeah. <laughs> After a 36-minute stop, yep. I'm afraid to say. It's waved by happening now. Uh, it's the Aston Martin safety car. The other cars the that are being worked on, 47, got the indication from Sonus Jota that maybe they're not done at Villorba Corsa, Chetelar Villorba Corsa. We'll wait and see if we get the 47 car back in the race. RLRM Sport, things don't look great there for the 15 machine of Christian Olsen. So the safety car then starting to get things into a situation where we can go for a restart. Right in behind the Aston Martin is the race leader number 39 and Vanita, then two cars between him uh, between him yes. and Vanita uh, the the gap that has been massively enhanced here is in LMP3 because this safety car has effectively at this point given the lead two cars the number nine car the real team racing car and the Nielsen racing car of Colin Noble the better part of a lap gap on the chasing pack because they are the two cars between the two leaders overall so that's the major change that's actually happened as a result of this safety car in GTE Jeff Siegel comes through this process a big winner he leads the race out from Michelle Gatting yeah. uh, almost from last not quite last to first for the all-female crew number 83 car that's where they finished at Paul Ricard then the spirit of race car now in the hands of Aaron Scott so it's been a topsy-turvy uh, 
last few minutes for that but Michelle Getting by the way the 83 car only a single stop for the 83 yeah and the 83 remember at the Miller car carrying weight they've got 20 kilos strapped into the Kessel Racing Ferrari really good stint from Egidio Perfetti the Norwegian driver for 56 Porsche let's hear from him now with Lou in the pit lane Putting in a fantastic performance, Zikio. That was just superb and great to watch, as we just said. How did you feel coming out of the car? Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm very glad. I think the team did a great job. I think it's the first time we really felt good with the setup of the car and adjusting to this different tyre. Obviously, we, they asked me if I could do the double stint. It wasn't really part of the plan, but the pace was good and uh, I was quite consistent, so we went for it. I'm very pleased. I think it was a good start of the race. Uh, okay, uh, once I uh, managed to go past the other cars, that okay are a little bit uh, heavier. So I think I established myself, got into the rhythm, and I was very pleased with the consistency. We we were watching that moment when you over to the Ferrari, and what was it you were thinking? Of of course you know he he is heavier, but when did you realise? Yeah, I can take him now. Well, you know, he was a little bit heavier and you could see that in acceleration. But obviously, he was doing a very good job of making his car rather wide. So I think I tried left, right, left, right. And then finally, I think he was a bit obstructed by a prototype. So I could get the inside on Parabolica. And that was easier after that. But yeah, no, a good fight. And... Um, yeah, it's nice to see this kind of battle at the beginning of the race and so on. So, yeah, I'm very pleased. It was great to watch. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Egidio Buffetti along with Jörg Bergmeister and Patrick Lindsay, not here this weekend, but regular racer in the World Endurance Championship, currently leading the GTM battle in WEC. And they're well in the fight in this ELMS race, too. Absolutely. And Roda, it's George Roda, I think, in the Team Project One car here. Different sort of campaign for Team Project One. This is an entirely Team Project One effort in the European Le Mans series. The WEC project is half Project One, half part place racing for the United States, hence Patrick Lindsay's uh, involvement. There's a stop there for James Allen, and I think he was held at the red light at the end of that. So my guess is they have chosen to just top the car up uh, under the safety car. Was that Alan that brought the car in? Alan or was brought it the car Hitman? in. Alan brought the car in. Okay. Yeah, because he was put back in at the uh, previous stop. Previous stop. So four stops now for Dragon Speed. And that was quite. Oh no, it was a longer stop because, of course, he was held at pit exits. True. Yes. Also one, with one John Ferrano, by the way, in the 43 car from 10th position, again under the safety car. Safety car is going to come in this lap. And. We've got a completely different shape to this race. It'll be Jupp van Utrecht almost on the rear of the race leader, Jonathan Hershey, with uh, Will Owen now aboard the United Autosports car after a great run from Ryan Cullen in third. Timothy Beret, Phil Hansen, Mamo Rojas, Nico Jaman in almost line of stern, but with traffic in between some of those cars. LMP3, well, it's going to be a, a much closer chase now for Colin Noble on David Drew and then a massive gap to make up for all of the rest hold on to your hats then folks we get the opportunity to start this little party again then after intervention from the safety car and already going is Jonathan Hershey he's wasting no time at all in romping away from the field and of course Jot van Utert is going to pay here because he can't overtake the LMP3s ahead of him until they get to the timing line and that will be closely observed risking a little bit of overlap Ooh, 
maybe there's a safety car line further back I'll say that but because I wonder whether there was maybe overlap and he's also under pressure from the lap down Jack Manchester in the Dallara but Jot Van Utert now ahead of that battle in LMP3 not for the lead in P3 but for third position a massive opportunity for Jack Manchester of course to unlap himself because True. there's relatively limited traffic in the way if he could just force an error from Jot Van Utert that's not an easy thing to do but you can see the uh, the uh, body language of the Dallara looking to get by, looking to get back onto that lead lap, because this happens again and we get another safety car dramatically different story from that team there was the opportunity there for Mathieu Lehay to get ahead of the 19 of still Luca Legere though so that is a change in LMP3 for third position, but that's the third place battle and really only a matter of metres behind is the scrap for the lead in LMP3 David Drew and Colin Noble and this is what Graham Goodwin was talking about earlier on in the it's forced the second-place P3 and the third-place P3 apart to almost a lap. Yep, that is, I'm afraid, the uh, the downside of mixed-class racing in a safety car situation. Some little way back down the train at the moment, uh, the, the lead battle. Yes, it is. But uh, but they've got something like, well, well over a minute, I think, uh, on the chasing trio, so something would have to go badly wrong at this stage the gap from La Haye to Eric Maurice is a minute and nine it's a further seven seconds then to Colin Noble so you're looking at more like a minute and twenty yep. between second and third place cars in LMP3 but we've got a heck of a, high, a fight on between David Drew and Colin Noble they're separated by just five now six seconds in fact 6.8 seconds so Colin Noble maybe struggling a touch at the restart he'll come back into his own though be assured of that well, Two hours, 17 to go. Sign of the pace, and OK, with a bit of compression with that safety car, is the lead battle in LMP3. That's 17th and 18th overall, under 15 seconds back from the last of the train in LMP2 at this stage. And uh, we're closing in on halfway here. Yes, we are. Just another 17 minutes to go, and we'll reach the two-hour point. Jeff Siegel ahead of Michel Gatting in the heavier Ferrari compared to the JMW motorsport machine, there are 20 kilos then for the girls at Kessel Racing Aaron Scott, Spirit of Race that's another Ferrari in third in GTE, and then come the Porsches, Cairoli, Roda and Babini for Proton, for Project One and for Ebi Motors Massive battle here, and this is the battle for, where are we? This is for fourth place, 24, 22 28, as quickly as I can see it, and then some that's between Timothée Beret, Phil Hansen, Memo Rojas. So this is for the, well, the right to challenge for a podium position at the front of this train. Fourth, fifth and sixth. Yeah, so and Will Owen... And just ahead of them, by the way, is Will Owen in yes, third. Yes, yeah, That's so just... Uh, Battling Jack Manchester, or has Manchester got another lap back on the, uh, the third no, place Manchester's car? dropped back from Jupp van into the clutches of Willow. In okay. So I think Manchester was seeing what he could do to do something at the restart. Yes. But uh, effectively, this is, you can see there, just ahead, head-to-head between Willow in ahead of this group. And Willow in around the outside, and likewise, the other United Autosports car now battling almost three abreast oh. with the Panis Bartes car. So Bure on the inside. Oh, and with the uh, 32, the 22 has to straight line the chicane. I in think fact. he's going to have to give that up. 
Phil Hansen gaining a little bit of time potentially there to the two behind. Tim Bouray in the blue car with the green lights around. That's the Panis yeah, Bartis car. And Phil Hansen is slowing down to allow both of those cars through. That's the sensible thing to do rather than incur a penalty. And there is room to slot between 28 Edex Sport and the next car. What the, what the next car is the 25 car lapped uh, yes. the Algar Pro. But behind that, though, is certainly not lapped. That's Nico Jaman. So we've now got the cars fourth through seventh, almost nose to tail, with another interloper in the middle. And not very far ahead of them is the car in third, Will Owen. So Bouray exiting Lesmo 2 with right behind him Memo Rojas for EDEC, Phil Hansen in the United Autosports car, then a lapped car, but Duquesne Engineering's Nicolas Jama is very definitely on the same lap of these uh, cars just ahead. So stonking fight here through Ascari and far from the ideal racing line there for Tim Bouray. Is he going to be a sitting duck as they get to the Parabolica? Well, certainly they're going to draw alongside one another and yes, oh, right by. Wow. It was almost the hint of contact there. I think Tim Bure avoided it, but dramatic stuff. That was all down to Bure getting far from the ideal run through Ascari Chicane. And look at the gap he's pulled out with that move. Well, what do you want? Your schmorzgeboard of LMP2. Another spoonful of this, please. Hmm. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And again now, Phil Hansen, this time again uh, on Bure. Goes to the inside. That's covered. Goes to the outside. No room there to Ligier's dicing for fifth and sixth positions and Bure made one solid move to the right side of the track there just drifting very slightly to the left but I think he could argue he's taking the racing line this is Phil Hansen's opportunity at Curva Grande though inside line through this rapid right-hander that will give him though the, only the outside line approach to the second chicane so tight on the brakes and Hansen has to bail out of it Kisses lies as an ex-girlfriend. Absolutely amazing stuff through the second chicane. And what about the 25? Now, we've said that that car is a lap down. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop it being involved, no, though. because it's Andrea Pizzitola, and he's That's just stone-cold rapid. Uh, meantime, the lead three are getting away from this because of the close battling. All of the 137s, fastest lap of the race goes to Jofanutet, a 137.282. He's catching the leader 2.3 seconds ahead of the last... Uh, last timing beam and quicker again this time James Allen's last pit stop is under investigation at Dragon Speed for car 21 and also the 35 being reported to the stewards for overtaking under the safety car now so 35 is the BHK Motorsports entry still Draconi driving the 16th, the 15th place car yes it is Francesco Draconi for the UK flag BHK Motorsport into the 136s this time around another for a fastest lap from Juvenute to 136.979 takes half a second out of Jonathan Hershey two seconds the gap Willow in hanging on in there 5.6 seconds back into the 37s as well he's as quick as the leader but uh, Vanuta quicker than both of them at the moment nothing between these Four cars, Ligier from Ligier for fifth and sixth, Bouret and Hansen, then the Nicola Jamak car right behind Andrea Pizzitola, but Pizzitola is not a going concern for the lead lap in the sky blue Algarve Pro Racing. Are they going to fan out again this time into the chicane at the Roger? No, think better of it. Put yourself in the shoes of Nicola Jamak here. Does he know that the car ahead is not on the same lap? I'm sure 
the team's probably told him that. But he will, but equally, Pizzitola will want to get by the Ligiers. He'll think he's got some pace here and therefore give himself less of a task if we go under caution again. So he's doing the right thing here. He's not getting the way of this battle. No. He's hanging on there, see whether or not it presents an opportunity. He's sticking right there. That's the 27 car, the Edex Sports uh, Ligier. That's the uh, now 18th place car. Drops behind with this pit stop, the battling LMP3 leaders. Just keeping an eye on the pace of Colin Noble there. That might well be traffic related. It's a 149 last time around from Colin. He's not all used to seeing. Slightly larger gap now for Phil Hansen up to Tim Bouray. So maybe this time the Brit didn't get the best run through the Ascari chicane. And will there be a point where there will have to be blue flags for Andrea Pizzitola? Or does Eduardo Freitas think, well, he's keeping up the speed with everybody around him, not really being a hindrance, and actually edging out a gap now to Nicolas Jamat as Phil Hansen gives this another go on Tim Bure. Has he done it this time? Has he done it this time? Got to be careful not to squeeze him in the braking area. They're bouncing around because it's so bumpy on approach, and under braking, Bure better. Absolutely great stuff there. These four really clean racing, really close racing. Nail-biting stuff around the outside this time. Has he got the ponies now? Better exit from that first chicane for Phil Hansen, but not quite enough. Squeeze the outside, goes to the inside. Nothing there for him. Trying to force the error through the first chicane. Again, neat and tidy from the two Ligiers. Hansen gets a better exit, though. Can he get alongside? Yes, he can. He can get alongside, but can he make the extra speed work at the Lesmos now between one Pizzitola. and two? Pizzitola trying to lock Does into it? a situation. Hansen is through. Pizzitola can't squeeze up the inside of Tim Bure, but nevertheless, fighting stuff from the young Brit there for United Autosports. I like the fact that the towing eye has popped up as well to a vertical angle. That's almost like his gun sighter. And uh, it was in the frame, it was the car ahead, Tim Bure briefly, and now he's through. Fantastic battling all the way up down this field, but particularly that little battle there between the two Ligiers. Remember, one on Dunlops, one on Michelin's, both otherwise identical mechanical packages. This is the battle for the lead, though. Jonathan Hershey has been caught by Jupp van Utet. Both make their way by the number 83 Kessel Racing Car. Michelle Gatting, by the way, just seven seconds off the class lead, but does always a pit stop. Van Utet very rapid indeed he's brought that gap down from what was about three seconds to point six of a second in about three laps Michelle Gatting suddenly realising there were two prototypes that wanted to get by into the Retifilio chicane there so you can see the Ferrari just dart from yeah. one direction to another here they come again and uh, that's the Dragon Speed car there now uh, that car Behind is Jammer. another car looking to unlap itself from this yes. little lot James Allen very rapid indeed at this point Yes, He's in the 37s to the 38s and 40s from the rest of this group. Yeah, Dragon Speed, their race not gone entirely to plan so far. Big puff of tyre smoke, Dave, from the Australian. I wonder whether that car was going to stop in time. Well, Pizzitola has made his way past the Panis Bartes car, so he's unlapped himself from one of the targets. Phil Hansen, though, has cleared off. He has. Well, I got the feeling that Tim Bure was holding him up, if anything, and now uh, Nicolas Jamat is right on the tail of the blue Panis Bartes car, the blue car with the red door mirrors, that is, and over or through uh, Seraglio, that little scrap goes then. So Bure is sixth, Jamat seventh, and going for the move! Oh, 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 right over the kerb, and I'm not sure whether there was contact between the two cars. The dive plane still remained intact, 
But I tell you, an Orica does not like being treated like that too often. Dive plane looks like it's bent, but uh, it don't tend to bend carbon fibre. But uh, that was <laughs> some airborne moment. Watch it again. Being squeezed, but I don't think he I, was far I, enough I, alongside no, Timber Ray. I think, really. the, I think the airborne was simply curve related. I don't think it was contact, but it was no. darn close, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Here they come again. Oh, oh Jammer virtually in the pit lane now. He's totally the wrong side of the white line. That, that was Bure excessive defensive driving, but Jammer should now yeah. get the move done. And, and the car is smoking under braking. Yeah, it is smoking under braking. Now it could just have been extremely hard braking, but yes. it's something coming from the left-hand side there. Has he done some damage over that curb? I wonder. Uh, well, that's the right Which side. Just again, that was a bit naughty. He's allowed to defend, but that was a little late. Thankfully, there is a gap between where the white line is painted and the pit wall, but um, I want to see cars too close to the blue there. And this time, it's a little bit, a bit of a kiss side to side with the Dragon Speed car as James Allen looks to come through on Beret. That's definite contact, but side to side, they should get away with it. A shoulder barge then into Roger Chicane, and still Panis Bartes' car ahead of the lap down James Allen Dragon Speed. All managing to get by John Corbett, who would prefer to be not surrounded by LMP2s right now, trying to go about his business. Neck and neck again between James Allen and Tim Bure, and Allen gives Bure a bit of a squeeze I think there. He gives him a little bit of a kind of warning there, don't do that to me, sunshine. Three GTE cars in line of stern, that's a 56 car, then the number 80, then the number 51. That is the battle for fifth in GTE. Cracking stuff here. It's Giorgio Roda, so Roda Jr. They were champions, you may remember, last year in the ELMS. Joined by Matteo Cairoli, who wasn't champion because he sat around out. But the Roda father-son team were victorious in 18. So Cairoli's made his way through all three of those. Yes. And is now four seconds, but in fact four, because he's gone by Aaron Scott as well. So Matteo Cairoli making very rapid progress up the order. But he'll need to, because he's another one that suffered beyond the safety car has got over a minute to make up uh, on Michelle Gatting but remember the Dempsey Proton cars had two stops the Kessel car just the one yes and will be due in any time now still this battling and squabbling goes on within classes and between the classes three GTs remember carrying weight but one of them uh, the second heaviest is second on the road the third car in this race is the third heaviest so that weight doesn't seem to be affecting 83 Ferrari and 77 Porsche the real costly one yep. is the 51 Lucid racing car down in 7th place of an 8 car field for all of us of rapid Scots uh, I should tell you that Colin Noble's pace was indeed traffic related, he's now closing on this GT battle, which in fact looks at him docking back behind the last world cars mm -hmm. so he's now closing again on the leader David Drew, 5 seconds back but with traffic to deal with that Drew has already dealt with. Good point. So we're four minutes away from the halfway point. This thing has still got an awful lot left in the toolbox for us, isn't it? It's a cracking race. There is the LMP3 leader over the line. Here comes that three-car battle in GTE, with Colin Noble now closing on them. This is the lead battle. Yeah. David Drew, sorry, David Drew, Jonathan Hershey with Jupp van Utert, and the gap is now tense. Past the Oregon team Norma the number 10 car down in 5th position with Damiano Fioravanti so it's the red white and blue of Graf the orange of 
The orange and black of G-Drive, a slight revision to that livery this year with the tie-in with Aorus. Remember, the Aorus 0-1 then, fighting with an Orica 0-7, darting around the third-placed 77 Porsche of Matteo Cairoli. Michelin shot Orica, plays Dunlop shot Aorus, which is really an Orica, but it's, it's an Aorus. And uh, Jonathan Hershey, very experienced Swiss driver. Jan van Utrecht, very rapid, young driver moving up from championship winning Formula LMP3 to do what he can do to make the move further up the pyramid in LMP2 and what a good job he's doing so far a pull out to go by one of the it's the 14 car from Inter Europa that car running uh, in 11th place in the uh, LMP3 class Sam Young new uh, driver for that team so good to see uh, Sam De Jong with his first action and he's almost into the top 10 although best part of uh, 45 seconds to try and find on James Dason John Corbett having a good race for 360 racing he's ninth and now ahead of James Dason seven seconds between those two guys and real team racing a new name to LMP3 but David Drew certainly not and leading the race by 6.2 seconds now so this is Colin Noble now stumbling across that traffic that David Drews and says already slides his way through. In fact, it's real team racing. Right out of the Graf Garage, uh, it's a Graf run team in the same way that's obviously a Corsa host of the teams at the moment. Graf leading both LMP classes. Yes, technically speaking. They're not leading GTE by dint of the fact they haven't got a car in it. But JMW Motorsport are Jeff Siegel from Michelle Gatting, just nine seconds to go. Through Salario corner, Jonathan Hershey underneath the bridge, and then in a moment or two into sight will come the Ascari chicane. So fast on the approach there, floating the car through the first section, and then careful not to touch the curb through the second element of Ascari. You can take plenty of red, white, and green curb there on the exit. Just make sure that the white line is somewhere in the middle of the car rather than all four wheels off because team limits is an issue there. Team are ready for this car to come in for a pit stop. On lap 66 and that two minutes. Now remember, we've had a dose of full course yellow. We've had a significant safety car period as well to recover the number eight car from Ascari. So we're not quite on the, the 40 minute chunks of race stints. Clearly, this is a prime time for 39 to make a stop. The door is open, but maybe just to replace the water bottle. It's no driver change. Clearing some of the cooling ducts. Yeah. They get filled with tyre pickup as the race goes on. And if you're offline at any point, which often these LMP2s are, to get through traffic, then you can easily pick up bits of Dunlop and Michelin rubber left on the road. Vanuatu, meanwhile, is away and clear. We're in some five seconds back from this. And also in from second in LMP2, Colin Noble in the number seven Nielsen racing car. Now, is this going to be the point at which we see Tony Wells brought into action? Well, we know that Colin Noble's uh, pit stopping has not been at the, the ideal time. I should really say Nielsen Racing, and that was not through any fault of their own, just had a safety car and the full course yellows fell. So, not a great surprise for that seven car to have to pit before the nine. It's, it's around the right time for it, and this will, of course, be a longer stop. We're looking for something around one minute and 45 seconds much longer than that there's an issue 
Yeah. David Drew, the real team racing car, has made one stop as well. That was one of the quick ones, though. And a minute and 45 is the time that uh, you have to hit if you want to do the longer stop, the uh, minimum timed stop from pit in to pit out. So two hours done in the second race of the year for the 2019 European Le Mans Series. So much has happened already. Let's try and remind you of some of it. Not Vanuta leads at half distance, but a long time ago, it feels, we got this second race of the season underway. First of all, with get well soon messages to Mark Patterson. Likewise to Leo Russell, injured in the lead-up to this race with rather large crashes. But... Uh, we hope that they will, are now on the road to recovery after trips to the hospital nearby. And this was the field of cars, 41 machines, all powering their way down to the first corner, the Retifilio chicane. And the questions were, are we going to get everyone through into that chicane safely and indeed out the other side? Well, there was a spin for John Falb. Some contact we thought, but in the end, the message on the screen was that there was no further action to be taken. Nobody judged to be at fault, and John Fowle pirouetting there, but thankfully did rejoin. The dicing in LMP2 in the early stages was superb. We've had so much of that in the first 120 minutes. Darting up the inside there for a change of lead in GT was the 71 Ferrari, and that's how the spin happened for Christian Reed, also the spin for Anders Fjordback in avoidance, so really feel for the Danish squad, high class racing because of that, switch of, of lead at the time was the 56 Project 1 Porsche at the inside of the 71 Ferrari, also Dragon Speed dicing with Graf throughout this race, James Allen fighting with his former team car, the 39 but that wasn't done yet because then they were side by side through the Curva Grande as well and on the outside James Allen just running out of road and the subsequent uh, review of that incident was that the 39 car given a black and white flag a warning effectively do not do that again ultimate running out of road down the escape road for uh, Jean-Baptiste Lahaye powering his way back out onto the racetrack and conceding the place that he might have gained by straight-lining the Retifilio chicane. Off for Patrice Lafargue into the kitty litter at Lesmo 2, and then we went full-course yellow for the first time to get that car recovered. A flurry of pit stops was the result, a change of driver at Graf Racing, and the 26 car also being in, in a good position to inherit the race lead there. Spin for the 30, the Duquesne, there was also... A switching of ends for Paul Lafargue in the 28 car on the Michelin tyres. A huge incident for Nobuya Yamanaka in the Nielsen Racing LMP3 car, smacking the tyre wall on the exit of Ascari. There was a safety car to recover that car, and that meant more pit stops. Very busy restart as well then, with cars uh, right behind the safety car uh, flooding their way down towards the first chicane. It has somewhat separated the LMP3 fight certainly between second and third we've got one heck of a dice for the lead in P3 still between David Drew and now the ultimate car well, Colin Noble has pitted remember so the seven car uh, down to seventh place uh, the cut through comes the leader of the race down in the background on the pit straight you could see Will Owen 6.3 seconds back to the United Autosports car the 32 car behind them Mamo Rojas, a further 8.7 seconds in arrears. Phil Hansen, 
is doing what he can to make up for lost ground in the second United Autosports car. So both of them in the top four with Nico Jama in close proximity behind Hansen just a couple of seconds back. Uh, LMP3, Real Team Racing, do lead the race. Um, they uh, obviously got the, the getaway with the, uh, the edge they got through the safety car with Colin Noble. Uh, the Nielsen Racing car is back out. Tony Wells has taken the wheel of that car, and they did indeed do a 149, so that's the, the first of their longest stops burned. Uh, so Real Team Racing from Ultimate, from the M Racing car, which just drops back a place behind Oregon Team with a pit stop underway right now. And then in the GTE order, JMW Motorsport with Jeff Siegel, Michel Gatting just eight seconds back uh, from Jeff Siegel in the Kessel Racing car, so JMW from Kessel, Ferrari, Ferrari. And then the 77 Dempsey Proton racing car, Matteo Caroli, making inroads on both the drivers ahead, but still over a minute behind. Another battle that was affected by the timing of that safety car. And that graphic doesn't really give you an indication of how close it is in the various subclasses. And we're only talking eight seconds between the GTE leader, Jeff Siegel, and Michelle Gatting, and both now into the pit lane, in fact. So we're again at the point where the GTs naturally make their stops it's roughly an hour but bear in mind their fuel mileage will have been far far better on the full course yellows and safety cars so they might be able to eke out a little bit more the thing is four hour race they generally do an hour you want to get to an hour's point really as close to that as possible to make sure you don't have to make an extra stop at any point so one of the good things about uh, this season is we've seen some very strong runs in this GT class from a number of the teams And remember, that success ballast is a factor here, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, down in seventh position at the moment, Niklas Nielsen at the wheel of the 51 car, carrying those 30 kilos, the car that utterly dominated uh, Paul Rickard, the, uh, the Lusic Racing number 51 car. So JMW from Kessel, as they pitted, uh, Matteo Caroli will be closing that gap, and very rapidly indeed now in the Dempsey Proton 77, the only Proton Porsche uh, racing here is the JMW car, uh, I see getting away in the background and leaving the pits. Then Spirit of Race, the 55, in the hands of Aaron Scott. The Team Project 1 car in the hands of Giorgio Roda, the 56 uh, Porsche. 80s EB Motors Porsche, the Lucid Racing 51, and then the 60 Kessel Racing car, currently in the hands of Sergio Pianatola. There goes Michelle Gatting, just behind the JMW car. So Kessler picked up some time there in the pit stops. Uh, and let me have a quick look there. What have they done there? 15 seconds by the look of it. Very good. OK, so Kessel have turned that 83 car around very swiftly my, indeed. My apologies, it's five. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong car. OK. Uh, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens through the next timing sector. But it looks to me like Matteo Caroli has taken the lead in the class with those pit stops for the previous leading, leading duo. Both odors are stopped, of course. But, uh, Kessel Racing stopped then a minute and 21 the four cars ahead have generally been turned around a little more swiftly than that, like the Proton car closer to a minute Giorgio Roda now at the wheel of the Project 1 car as well continuing his spin as we took over the previous stop from Guillermo Vetti and Aaron Scott for Spirit of Race, they've again got their stops down to virtually a minute, minute 7, minute 9 so there is some time gained 
on those slower stoppers. So it goes a little bit quieter for the moment LMP2. Step up LMP3, look at this battle battle. This is the lead battle, you're international now, the hands of Jens Pettersson. He's got his mirrors full of Wayne Boyd. That is the second car on this train. This is the battle for the lead because of the pit stop for uh, Colin Noble to hand over to Tony Wells. They're now back in fourth position. The real team car uh, has emerged, I think, in third position. We'll see how that pans out over the next half a lap here. But this is the battle for the overall lead in LMP3 and 19th overall. Um, just a quick mention, by the way, for the luckless high-class racing team, uh, Dennis Anderson, after a great stint uh, from the day, has made his way back through to join the train of LMP2 cars. 18 filling the top 18 places with just the Settler racing for Lorba Corsa car stricken in the pits. It is in third, the real team racing car. You didn't have to wait for half a lap. They're very tightly bunched. I mean, point four is the closest margin between Jens Pettersson and Wayne Boyd, but only a further six seconds back. Esteban Garcia now for real team racing. Then it's a 10-second gap to Tony Wells. And Francois Herriot is the best part of a minute behind. So, so all seven, between the top sort of, what we've got, five cars, four cars? Four cars, seven, yeah. uh, 16, 17 seconds between them. Uh, which is only going to get closer, I think. Jens Pettersson is going to be uh, having to work very hard indeed to fend off Wayne Boyd. Uh, Boyd, an absolute animal in another P3 car. Looks to be quite a costly stop, though, for your international last time through, bearing in mind a minute and 45 is the time you're aiming for. They were nine seconds slower yep. in that last stop for car 11, and this is why they're in now a situation where they're having to fend off the first of the United Autosports cars, Wayne Boyd fascinating battle here because uh, they're trading quicker la quickest lap times both Mikkel Jensen and Wayne Boyd very similar speed so it is Jens Pettersson Wayne Boyd Esteban Garcia and Tony Wells those top four then a minute's gap back to the fifth place car which is the ultimate car Laurent Milara chasing Francois Herio that's a pretty close battle in now though comes Wayne Boyd Back in fourth is the uh, number seven car of Tony Wells aboard the car, but it was Colin Noble aboard the car from the very start. Colin's down in the pits at the moment talking to Lou Beckett. Colin Noble putting in a great performance, um, the car dropping back slightly now due to uh, the pit stops, but tell us about your stint. Yeah, it was a little bit unfortunate with that second full course yellow coming a lap after we had already pitted, but apart from that, this got a really good start, got in the lead, and we managed to pull a decent gap, and yeah, car felt really good, and... Yeah, we're just increasing and we managed to close it back down there at the end as well. So, yeah, it's looking good. The LMP3 battle continues. Yes, definitely. It's, uh, it's going to be right, going to be very close and going to go right to the end. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, heck of a battler, Colin Noble. And good to see his smile back after the travails of the late race dramas in the Mission of the Mon Cup yesterday. If you didn't catch that yesterday, available on the series YouTube channel. Gar guarantee you'll have two hours of entertainment with that little lot. It was a cracking race with weather dramas in the last uh, 10 minutes in down pit lane uh, has come the number 30 car from Duquesne Engineering Nico Jaman uh, Phil Hansen is going to be coming in too also in Andrea Pizzitola uh, Wayne Boyd drops back down the order with that pit stop that's put your international clear by something like 12 seconds with Tony Wells uh, chasing hard to do what he can do 43 car with oh that 
Mr. number 66 car threading the needle with a slow entry into the second chicane from who is it aboard the RLR car it's John Ferrano but almost a disaster there 66 car almost caught out by the heavier braking abilities of the 43 and that has dropped the Wei Lu pedalled uh, JMW car into the clutches of Giorgio Roda one hour 47 minutes to go it's Matteo Caroli from Wei Lu in second position but that second position now under threat from Giorgio Roda and from Aaron Scott behind and from Michelle Gatting behind him and from Fabio Babini just behind her there they are almost line of stone with Nicholas Nielsen in the mix as well all of a sudden all of a sudden the uh, GTE battle let's have a quick look exactly what the gap is here from 2nd through to 7th is 4 seconds Matteo Caroli has 23-24 second gap to well frankly the rest of the pack with just the number 60 Kessel car being fallen off the back of that one in comes the second, third, fourth and fifth place cars 32, 28, 22 and 24 Will Owen, Memo Rojas, Phil Hansen, Tim, Timothy Beret bring those cars in Owen first back out into the fray car turned around in just over 65 seconds for United Autosports Edex Sports out losing about three seconds there Jonathan Hershey meanwhile leapfrogs a couple of the cars on pit road bit of a battle between the two Ferraris as well uh, for the 55 of Aaron Scott and the 66 of Wei Lu it's the, the, the whole pack uh, yeah. second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh are almost nose, nose to tail now in GTE Rode yeah. getting away from Wei Lu and gone by the JMW car Aaron Scott though is now in fact Aaron Scott's gone by as well so a little bit of a hiccup there from Wei Lu now the leader for Lutet came in with a minute's gap staying aboard the car by the look of things again Mechanic on the nose giving the windscreen a good old clean but Beanie now taking a look at the inside then of Michelle Gatting no way through there but Babini's Porsche in this phase of the race looked a little bit quicker for Ebi Motors and remember the Ferrari up ahead is carrying 20 kilos so that might be hampering now the blue Kessel Racing car with the pink detailing, the uh, pink door mirrors too. Then up ahead, 66, as you say, JMW Motorsport Ferrari, Aaron Scott involved in the all-green 55, and the Giorgio Roda Team Project 1 Porsche. Very hot driver's right uh, in the Dragon Speed Pit. Ranga van der Zander climbs aboard that 21 car. Pulling a kettle, didn't it, underneath the wheel arch there? That's their T car. <laughs> well, everyone needs a break part way through the race, we're just beyond uh, half distance, so why not but the uh, team don't look overly concerned about that, that's just the brakes I'm, I'm sure letting off an awful lot of heat, you're talking thousands of degrees Celsius there for those discs So, Vanuta back out into battle Will Owen second, Jonathan Hershey, Memo Rojas Phil Hansen, Nico Jaman Julien Canal and the three illuminated amber lights on the side of the 55 tells us that Aaron Scott 
is in third position now with the Panes Bartis Competition car of Julian Canal tucked in behind. That's the 23, which is seventh in the overall standings. Porsche then out of Parabolica. That's the Giorgio Roda-driven Project One machine, yellow and black. Then it is the Ferrari of Spirit of Race and the yellow Ferrari of Wei Lu with not very far away Michel Gatting. Not Good run out of the... Parabolica with a bit of loose bodywork there, I notice on the 83 Ferrari as well. It's That's the, the bonnet, isn't it? The bonnet is not sitting comfortably on the front of that car, the trailing edge flapping away. Is that a sign of earlier contact? Of course, Lucic Racing at Ricard ran with lots of damage, uh, a minus a door mirror, and also the, uh, the front. Valence trying to work its way loose for much of the race. That was the winning car eventually, so it didn't seem to affect it too badly. Here, though, aerodynamics slightly more important. It's a higher-speed track. We'll, wonder, we'll uh, see whether the Ferrari's paying for that uh, ill-fitting bodywork, but Babini still can't find a way through Absolutely. in the uh, 80 Porsche. Tucked in behind that trio as well is the 51 car. 51 now in the hands of Niklas Nielsen. That is just looking at the overall gap for the entire field, bar the 60 Kessel car, is, is that, that is 30 odd seconds for GT. For yeah. GT as a whole. Amazing. And Amazing, what, considering and, we're, we're 2 hours and 17 minutes into this now. Well, 26 seconds of that is the gap for the leader. The rest of it is four seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Great and, battle. It, if they've been running to base weight, you might say that the 71 might have had a, a, a larger lead now because Fabian Laverne does look to be just about the class of the bronze drivers in GTE. But this uh, success balance system is serving to equalise that benefit at the moment. Of course, if the 71 continues to get good results, it will retain the ballast. However, if it doesn't finish top three this time around, it'll be slightly lighter for Barcelona. So it is self-writing, this whole it system. It is, and it's been introduced. Again, you can see that bonnet flapping. Let's hope that doesn't get any worse. Um, it's been introduced in part in, in re response to some concerns about the kind of fake silver, fake bronze, blah, blah, blah uh, type uh, issues that have plagued Pro-Am yeah. Racing with the driver ranking system. And let's see how that actually all pans out. Great stuff. Rahel Frey looking on then at Michel Gatting. And we've not had Rahel in the car no, yet, have we? The no. 83? That's the bad news for the rest. Indeed, yes. yeah. She was their secret weapon. She was absolutely mesmerisingly quick at Bordeaux. Great stuff from all three of the girls in that car. Yeah, and a difficult moment went, oh, car off in the background at the second chicane, I noticed, going uh, suddenly drivers left. Everything was happening in that frame. <laughs> into the gravel trap as the GTs continue to battle on, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's the three car that's off the road at the second chicane, which is the Mike Gwash-driven United Autosports car. So I was about to say I wouldn't be surprised to see the yellow flags shown. They are at turns four and five. Double yellow has been shown at turn four. And that might be another full course yellow in order to get that car recovered. Although we have seen cars off in that gravel trap before and they've been recovered with a local yellow, I think. Let's wait and see. But already the strategists on the pit wall will be saying, right, what if we get full course yellow? Yes, indeed. Which way do we want our race to go next in order to be in a great position come the end? Just in case it wasn't close enough in this astonishing GTE battle, just behind on the road, albeit laps down, is Sergio Pianazzola. So despite the fact laps down, still in the train. Yeah. 
Mike this one isn't going to quit, is it? It's, uh, it's uh, been an astonishing couple of hours so far. Certainly. So, American driver Mike Quash deeply buried, I'm afraid, in the gravel trap as Babini again looks up the inside there of Michelle Gatting. And Michelle Gatting, Gatting wait past Wei Lu yep. in the process. Absolutely. Goodness me, I'd missed that. So, the JFW Motorsport Ferrari. Uh, outbraked into the chicane and now pretty slow on the exit of the Redofilio as well. This might be the opportunity for, Bab for Fabio Babini then around the outside of the Curva Grande. The Porsche is about to creep alongside the yellow Ferrari but not this car as applauding Rahel Frey appreciates the driving there of Michelle Gatting and she continues in this fourth place now. And Babini did get by Wei Lu for fifth. What a worthwhile effort this has been proving to be from Castle Racing, adding massively to the entertainment value and doing it in the right way. Performance on track through. By the way, uh, this battle comes the race leader, Fanutiet. Will Owen, to this point, has been catching Fanutiet, but uh, now comes a bigger test in traffic. Let's just see what happens here. Meantime, <laughs> behind this lot, that is the 13 into Europol car of Nigel Moore. And having to work very hard indeed because it just looks like all the GT cars in Italy at the moment have been thrown at him. <laughs> it's a wall of either GT or Porsche, of uh, Ferrari or Porsche mainly actually, the prancing horse that are right in front of Nigel Moore. Here we go again, Ferrari side by side, Lutic racing up the inside of Wei Lu. And, and does it and they're also charging up the inside came the high class racing machine so who's at the wheel of the Dennis 20 Anderson. car Dennis Anderson yep. looking to thread the and island side by there. side as well it's, uh, it's uh, alongside that will be Will Owen trying to make his way up 4-5 wide as they cross the line every Incredible. class represented absolutely amazing stuff this is where you've got to be careful with the different braking rates of these cars yes. this is where it could go horribly wrong yes side Babini. by side contact for Dennis Anderson oh, and that was Babini yeah Babini uh, turning in at the right point but didn't know that the high class racing car was there I'm sure that incident will be looked into one off over the kerb as a result I think Nigel Moore that was dodging everything by taking to the kerb and let's hope there's no damage on his car as a result and now into the yellow flag area no overtaking although overlapping there was there was no, there was, there was no yellow flag at that point okay well I saw double yellows to the left um, but maybe they sorted themselves out just before the yellow flag area now the green is shown and back underway they go look at this again Real team car comes through, then the United car looked to the inside kerb that was where the contact was I'm not sure really what Dennis Anderson could have done about that no, maybe all just too many cars in one area and it was the green and yellow into Europol competition Nigel Moore driven car as we've got one on the grass on the one on the run through Serralio is that the graph car of Jonathan Hershey it yes is. it was couple of wheels on the grass third place for that car and trying to make up ground and doing so by the way on Willow in catching him very rapidly yeah for Utec, by the way has cleared this traffic thank goodness oh my gosh <laughs> Uh, and you've given forgiven for thinking Jop Bonotto is now the only car in the race because there's nothing in the distance yeah, look he's, he's, he's that's because everyone's the other side of the track if I missed a safety car board he's thinking <laughs> well, they're all behind me <laughs> I mean this is all of a sudden the luck you gain now yeah. if you've managed to thread your way through that carnage behind frankly bad news I'm afraid for Michelle Gatting black and orange flag bring your car for repair that will be for that flapping bonnet oh dear I wondered whether we might be on the cusp of a mechanical warning flag and 
the work, I think, can take place at the same time as anything else they want to do. They so they absolutely. could convert it into a pit stop. That's not the, most not the ideal, ideal time, is it? It's kind of halfway into their fuel window. But who knows what can happen. I'm not going to say again what I said yesterday, just before I massively affected the outcome. But, no. uh, the unusual does happen in endurance because racing. The commentator's curse is alive and well this oh, weekend, sitting both in this for you, both for you and me, chair, frankly, yes. but maybe you. <laughs> uh, Again. 95 minutes to go. Uh, I have no idea where we go next for this, but Jot van Utert in a very good position. Seven and a half seconds ahead of Willow in second place. So Aris plays Ligier, plays Orica. Three different brands represented in the top three. The best of Lara slipping to ninth place. That's the Carlin car back in the hands of Ben Barnacote. Great entertainment again from the European Le Mans series. Pound for pound, euro for euro. Just great entertainment. And we've been very lucky, Johnny, to sit here the last couple of races to watch this all unfolding. Some established players showing how good they are. Yeah and uh, the championship going from strength to strength at the moment with 40 cars, 41 cars starting this event. We had similar numbers at Paul Ricard as well. A red-letter day in the history of the European Le Mans series. Here comes the Graf car catching the lapped, delayed high-class racing car. Dennis Anderson working his way through to join the back again of the train of LMP2s. Lap 82 then for Jokman Utert, eight seconds clear of Will Owen in the 32. Then this car, Jonathan Hershey, as you say, catching high class, but not for position. And then it's the 28 car of Memo Rojas. Just behind, you can see on, on track there, it's uh, Lusic Racing cars now gone by Michelle Gatting. It may well be that Michelle has got the, the message that uh, she's going to be pitting here. Yeah, possibly so. And Rahel Fry, Fry will be getting into the first chicane. Sorry, Johnny. That's all right. I was fearful that the two Ferraris had touched there into the uh, run into the Retrofidio, but contact was avoided. And the heavier 71 Ferrari, although 83 carrying weight as well, remember, but uh, the 51 uh, getting ahead, Lucy Racing for Nicholas Nielsen. So all of a sudden, the pendulum sweeps back towards Lutich Racing, and it's a six second gap to. Aaron Scott ahead for the 51 car, so it is Porsche, Porsche, 77.56, that gap 31 seconds, further three and a half seconds back, the first of the Ferraris, it's the Spirit of Race car, the 55, the hands of Aaron Scott, then it's further six seconds back to Nicholas Nielsen. Black and white flag to uh, Nigel Moores into Europol competition, Ligier, this time around, not sure what that's for, could be track limits I suppose. There's the concentration for Rahel Frey ahead of her stint. But bearing in mind this is going to be a lengthier pit stop potentially as they attempt to take down that nose cover of the Ferrari, the mid-engine Ferrari with its turbocharged, twin-turbocharged engine these days, unlike the predecessor of the 458. And it is the time to pit stop the 83. Rahel Frey, uh, ready to climb aboard this car. Thanks, Audi factory talent and uh, DTM driver of course Rahel mm. and despite some uh, internet sources talking about uh, having been part of the last all-female Le Mans squad that's not true because in the lead up to the appearance that should have been on three ladies in the Ford GT GT1 
There was an incident that uh, accounted for Natasha Gashnan. Uh, so it was actually two girls, one fella in that car, and it was out very early. Rahel has not yet driven at them on. Uh, so this will be her opportunity, whilst being an entrance of the one before, she's not actually raced yet. So let's wait and see what happens here. She was very quick. No, they're telling them that's the... the There's also damage to the front left portion so of the there? valance. Uh, and it's like it's been... Uh, had a hole punched into it as well. That's almost like that's a bit of a stone or something that's popped up. But no, I think it's not something more crucial than that, or more substantial than that. Maybe the contact on the front left has forced the yeah, nose cover on the right. other side to pop up. Uh, so this is the, the problem here, of course, is with the class being so closely matched. Worse job done by body shot than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> significantly so at times. Uh, but unfortunately, because they're so close, that means they're going to drop further back. Do they do Christmas present wrapping down at Kessel as well? I want to go and. Uh, dump my presence for this year I don't think they're in the mood to do very much of that I think that's lost that car almost a full lap by the way because just Shame. in the background coming out of Parabolica is the number 56 car so disaster I'm afraid with whatever happened uh, to cause that damage Rahel Fry has now got a long afternoon ahead of her yes yeah, certainly and uh, this is her first indication of whether the car is affected by that damage it won't be feeling quite as good as it did in the freak practice sessions, I'm sure. She'll be used to it with the extra weight because it's been running like that for the last uh, two days. But now a chance then for Rahel, the Swiss, to get her eye in and get some rhythm going as well. 90 minutes to go. This will probably be Rahel Fry in till the end now with one more pit stop to come for the 83. They can't get it home from here because these cars can only do a maximum of an hour on the fuel. The inimitable uh, Matt Fernandez uh, with DLC here at Monza reminds me that that was contact with 77, which was the spin uh, for 77. Right, 77 being the... The deficit proton At the start of the race. At Ascari? Yeah. No, that was with the 51, not the 83. That was, no, 51 was afterwards. Ah, there was contact as well. With yes. the, oh, right, OK. I don't remember that, but frankly, I don't remember a lot of the stuff that's happened in this race because <laughs> there's so much of it. It's mental overload. When I get home, I have to watch this again and uh, See, uh, just try and rectify this absolutely. dream scenario I've got going on here because there's all sorts gone on and um, only so much of it your brain can retain on absolutely. the fly. Uh, 90 minutes still to try and wedge in there, what in one ear and out the other generally with me, but this is going to stay long in the memory, as Ricard has done as well, frankly. Two stonkers to kick off the year. So lead the race, you've got the new seven and a half seconds ahead. So we wait to see how this GTE battle actually pans out. Let's, before we get into that one, though, go back down to Lou Beckett in the pits. She's with Michelle Gatting from the Kessel Racing Team. Michelle's watched on to see the repair to the car. We saw the bonnet flapping around. How did that happen? Uh, it was uh, in the first uh, first end of Manuela. Unfortunately, somebody spun in front of her and it, she didn't avoid. So it was already actually from the beginning on. I told the, the mechanics in the pit that I could see it was moving a lot. And uh, yeah, so when I was supposed to do my double stint, we had to go in and repair, which is uh, quite quite a shame. Yeah, it's obviously going to mess up your strategy. Uh, Rahel's in there now. We've got an hour and a half left. What do you think the plan's going to be for you guys? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to stay optimistic. It's uh, Obviously, it's a little bit sad that we have to do an extra stop. But um, 
I mean, the car is good. I, I think our pace is a lot stronger than it was in the qualifying. So yeah, anything can happen. Like you say, we have one and a half hour to go. She, she will push and uh, then we have to see. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, Rahel Fry will certainly push, um, regardless of what she's driving. Uh, I remember seeing her in some one-make Audi R8 racing last year, and as you say, uh, did two seasons in the DTM Championship for Audi. So, back at the wheel of a Ferrari after a really good stint in uh, Ricard uh, last month, as the 77 comes in from the lead of the GT category. It's a driver change as well. Matteo Caroli climbs out of that car. Didn't look like Christian Reed's helmet. No, okay. Well, if it's not Reed and Cairoli stepping out of that car, then who else is assigned to the 77? My there we go, entry list. Uh, 77, Riccardo Perra, of course, who set a pole position here last he year. He did, for EB Motors. For EB Motors, so side he knows his place very nicely. Squeezed over by Nigel Moore there, the Project One car. Just about did it. Yeah. Nigel is uh, on a charge here. New Dunlop's going aboard the number 77. Tempted Proton car. Into comes the 55 car of Aaron Scott. So, despite the fact that was out of sequence for the Kessel car, they're not the only ones, are they? Because of the no. the opportunism that's been shown through some of these uh, these yeah. yellows. This has got Marley Jonic yet for podium well, positions. It's going to be some freedom for those teams and the 55 choosing to stop at this point too. There's going and to be some freedom motors. into the in the final hour. You know, we're not going to see them pitting at the top of the hour, i.e. three o'clock local time. Might be quarter past three, even half three. How late do you want to leave it for your splash to the finish? This must be down to the full course yellows yeah, and the absolutely. safety cars because there are too many cars now effectively on the same strategy. Well, you've got three uh, leading the race now in GTE. The 56, the 51 and the 66. Luzic racing back up from 7th to 2nd now. So it's uh, Giorgio Roda, Nicholas Nielsen, Wei Lu in the three, uh, the, the three leading cars. You've then got four that have just pitted or in the case of EB Motors car are still on pit road. 77, 55... 1683 have pitted within two laps of each other so you've got two completely different groups whichever way this goes there are going to be three or four cars in it yeah yes has to be and therefore uh, it's a really tough fight to try and guess which way it's going next here comes the race leader then currently well, of course that was 77 conceding the race lead to 56 but that now is in the pit lane as well the 51 car was coming in just behind him it is Nicholas they're Nielsen. all on the same strategy here with the possible exception of JMW yeah and presumably Nielsen will hand over to Alessandro Pierguidi or not sure no Nielsen has just got in the car ok so so that's going to well what this yep. does do as there's battling now between the prototypes but it's going to limit the, the amount of time that Alessandro Pierguidi is at the wheel and therefore your gold or your platinum so all, almost the fact that the bronzes and the gold or the silvers are in the car for far longer the responsibility is on those guys to try and win this race this is great stuff this is remarkable stuff staying out by the way is JMW Motorsport they're going to come out of this with an absolutely massive lead yes yes now when did they last pit Lap 79. They have been in three times. Okay, so Wei Lu staying at the wheel in the last stop. And Ricardo Perez's car last stopping on 79 as well. So the Ferrari's been in in this last bout of stops. Must have done. 
on 79 for car 66 and Wade Luder out front the JMW Motorsport machine they had a drive through as well earlier on in the race but its last pit stop was not a drive through because it took a minute and 26 seconds so they fuel. I, well according to that column it says 79 laps the other GT cars have all stopped on 79 laps as well I did clock that car coming in Graham will check that about 66 but even if they did come in for the minute 26 within the last few minutes, there was no driver change there. And in the 66 car, we still have Matteo Cressoni to come. After the car was qualified yesterday by Jeff Seagal, who has just stepped out of it. The 39 into the Retifilio chicane. That's Jonathan Hershey, fresh from a pit stop and now heading down towards Curva Grande. That car then in sixth position. Jot Van Oter, though, leading by 10 seconds in LMP2 from Willow in for United. The Edex Sport Memo Rojas-driven car is about the same distance behind Willow in in third, and then it's a 47-second gap to Phil Hansen in the second best of the Ligiers, but this is a good race for United Autosports. Second and fourth, when I think even they would have admitted that the pace wasn't there in free practice. However, it's swinging certainly more in the direction of the Ligier chassis. Windscreen wiper on for the 11 car. I don't think that's because it's raining, it's just because there may be a little bit of fluid on the screen to be getting got rid of. Always caught the button. Caught stalk by accident. Indeed, indeed yes. Looking for Radio 4, found Radio 3. <laughs> but around the outside, for the moment at least, goes the 77 car. Not any of that, Jens Pettersson. He's decided he's got a little bit more grip, a little bit more pace. But an interesting comparison of pace, isn't it, between the GT car that has gone by the 11 car. Yeah. I just realised, Graham, that column that I thought was telling us the last time the cars are pitted is just telling us how many laps got. each car has done. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> actually seeing if, That's um, fine. Seeing if I can find out from the team when the, when the last pit stop for 66, pit stop was. 66 was because yeah. if they don't owe us a pit stop that's a mighty advantage for them like I suspect say. they don't like you say and uh, if the next time the 66 have to pit is on the hour that will obviously shift things back again in favour of the rest of the field however the rest of the field will then have to pit Correct. maybe half an hour to go so JMW Motorsport look very good on this right now. I don't remember Cressoni at the wheel yet. No. So he's still to come. Indeed. And even though he's the silver, knows this place very well and incredibly rapid in free practice earlier on in the week for the Italian. So an hour and 21 minutes to go. It is still Jop um, ahead of Will Owen. 10.7 uh, seconds with a further 10 seconds uh, seeing Memo Rojas behind and... That's the sort of order as well in terms of lap times. Jacques is extending that gap to both the cars behind. Will Owen is pulling away too. Hearing from Lou Beckett, at least how long, Johnny Palmer? 20 minutes well, for the 66. That will be on the normal pit stop strategy. Have they played this one right? At the moment, all other things being equal, what am I saying? Um, that looks to be the correct strategy. Yes, yes, and... I mean, some of the other cars have been forced into an alternative because of how the full-course yellow has fallen, because of where the safety car comes out as well, and to a certain extent. I mean, it doesn't disrupt the LMP2 fight, but sometimes it will drive a wedge between those in P3 and in GTE. Yep. Something going to be quite cleverly done at Le Mans this year, I understand, to ensure that that 
happens a little less because in the, the safety car last year at Le Mans really did disrupt did. the GT Pro battle, didn't yes. it? There's, there's all sorts of changes in huge amount of detail. Yes. But I need to have a good long sleep and a cup of tea. I think we all do. Uh, before, before we even approach and, and, and bits. Certainly they have thought very hard about it. Yeah, because the 92. Oh, trouble oh. there. Uh, yeah, for the 10. This is the Oregon car on fire because the fire extinguishers are out. I think it's possibly concerned the brakes, yeah, because the extinguisher is being uh, sprayed into the front wheels. That's uh, ruined the front end of the car. And the brakes still licking back into life, into flame. So red hot, this uh, number 10 car for... Who brought that in? Lorenzo Bontempelli. A long stint from Damiano Fioravanti. Gustas Grinbergis, the Lithuanian, is the bronze-rated driver, still to clamber on board that car. Bontempelli, the bronze, it's of Italy. Now. Not going out, is it? That's the problem. Trouble? Trouble the for seven. Tony Wells? That's the leader. The Tony Wells car in LMP3 is looking a little slow. Yes, it is. Out of oh dear, the Nesmo. Oh and this is a change of lead now for the number nine car. Oh of uh, Esteban Garcia who is timed as the new race leader in LMP3 and all of a sudden Nielsen Racing uh, dive into action remember one car already a retirement the number 8 for Nielsen and this is big trouble now what's going on in LMP3 with the Oregon car on fire and the race leader uh, suddenly losing speed although has Tony Wells ridden that wave now it looks like it's back again. It's getting, no, he's not nearly up to it. It's not as bad as it was, but uh, something's gone very oddly wrong with that car. Puzzled looks from Nielsen Racing down in the pit lane. They're putting gloves on, putting fireproof overalls on, ready then to receive that be, car. It does seem to be rather back up to speed, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. However, it's had to concede one place. Amazingly, no more than one. So Garcia for Real Team Racing leads in car number nine. Tony Wells still there in second. And what sort of a gap has he got back to Francois Elio? It's 25 seconds back to the ultimate car. And Elio under stern pressure from Jens Pettersson as well. Although, no, actually it's Elio lapping quicker than Pettersson. So that's potentially a move for Ultimate to get ahead of your international. So here comes Tony Wells. Is he going to pit this car? We'll soon see. I is think he, gonna, he is. Is he going to pass up the opportunity? Because the risk is you stay out. He's staying out. He's staying he's out. Staying Whatever out. it was, he's decided he's going to stay out. He's got a clear lap ahead of him, but comes across the line now. He's down nine seconds off the lead of the Real Team Racing car. Well, it's coughed and it's spluttered and walked slowly to come back to life again. This he number seven, lost 25 seconds on that lap. 27 seconds on that lap, I think. It was very strange indeed, through the Curva Grande. It does not seem to get the push out of that corner. Uh, actually, it was into the Lesmos. It's slow again into turn three. Definitely. Has he lost a gear? Maybe, yes. Maybe a, a gear has gone from the box and he can't it's, find top speed. He's lost the speed at exactly the same point, hasn't he? Yes. Uh, well, it happened initially a little bit further on the lap, I think, Lesmos. This is a gear selection issue. So through go one or two LMP2 cars. Francois Erio is closing so quickly and the ultimate car, I'm sure, will be able to get by the seven very shortly. Jens Pettersson's not very far behind either. And then it's Tommy Erdloss in the United Autosports car number two. Well, you know what? If I was the office dog at uh, Nielsen Racing, I'd be hiding. Yeah. Because someone's going to want to pick it. The eight car, a right... Well, 
we'll see whether that car returns later on in the season but certainly out on the spot after Yamanaka had a huge accident at Ascari and now the seven with mechanical dramas of some description whether it's electrically related or a drive issue your uh, guesstimate about maybe a gear missing is a good one Aereo in the red and white car then for ultimate and then right behind the battling Jens Pettersen with who's the next car on the road it's Tommy Erdos who'll pop into sight in a minute out of Ascari as well surely now that Tony Wells has given it another lap he will come in to visit the team to see whether they can do anything about it because it's pointless circulating at this speed he comes in this time oh dear me so into the pit lane comes Tony Wells for Nielsen Racing and up to second Francois Herriot so ultimate with a race win at Ricard now running second in this race this is great for points for them and the Euro International squad who had far from an ideal race at uh, Ricard running the same chassis as they did in France up to third place now with Jens Pettersson well that's it that car is going in the box what's a world gutting for the Nielsen Racing team Fuel in first of all, that's a matter of just course really, you, you do that and then the dolly jacks will be installed underneath the car, they'll wheel it into the garage, try and work out what's wrong. Well to add the lower course, they're outside their fuel window as well, they've got yellow flags at turn <laughs> 5 at the moment. True, because these B3s can do an hour, so really much more. Not ideal. So they'll be hoping for a full course yellow in this final stint, so it is wheeled now to 45 degrees. Tony Wells staying at the wheel oh, oh it's and off the track car. it's uh, three cars just had not a good day at the office have they uh, troubles that kept the car in the garage for some little time it was off in the second she came with Mike Gouache aboard and now off at turn six which is the first of the Lesbos not sure we've had a car off in that part of the circuit so far this weekend after the second chicane lost the dash says Tony Wells oh the spin happened in front of another United Autosports car that was a P2 yep. which was nearly collected by the spinning Mike Gouache and another car relatively wide might have been the Cool Racing LMP2 machine but uh, for the second full time today yellow. we're going full course yellow second time today Mike Gouache deeply buried in the stones not at the second chicane this time but just the very next corner uh, just in case you can see things just falling and drifting across the sky there it's not snowing here is it in the spa last week that's the blossom from the trees here in uh, Monza Park I think discussions at Nielsen did relate to the gearbox though as well and the dashboard suddenly become extinguished in comes the leader as the full course yellow is imminent and comes into place now in two comes Willow in from second place 18 seconds by, uh, behind as the line was crossed. Norman Nato is strapped in to the number 26 car. Well, TDS so far have played a blinder here because every chance they've had to pit, they have done. They've popped a bit more fuel in and it's now in a great uh, way uh, to be approaching this final couple of stints. It will have to be two stints, though. There'll be one more stop for the number 26 car. Here is Louise Beckett from pit lane. That's uh, Nielsen are changing the steering wheel on the Norma. One tiny bit of good news in a tsunami of bad from uh, Nielsen Racing is, of course, they're losing less time under this full-course yellow. True. True enough, but the car had been in the pit lane for a fairly long it time had. before the full-course yellow was out. 
Unsurprisingly, the United Order Sports guys are quick on the trigger, ready to launch the fire extinguishers into action. An indication of quite how hard a braking circuit this is. After nearly three hours of running, those front brakes take an absolute pounding and catch fire very easily in the pit lane. The danger, though, then, is that uh, other parts of the car catch fire as a result, and that's what's gone wrong at Oregon in the number 10 machine. Now we get into the battle of the pit crews. And uh, G-Drive Racing turn the car around in 1 minute and 19 seconds compared to 1.27 for both the following crews. Alex Brundle introduced the race as well as Norman Nato. Paul of Chatan introduced too. Nato versus Brundle and Chatan is going to be, well, <laughs> well worth your time. Don't grab that coffee now. You won't want to get. You won't be getting a chance to do that again. I can tell you in the next 71 minutes. That looked like tricky stuff for the runners heading down towards the first chicane because you got a full course yellow out. Technically no overtaking, but what happens when a car's on the racetrack and from the pit lane? Absolutely. And there is overlapping. I mean, one's going to have to say after you. No, after you. Felipe Albuquerque will be getting aboard the number 22 car from fourth. In comes the 83 car. This will just about put them back on the, the their fuel strategy oh, the fuel strategy okay just yes. about so saving potentially a splash I think they can do it from here alright an hour and ten I think so tough going you might need a caution uh, but the way this race has panned out there's every chance of that we've had is our second or third full course yellow certainly only one safety car so far Nielsen Racing rejoined the race and they are still outside that fuel window I'm afraid it's an hour and ten minutes to go Tony Wells will rejoin ninth in class I wouldn't if I were you Louise Beckett put a microphone underneath Colin Noble's nose anytime <laughs> soon yes in, um, in from the lead in GTE is the number 66 car Wei Lu gives the car over to Matteo Cressoni also in from second Ricardo uh, Perra in the 77 car Lusic Racing have been in that will be it also Nicholas Nielsen but my guess is we must have Alessandro Piagridi aboard that car now and the 83 car goes back out with Rahel Fry predictably still at the wheel all of the top eight now have been in on this pit stop cycle Norman Nato Alex Brundle Paul Chatan will be Philibert Albuquerque Nico Jaman brought the number 30 car in. We're waiting for that car to get going again. This is our second full course yellow, just to confirm. And our, uh, just the one safety car so far. We're not very far away now from 100 laps completed. I think the 77 car has taken the lead in GT in that pit stop. All right. I think they have. Well, we'll have to wait for those cars to head over the next timing line. 66, due at any moment 77 appears first though so you're right Ricardo Perra in the Dempsey Proton Racing Porsche now running ahead of Matteo Cressoni we're going back to Green Fighting Racing in 15 seconds with a new leader in GTE JMW Motorsports slipping back to second but they did do a driver change in that pit stop Team Project won third and the 55 Spirit of Race Ferrari with Duncan Cameron driving is fourth green it's flag. green now so back to racing, no longer is the, the track restricted to 80 kilometres per hour and pretty much the whole of the LMP2 field pitted during that caution. The only ones that didn't, the 23 Panis Bartes, the 45 Carlin, the R-Alarm M-Sport 43 car, uh, that didn't come down pit lane either. It might have been, they didn't have the opportunity to. 
an hour and eight to go. It's round two of the European Le Mans series for 2019, live from Monza, and now a Porsche versus Ferrari scrap. For fifth in GTE, this is uh, Nicolas Nielsen, it says, with uh, Fretto the EP Motors car side by side along the pit straight. They come into the braking zone behind the ultimate LMP3 car. Ahead goes the Lusic Racing car. Will that be hampered as they try to get the power down out of the chicane? No, it appears not. Marco Fretzer trying his hardest in the number 80 car, sharing with Sebastian Fortuna, who started the car, and Fabio Babini, who's just done a stint. And this time, uh, can Fretzer get a slightly better run then on the Ferrari? a little bit of doubt about whether that's Nicholas Nielsen still or is it Alessandro Pierre Guidi for the final hour and a bit if it is then the tail wagging on the Ferrari as we get a chance to go down to United Autosports now to hear from Phil Hansen with Lou Beckett well finally handing over to Philip Albuquerque in the 22 is Phil Hansen that was a long stint for you first of all and so many battles that you had to contend with I didn't hear that, sorry. Uh, you were battling with the 24, other Ligier, lots of battles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was right, it was a long stint, definitely. Um, just the driver time is so unfortunate when you have a two-driver lineup that you, you end up in this situation where you either split the stints, but either way I have to end up doing four or five stints, and especially at Monza, where we can't run the car for very long with the fuel runs out because it's such a quick track. Um, it means that when we started the, the race, we couldn't we couldn't get out of it until uh, until we did. So, forced it's in the race, and we wanted I wanted to get out of the car, but we still had three laps for the driver time for Philippe, so uh, I had to stay in for another stint. And tell us about those battles that we saw on track, because it was really close there. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately the car wasn't that great at the start, so I think we lost a bit of momentum, and uh, we had to try and come back through. Uh, it is tricky. I think it's one of our weakest circuits. Um, yeah, the battling was quite close. Uh, I'm not sure what we can say. Like the LMP3, you know, the Elysee battles were uh, were okay, but I, it's, it's really tricky to compete with the Oricas. Um, with Elysee, it's just about okay because you you have the same delta on the straight and everything. So it's it's just about whoever's a better driver who's got bigger balls into the first corner. But uh, yeah, with the Oricas, it's, I struggled massively to try to try to defend those positions. Okay, thank you. I'll let you go and have a rest now. Thanks. Yeah, fighting with the Palace Barters cars, that was certainly entertaining, um, but otherwise struggling to take the fight to, for example, the Aurus, the Paul-Luc Chatan car, as we've got another car off in the gravel. Now, that is Lesmo 2 for the 60 Ferrari uh, of Kessel Racing and Sergio Pianazzola. Great day yesterday for Kessel. Not so good today, Graham Not Goodwin. Not so good today. Uh, I slightly take issue with Phil Hansen. They're sitting second and fourth at the moment with those cars. I, I get his point. Straight line speed, not very much between them. It does seem as if the Orica's got the edge, but uh, through the stints, yeah. well, well, you know, in part with strategy and in part with great racing between those cars, they've come through in a very strong position at the moment. Alex Brundle is holding and at the moment actually pulling away from Paul Lepchatan in the Edex Sport car, is closing gradually at the moment on Norman Nato. So Alex Brundle, who's been mega through this week, uh, is doing a great stint in the 32 car. Uh, Felipe Albuquerque is rather further back. He's uh, 48 seconds back. Is not the man managing to match the pace of the three cars ahead. Let's see how that one pans out. GTE, uh, Ricardo Perra, is being caught by, uh, by Matteo Cressoni. It is 2.9 seconds with the 11 car. 
group not helping for Sony to get stuck into this battle of the 77. They are the two leading cars in GTE with the all-black number 11 car. It's second, by the way, in uh, LMP3. Real Team Racing lead that race by 21 seconds. Tommy Erdos, the evergreen Tommy Erdos, 11 seconds further back in third with Nigel Moore fourth. Uh, just an update, by the way, on the Nielsen Racing squad. Uh, they are still ninth in LMP3. And a replay here with side to side between the 51 and the 80 goes the way of Alessandra Piergridi now confirmed by the way aboard the Lusic racing car that is fourth how fifth, close fifth, though sorry. is the fifth place how close is the speed between Jens Pettersson's Euro International P3 and the 66 of Matteo Cressoni admittedly you've got a, a bronze driver at the wheel of the prototype versus Cressoni who's the silver could be a gold in future years though Matteo Cressoni and I can see that being a frustration actually because in certain areas in the braking area maybe uh, the Ferrari would really like to be in front of the 11 can't make it work just yet and that is driving the top two in GTE further apart from one another Pera Cressoni Giorgio Roda third for Project One then it's Duncan Cameron this Ferrari the green one heading right towards us on the back straight Fifth place is Lusik, as you say, Alessandra Pierguidi, and then the Porsche and Marco Frezza. Absolutely, you're closing in on the final hour. So just three minutes to go before we click over into the final 60 minutes. Replay here. That was a big side-to-side -side contact. Wow. Not a bit naughty. The 28 on one of the two. Uh, Panis Bartas, 24 car. That was 28 with 24. That was not for position. Konstantin Tereshenko. Now the overtake has been done safely. Paul Chatin up ahead and into third position, trying to hunt down Alex Brundle. Gap just 2.2 seconds, but last time around Brundle was able to lap four tenths of a second faster. Harry Tinkle's just done the best lap for his car, the Delara from Carlin, number 45. So uh, the man from Exeter now on board in 12th position. I'd seen that one again because that didn't look right, and that was a, that was a really. It didn't look the right point to turn in oh, for a 28 car. So what on earth was Paul Chateau thinking there? He was, uh, he's a lap ahead of that car. He's not, uh, the place is not in doubt. Yes. There was no need to do that and put the car at risk. Well, got away with it. Um, but as you say, I'd like to see the lead up to that incident. Um, because they might have been taking chunks out of each other all the way down the back straight. Bouncing around on the approach purely because it's so bumpy into the Retifilio Norman Nato, relatively new to the G-Drive car, having taken that over then from teammate Jochman Utert. And 26 leading by just four seconds from Alex Brundle, who's pedalling incredibly quickly in the best Ligier. Two seconds quicker last time around, the gap is now four seconds. And the other car further down the road, Paul Luchata, catching the two of them. Correct. So what we've got now is top three separated by under six seconds. It's the Aris, the Orica on the Dunlop tyres from G-Drive Racing Norman Nato. Four seconds to good from the Ligier on Michelin tyres in the hands of Alex Brundle. That's the 32 car for United Autosports. Third is the 28 Edex Sport car, Paul Luchatan, uh, in the Orica on Michelin's. He's now 1.7 seconds back from Brundle. So this is compressing nicely as we just get within one minute of the final hour, Johnny Palmer. Looking at the gaps in LMP3 fairly wide at the moment between Esteban and Garcia for Real Team and Jens Pettersson. Pettersson might be at risk from Tommy Erdos though in the next 15 minutes or so. Erdos is lapping 
quicker than the German Pettersson. And Euro International then second for the moment. United Autosports third. Then it's into Europe competition with Nigel Moore. Francois Elliot, part of the squad that won at Paul Ricard in fifth. And so we have pretty much an hour still to go in this four hours of Monza for 2019. The second race of the year in the European Le Mans series. Championships far from starting to take shape. They will be once we get to the end of this one though and then we hit the pause button as far as the ELMS season is concerned everybody descends on Circuit de la Sarte next month before we get going again for the ELMS season in Barcelona a new track that we'll be visiting uh, in the modern era of ELMS full second taken out of Alex Brundle by Paul Chatan across the line less than a second and still closing not because Alec Brundle is going slowly, it's because Chatan is going very rapidly indeed. And traffic now for Brundle. What can he do about dealing with that? There are the top three. Yeah. You know, that is now four seconds between the three of them. Brundle ducked by the M Racing car. Tries to put the real team car ahead. If the chasing edex sport cannot too does that and racing now down to Laura Millara by the way Esteban Garcia as I mentioned in the lead of LMP3 but the M racing car is not on the lead lap final hour and we're going to have nose to tell here the top three there is the orange car coming up behind the 83 castle car that is your leader hands of Norman Martin then second place that's Alex Brundle Paul McShatan in the 28 edex sport car is third place it was four seconds across the last timing beam. I think it's going to be less than that now. Now the question is, how old are the Dunlop tyres in the number 26 car? Are the Michelin runners uh, aided by the fact that they're slightly newer rubber on these cars? Or is this just better performance from Michelin? We're also going to see the battle between Ligier and Orica unfold before our eyes. And maybe we get to see exactly what Phil Hatson was saying to Lou Beckett a little while ago. And Ligier does struggle versus the Orica down the straights. That's Brundle, just about one of the fastest Ligier drivers here this weekend. Philippe Albuquerque running in close. And he will get this uh, Ligier to be as wide as possible to keep Frenchman Chatan behind. Not messing about, Alex Brundle. He can see the threat from behind. He can see the opportunity that lies ahead. There's a 139.4 for the uh, lead car from Norman Nata last time. A 138.5 from Alex Brundle so catching the leader but it was a 138-0 from Paul Lupchatin Interesting message on our screen about car 54 of which there isn't one in the race but uh, it's not respecting something or other at turn 4 anyway into the Ascari corner goes the battle for second position Alex Brundle and Paul Lupchatin second and third Philippe Albuquerque doing 138.6s but he's 50 plus seconds further back down the road but nevertheless good speed from the second of the Ligiers then Tristan Gomendy in the Graf Orica former race leader and Richard Bradley now piloting the Duquesne engineering car that's the car that started by Pierre Rag. we had a middle stint from Nicolas Jamin and is this the Duquesne car in fact coming through the second of the chicanes yeah. yes but it was, it was, he was fine it was the 55 it was Ferrari 55 for 54 read 55 and did not respect uh -huh. the rejoining instructions trouble for the 27 car the first chicane will rejoin it all becomes clear as, as per that uh, message which confused me slightly so that is Duncan Cameron still 
and I think that's uh, trouble there for the uh, Edex Sport car might well have put uh, Anders Fjordback who's back aboard the Hypers Racing Car only in close contention with or by the 27 car so picking up a place after a long, long, long fight back Paul Scheusner for Inter-Europol competition making a stop now in the Ligier P3. That will be that car's third stop. Final. Yes. They did a two and a half minute stop, so maybe quite a bit of work that needed to be done on that car in the last one. Uh, the minimum pit stop time is 1 minute 45. If you've done two of those already in LMP3, your final stop can be as quick as you like. Basically, three required stops for fuel, if nothing else. So they can do an hour, and uh, it's a four-hour race. One as quick as you like, two in a minute and 45, and no less. Time from pit in to pit out, remember. And one or two have done an incredible job in that. They've done a one minute 45, one minute 46 second stop. Some have done slightly two quick stops. 140, I remember seeing earlier on, which uh, then you often have to come in to serve that extra time as a stop-go penalty. 55 minutes to go. Paulik Chatan here to overtake one of the two United Autosports no, P3s. That was Tommy Arnherdos then in third position. And that's the Ligier. That's the 27. Uh, oh, big pardon. Thank you. So that is the other um, Edex Sport car. That's driven by... Stefan Adler. Indeed, and he's being caught. You can see the background there. There is the bright yellow high-class car. There's a pit stop under investigation. It's going to work in the garage, by the way, on the American car that's uh, seemingly inextinguishable. Great fire. 11 versus 2. Is this a real battle? It certainly is. Pettersson versus Tommy Erdos. So, as I said, Erdos was coming and at speed. And the Euro International car was, in a sense, holding up the Ferrari 66. Well, that car's got through now and passed Jens Pettersson. We've also got dicing between a Ligier from United Autosports and... That's the 22 car and the Cool the Racing car, cool which racing. is a little way further back. Yeah, Nicola Lapierre, though, at the wheel. So, unsurprisingly, uh, pushing the United car all the way. Up the inside of the battling P3 cars comes and is fueled back in a hurry to get onto terms with the 27 car pick up at least one place and will this be Tommy Erdos's chance moves to the right, now moves to the left heading to the braking area for Roger Chicane but can't get through there Erdos a double Le Mans series class champion, a double Le Mans class champion and remembers this place when it was all fields round here <laughs> Tommy is literally older than all of the hills now, yes. and by dint of his massively advanced age um, in fairness, this place has always been fields because it's a city park, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> Tommy back as a bronze driver after some years out of the sport, and it's great to see him back. Superb, and uh, some stories to tell through the years, certainly in all sorts of disciplines of motorsport. Loving his racing once again, Absolutely. and great to have this challenge then to try and muscle the United Autosports P3 into a top two position. He's already got a podium if things stay as they are but he's fighting for second place and there is confirmation of the battle for second position in the class with the purple race numbers LMP3 P2 3.3 seconds a gap now between Norman Nato and Alex Brundle Paulich Chatan's just half a second behind 
that battle pack at the head of the order and Philippe Albuquerque uh, again eating away at the fight at the, uh, the gap it's 53 seconds now I think struggling because it's Ligier versus Inorica basically and I don't see that gap coming down in a great hurry 52 minutes to go the Oregon car which came in a long long time ago with brake fires the problem for Lorenzo Bontempelli that car's still in the pit lane after we saw at the rotors the front brake discs having to be extinguished and that was uh, Lou Becker with just telling me on talkback that uh, that came as a result of the uh, ducts being uh, blocked presumably by tyre debris and massive overheating for the brake components and we saw the net result of that big braking as well there for the BHK car that's not going to work Bell's out of that one Let's these two guys get on with it in the battle for second place. They are catching the leader a little. The uh, overall gap between the top three now, 3.362 seconds, 51 minutes to go. This is a battle for second, but they're catching the leader as well. There he is, just the 13 car in between the three. That's in the BHK Motorsport car, Sergio Campana not able to make the corner at Retifilo. That car's actually just done, Sergio's just done the fastest lap of that car all race. So an indication of how hard he is pushing. Ligier versus Orica still remains the battle for second and third. Ahead of Philippe Albuquerque, Tristan Gomendi, Richard Bradley, the top six in LMP2. In GT, Ricardo Perra continues to be the race leader for uh, Dempsey Proton Racing, 77 not able to take victory at Ricard it was a third place finish in France well they can back this up with victory in Monza and that would be a great start to their season and of course they are running with a little bit of ballast the lightest of the ballasted cars another pit stop for the number 60 Ferrari incidentally with Sergio Piazzolo now in the box having uh, had that very gravity moment fairly recently Charlie Screens tell the tale Tommy Erdos up into second position 21 seconds off the lead, but four seconds quicker that lap from uh, than the leading real team racing car. Can Tommy Erdos have a dream return to international sports car racing? The uh, Brazilian Hungarian will have, I'm sure, enthusiastic supporters at home with Team Erdos. Mm. Good afternoon, boys. Well, there's no reason why this can't happen because the last lap around much quicker than Esteban Garcia. What we don't know is how much traffic Garcia had to cope with on that lap he was in the middle of a load of GTs that might have hampered his progress a little bit but it's a, a Norma versus Ligier battle now at the head of LMP3 who'd have thought that and likewise in, in P2 we've got this Ligier the United Autosports car 32 hunting down the Auras of Norman Nato three seconds is the margin here's Tommy Erdos well clear of Jens Pettersson now having made the overtake and what, what happened this might be the Erdos overtake, it is. It is. Overtake, Charging breaking. so late in the day there at the inside of the Roger Chicane. Fully locked up just ahead of him as well, Richard Bradley. Wasting no time for Duquesne Engineering. Great stuff. The fire still burns for Tommy Erdos, without a shadow of doubt. Brake dust pouring off the front of the RLR car of Arjun Miney as well. The Bangalore driver is uh, hard charging. Sadly, it looks like RLR aren't going to get to top... 10 finish today with significant margins now between the cars in 11th, 12th, 13th and 14th RLR are 14th in the 43 car but well ahead of Henning Enqvist for Algarve Pro So very quick at the moment Arjun Mani 
Yeah, well, there's kind of no doubt about that and his pedigree in single-seaters. It's a shame that the car's not in a slightly better position. Started well for Bruno Senna. I don't think they caught the cautions as well as they might have done, certainly as well as some of their rivals, and that's put them well down now. 56 in for a final stop with 48 minutes on the clock, so you can easily make it home from here. Driver change as well aboard the 56 car. Presumably will be the Burmeister aboard the car. Yeah. We haven't seen yet in this race. That is going to cost him a position. And it does, there's each racing move up another position, reigning world champion. Alessandro Pierre Guidi. Moves up into a podium position for Lusic Racing. Remember, this car hampered with 30 kilos of ballast. And we're going to chunk more for its troubles next time if it stays like this. Yeah, if it continues to have the championship lead, that will be uh, still 15 kilos. And then judged on its previous two results. That's not right on the 34 car. Some dislodged bodywork. Uh, I'm trying to work out exactly what that was pointing skyward between the light pod and the, uh, and the cockpit. Real team racing in and out the pits as well. That puts Tommy Erdos into the lead of the race. So Erdos, at least for the moment, out front. Francois Herriot will inherit third position. Pettersson second then for Euro International. Then the ultimate car. Nigel Moore fourth. And real team racing Esteban Garcia in fifth. It's all going to chop and change though in LMP3 because now the new leader, Tommy Erdos, makes a stop. Does Pettersson also come down pit lane? No, Peterson stayed out and will take back the race lead, therefore. Now then, how many of the longer stops has the number two car done already? Garcia's stop was a 148, so that was one of the long ones too. Well, the pit stops for the United car, they've had, this is the fourth, so my guess is they've burned there too. They can do this one as quickly as they possibly can. Okay. Let's see whether they can get it as close, well, to a minute, maybe even quicker than that. Uh, if Tommy Erdos is staying at the wheel, then it'll still just be fuel and tyres. Or is there a choice not to change the Michelins on that car? We'll wait and see. So quickly, Erdos emerges, drops on the in third position. Nigel Moore on a tear. Yeah, he's now sitting fourth. A trademark late race tear for Nigel Moore. Gaining a place virtually on the final corner, did he not, to Paul Ricard, yeah. to get a podium, or certainly fourth place. Up comes Tommy Odos, that was a minute and ten seconds, a good stop then from United Autosports team, how is this all going to emerge? Meantime, up at the front of the race, the, 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 it's there on the top three, the, the start and the end of that row of seven prototypes, one at the front, one in the middle, one at the back. The gap between the three, 3.8 seconds last time across the line. What is it going to be this time? It is 3.6. Yeah, and we went from 1.8 and 1.9 as the two gaps to all of a sudden it favouring slightly Norman Nato again. That is because Alex Brundle's caught up behind the fair bit of traffic that Nato, the Frenchman, has dealt with, but the man from Kings Lynn hasn't yet, so... Alex Brundle having to bide his time here. He's got a wall of prototype and GT cars up ahead, oh. slotting right between the two of them through the Kerma Grande. There's an idea of how little time Alex Brundle wants to waste then as the Porsche 77 fends off the former race leader in LMP3. That's Esteban Garcia rejoining after his pit stop then. Here comes Paul Upshatan. Oh, there's contact there, side to side with the Argar Pro 25 car. 
as he comes through the second chicane. John Foul muscled out of it, saying, you're not on the lead lap, so please let me through. And Paul Luke Shattach is able to create the real estate, but this is the reason why he's allowing now Alex Bonner to disappear off the road. It's emerged from a 1.1 second gap to considerably more than that, 2.4. Yep, he picked up a second and a half in that sector with the, what has to be said, really ballsy move. Uh, to thread the needle through Curva Grande, great move from Alex Brundle, yeah. and that has put him, given a bit of a fresh air, at a Paul McShatton, and for the first time in what seems like most of the afternoon, not under pressure now from the back, he can now concentrate on closing the gap to Norman Nato, 3.2 seconds to do that, great battle at the head of this race. Well, annoyingly for Brundle, it was 1.82 laps ago, now stretched back out to 3.2 because they hit traffic, but that was only the traffic that Norman Nato needed to negotiate, as I say, maybe a lap before, so this is the classic example of tra traffic giveth and taking away at the same time, and gives Nato some breathing space on lap 111. Three and a bit seconds, then 2.2, Brundle to Shattat. Philippe Albuquerque is able to lap at about the same speed as Brundle, so podium slipping away for the second United Autosports car. It's one of these three cars, basically, that's going to win this race at this stage. 43 minutes still to go. In LMP3, Jens Pettersson now leading by 38 seconds, but surely the 11 car has to stop again it's done three stops and one of them was very quick the last time through so as long as they've done the other two long stops they will be fine how do they sit as far as how much fuel's in that car though the key to it is when they did them exactly. that's the point is that they will have looked to have burned those stops but I don't think I think one of the caution periods fell well yes. the others didn't so I think we may be seeing a gaggle of cars coming in for uh, very late stops we know United don't need to that's the one we do know. That car has stopped very recently. In GTE, by the way, the number 77 car, in the hands of Ricardo Perra, pole sitter, last time we were here for EV Motors, leads the race, leads the race by something like 15 seconds. Yeah. JMW Motorsport in the hands of Matteo Cressoni sits second. Third, Lusich Racing, ahead of EV Motors, uh, but Lusich Racing something like 45 seconds back from the second-place car. EB Motors, fourth. Then the Kessel 83 car, Rahel Freist at the wheel there. Team Project One in the hands of Jörg Berkmeister, right with Rahel Fry now in the battle for fifth. And there's going to be trouble for the 55 car. Uh, sits seventh, but will get a 15-second stop-and-go penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Matt Griffin uh, will not suffer, I don't think, a further... Uh, positional loss but uh, with the uh, 60 Kessel Racing car has been much delayed that certainly is not going to help either his humour or his battle to get back into terms of the cars ahead your Bergmaster by the way as I've said all that has just gone through into 5th position ahead of Rahel Fry yeah tough start for Spirit of Race Matt Griffin Duncan Cameron Aaron Scott they were 5th in Paul Ricard and now from a 7th placed position currently will have to take 15 seconds in the pit lane as we say change their position but they really the aim was way higher than seventh place in this race to try and get their championship on track Jotman Utert's in deep conversation there his day is done definitely tender yeah. <laughs> uh, the 26th then firmly in the hands of Norman Nato to the finish now and 
had a quick word with Jot earlier on, said it's, it's difficult for him being the silver because often he's in, in the middle stint. So you're prepping, yes, for a midday start, but actually more likely you're going to be getting in an hour or an hour and a half in. So difficult to get the excitement levels and the, the preparation right there. You've always got to be on standby if disaster strikes during an instant as well. You might be called into action way earlier than you expect. 55's in. That will be... That's the 15-second stop and go. Yes. Uh, look out, by the way, for um, a fair amount of arguing, I'm afraid, on the internet to come if Jan van Utrecht follows the advice we gave him over breakfast the other day, which was every time someone asks you how you pronounce your name, tell them something different. See how many ideas or how many versions he's got. I'm sure he's been thinking overnight. Uh, 47 seconds for the 55 Ferrari, so 15 seconds of that was the penalty. And of course, you've got to negotiate the pit lane as well and find your way to the. Well, to your, is it your box where the penalty is served? Yes, rather than being a separate penalty box yes, which some championships do employ. Waiting there in pit lane was. I think they might flash. Yep. Uh, Final routine spot, uh, stop for this. It's been a troubled run, I'm afraid, for the three. Yeah. Two runs into the gravel. More brake dust from the 30 car of Richard Bradley. He's smashing that middle pedal every time it up towards the chicanes and into the parabolica. This, by the way, is a pass for position by the high-class racing car. Finally, after that long, long, long fight back from being uh, basically tipped into the gravel, losing a couple of laps, goes through on Stefan Adler and takes 17th position. That will at least be some, some minor uh, plus in what's been a pretty negative afternoon for the high-class racing team. Mike Wash rejoining then in the background after that car's final stop. It was bang on, 1 minute 40, which is what we like to see for car 3. Sadly, that car down in 12th position in LMP3. Jens Pedersen leading the class from Volkswagen Elio. Now, if the number 11 car needs to come in for one final stop, that will put Ultima in a cracking position to stick to start their season on two wins and 50 points. But it all depends, again, where Ultima are on their pit-stop strategy. The LMP3s can generally do an hour, maybe an hour and five minutes. They're used to them stopping on the race hours. However, that's sometimes not been, not been possible, or it's been more tempting to get off that more conventional pit lane strategy because of the full-course yellows and the safety cars. Blue flags being waved there for the Ebi Motors Porsche, which is being driven by Marco Frezza still. Here we go again. This is the presumption of this battle for second place. Alex Brundle has done what he could to make them his escape, but Paul Chatan has finally managed to deal with the traffic. He's now looking to deal with a very angry man from Norfolk. But, uh, Alex Brundle, cracking run from this pair, and still in with a shot. This, this pair of improving themselves at the order. Round the 51 car, that car they go. They arrive in Parabolica. Coming up the other end will be Norman Nato. Car 34, four by the way, will get the black and orange flag for that. That's the bodywork I'm sure you were talking about. Kubish Mosky. Yes. Uh, will be forced to pit to get that fixed. Yes, because that was only ever going to get worse on the Schmahovsky car. As now nose to tail, Brundle's going to be under pressure into the Retifilia this time. He got the car to the right side of the track. There is contact as they're in the braking area, but Brundle keeps it pointing in the right direction. Ligier staying ahead of Orica, but only just. No quarter given. None <laughs> whatsoever. 
tremendous racing from the two of them and just about fair I would say Paulie Chattat edged to the slightly to the left but he was given enough road by Alex Brundle who now wants to put a Ferrari between the two of them and does it that's the 60 Ferrari isn't it from Kestrel Racing cracking race from both of this, this pair of drivers this has been massive entertainment Andrea Pacini in the blue Ferrari there's uh, one of the inter-Europol cars as well just, just the 13 I think Lucas Brundle the odd 10th there he's now chasing down the United Autosports LMP3 car to try and put another pick in here yeah. he's been like this for a half an hour Brundle. now this could be very useful with Mike Gwash up ahead because it might be United Autosports uh, LMP3 doing a bit of a favour for the no uh, way to do it there. No, no way to do no, it there. In fact, here we go. It's Chatan got the better run out the corner. In fact, it was the other way around. Yeah, Mike Gouache compromised Brundle's speed, didn't he? And I think he's through. Let's see at the parabolic sweeps across the nose, and the cheers begin there at Edex Sport. There they are in celebration. Now, has Alex Brundle got any sense of a reply? We know the Orica is strong down the main straight here. And I think it's pulling away, despite Alex Brundle's best efforts. He might send one up the inside into the chicane, but at the same time, you don't want to do anything stupid. They're no. still on course for a podium here. Great display by this pair. That, yeah. That's been half an hour of unmitigated entertainment. Certainly. And that's a, it was a real shame, actually. Difficult place for Alex to, to discover teammate Mike Gwash. And it was Mike and Alex and Christian England who took the LMP title in 2016 16, I want to yeah, say 16. So he knows Mike really well uh, Mike wouldn't have done that deliberately it's just oh a no. question of the fact that the LMP3 has to take its natural racing line through the Ascari corner it's not as quick then to pick up the throttle it was early on that tight, wasn't it it yeah. was very tight well definite contact a shoulder barge but then Brundle just couldn't get the power down because of the baby prototype that was just ahead of it and Paul Luke Chattat spotted his opportunity needed to be clear as they reached the Parabolica and was yeah. just about bad things would have been said in the helmet marks at that point I'm sure but uh, and, you know again this is a moment to put that behind him Alex Brundle and to concentrate on getting the podium secure because it's a minute now back to Philippe Albuquerque so without a doubt a podium is possible depending again on how much fuel is in all these three cars now we're going to see what Norman Nato has to fear from Paul Chatham. And immediately, uh, Nato goes fastest uh, because purple in sector one, Chatham purple in sector two on this lap. But the gap because of that battle, as both Chatham and Brundle pit immediately, by the way. So now it comes back to the relative teams. Edex Sport versus United Autosport in the pit lane. Yeah. And we're into the window. Anybody stopping now will clearly get to the end on fuel. Well, I don't think you can do tyres. You just can't afford new tyres here. So it's all about the fuel and then any other bits of extra work you can do as that fuel is pumped in. That's the time-defining factor. They won't drive a change. I'm almost positive of that. And the same tyres will stay on. Both Michelin shod cars, remember, but Orica versus Ligier. So a true chassis battle fuel do they think they need lots of P2 cars on pit lane at the moment I'm counting 9 uh, 28 is in 32 is in their second third the 30 Duquesne engineering car is in and out Richard Bradley rejoins Panis Bartes 24 is in Cool Racing in Dragon Speed in 
The 25-volt goal pro in the hands of John Falb is in into Europol Kubishamoski. Right, so Nato not yet to pit, but he is in the third sector somewhere, so Norman Nato may choose to peel off at this point. And it's exactly the same pit stop time from Chatan and Brundle. One wow. minute seven. So uh, identical times. Great job done by both crews. Because it was all down to the fuel, and as long as you've done the fuel calculations correctly, just a question of getting all that in. In comes the leader now, Normanato pits just as his nearest rivals clear the first chicane and head into Curva Grande. Also right, so in the fourth place car here from Felipe Albuquerque, the fifth place car. Everybody's in. Are these all going to be one minute, seven second stops? Wouldn't be so surprising, would it? Possibly for the 26, a little bit less than that because it's got less of the race distance to do but the mechanics concentrating on clearing those ducts at the front of their car 26 which will be full of rubber pickup and you can't do a lot more you can clean the windscreen you can clear those vents but whilst the fuel's going in no other work can be done on the car here's my tip for the afternoon whatever you're doing for the next half hour clear your diary and sit and watch this because it's going to be bigger I thought that from the first lap. Absolutely. <laughs> you could just tell that this race was going to be a classic. And the 39 car rejoining now with Tristan Gomendy at the wheel in fifth position. Richard Bradley remaining at the wheel of the Duquesne engineering car. Konstantin Tereshenko drives the Panis Bartis competition car for its final lap, uh, for our final stint rather, in car 24. 103 for the G Drive Racing Team, that's four seconds better in the pit lane. What's that going to translate to though out on track as Norman Nato clears the first chicane? Across the line comes Paul uh, Lutschata and Alex Brundle. They're separated by about three seconds. Let's see what happens at the first timing sector on this lap. And that's where we'll see the real gap as the cars get back up to speed. So this car able to go one lap further into the stint, or closer to the race finish, more accurately. It's 31 seconds, no, sorry, nine seconds. Nine seconds is the gap to Paul Lepchatan from Norman Nato. It's a further 3.6 for Alex Brundle. 12.6 separates the three with 30 minutes remaining in this race. Yeah, and that's around about 17 or 18 laps still to do in this final half an hour. Um, the three seconds, therefore, or four seconds gain in the pit stop, crucial for the 26 crew, because that's, as you say, a gap now up to nine seconds by virtue of the fact that it was a one-minute, three-second pit stop for Norman Nato. Just watching who may or may not need to stop in LMP3 with the rather wacky... Uh, changes in, in uh, strategy because of those portion periods earlier at the moment, Nigel Moore is reeling in Tommy Erdos under a second back for the final podium position into Europol catching the United Auto Sports in the two car in GTE it is still a comfortable lead for the number 77 Dempsey Proton car for Sony is 18 seconds back and the closest uh, battle in terms of a podium position. It's Marco Frenza trying to get onto terms with Alessandro Pierre Greedy and actually catching at the moment. Mm. Second quicker last time. Yeah, so yeah, as you say, 30 seconds in P3, but there's a bit of a question mark about the 11 car and whether it's on the same strategy as those behind. Does that need a splash before the finish? Uh, breaking way before the rest of video to make sure it did, dis did not disrupt the cars that were wanting to overtake was John Ferrano's 
RLR M Sport car there. So, gentlemanly thing done, staying well to the right. As this group of cars, well, this are is all LMP3s. This is the back of four. Yeah, this is back of four. Yeah, so it's the blue, the two-tone blue car that's not in the fight. That's the six, isn't it, of Ross Kaiser? Well, Kaiser's going to be on a similar speed to Tommy Erdos and to Nigel Moore. So might need a bit of blue flags here to just warn Ross Kaiser that uh, Nigel Moore is coming to pace. But if Ross can overtake and legitimately overtake Tommy Erdos, he has a little bit of a look at it, doesn't he? Down the, the run through Seraglio. As we move to the LMP2 battle now at Kerber Grande. This, I believe, is a, is a battle of positions. Nicolas Lapierre trying to get eighth place from Will Stevens. In the. Ahead of him. the United cars. Yes, the red Gordon Lewis. Uh, 22. Can't remember the difference now between those two. Albuquerque it is. It is Albuquerque. It's okay. Albuquerque. So Albuquerque just ahead of this scrapping battle. Any change in the order between uh, the Erdos and Nigel Moore scrap? Yes, there is. Nigel Moore's now ahead of Tommy Erdos. So was that a case of Ross Kaiser getting through? And Nigel Moore going, well, if you're going to create the hole, then I'll squeeze through as well. Yep. Yorkshireman in Polish entered Liche leads Hungarian Brazilian. Yorkshire entered Liche. <laughs> Glad you're staying on top of all these uh, mixtures of nationalities, but it's splendid to see so many different national flags on display this weekend. 37, Nicola Lapierre taking pole yesterday for Cool Racing in their Orica, running in ninth position and looking to gain a spot on Will Stevens in the Pan Espartes Competition car. So this is again partly great driving from Lapierre, partly a slight advantage that the Orica chassis has over the Will Stevens Ligier and uh, Will was in a scenario at Ricard where he couldn't hold an Orica back very similar situation here but great driving from the 23 car into the Retifilia chicane so at least fends Lapierre off for a few more corners there are yellow flags being displayed though now at the Ascari chicane and the first bit of the back straight and this is the reason there's a Ferrari sitting right in the middle it's of the a track 60 car so that's the Kessel racing oh, and machine. the ultimate car. The ultimate car's off the road. <sighs> that's Francois Herriot. Now, where was the contact between the two of them? Oh, dear me. It was over the curbs from the 17 car. Clattered the 60 car as he did that. Yep. Door closed by the Ferrari. I don't think there was a way through there. Andrea Piccini, who is driving the 60, and an ambitious overtake from Francois Herriot. And just in the background, we saw Nigel Moore taking that position. So Nigel Moore is going to be through and into second place. Yeah. Tommy Odos will take third at this point. Finally, the 17 car gets moving. But the rear right oh, wheels all over oh the place. Dear me. The, that's, it, that's I'll tell gone. you what's gone. It's the, uh, it's the track rod or similar. And that's what keeps the suspension straight. Now that will require recovery. That's in a dangerous position. Are we going to be going to a full course yellow or a safety car? Certainly because yeah. that could be very interesting indeed. A bent toe link or completely broken one. And I thought that as Francois Ario set off, that rear right was not pointing in the right direction. It has spat him off into the gravel trap. 
and that's going to be really difficult to recover as Graham Goodwin says so on the cusp perhaps of another full course yellow they're still racing at the moment on this part of the track though and this is Nicola Lapierre getting a cracking run on Will Stevens once again just ahead is the United Autosports car of who did we say that was? Uh, Philippe Albuquerque in fourth position. As the EB Motors car comes out of the pits for their final stop. Yeah. We're going to full course yellow in about 10 seconds time. And that is going to, again, restrict our predicted lap distance. Oh, Will Stevens focused on the mirrors there completely and where Nicolas Lapierre was. There might have been an opportunity for Lapierre to get up the inside into the second and now chicane. we go full course yellow. Right, so who's going to react quickly to that Lapierre well, did Will Stevens not so much not quite so much but that can be rectified now that we're into the full course yellow and it, remember the speeds and how you get into them and out of them are closely monitored into the garage for the number 60 car um, Francois Ariot. yeah the rear right wheel I think says he needs to be lifted well, as in the car needs to be lifted they'll wait till it is safe for the very large piece of equipment that's going to cross the track and it will need a clear track to do that yeah. they're doing that now in comes the 51 car now right then. that is from third position this is at the very uh, start of the pit lane where AF Corsa have set up for the weekend the Lusik Racing uh, entered car is run by AF Corsa remember and the 55 shares an awning with that just watching for York Bergmeister who's not yet completed the lap to come through Meanwhile, so Lucic Racing, I think, will retain third position here. Meanwhile, at Kessel, the 60 car is getting some running repairs, taping up that uh, uh, left side sill just in front of the rear left wheel. And that's where the damage came after contact with Francois Herriot, and that incident, I'm sure, is under review currently as well. Francois still at the wheel of his number 17 ultimate car hopping over the kerbs and right. as it was airborne obviously Francois unable to steer and yeah. slammed into the side of Andrea Piccini it was ambitious that by Francois Rio um, reminds me of one or two moves made at Le Mans last year actually into the second chicane and I think that was a GT on another GT car but well over the kerbs and then directly T-boning another car Francois Rio will be lowered back onto the ground he'll do very well to get that car back to the pit lane though because it's steering from three corners and he's got a uh, legality panel which is awry on the right hand side as well yep. I think that car is going behind the probably right not the pit wall but behind the Arco barrier at Ascari meantime the number 7 Wilson racing car in and out of the pits in comes the 77 from the lead of GTE Ricardo Perra and this is the this car's final stop. I'm sure Proton Racing, Dempsey Proton Racing, to give it its official entry name, are grateful that they can do their final stop, and they needed to do this fuel stop under a full course yellow. So time being gained, firing back into life as Ricardo Perra, careful to adhere to the speed limit, of course, trundles it his way to the end of the pit lane. So 77 should emerge still as the race leader ahead of Matteo Cressoni, who's also in the pit lane for JMW Motorsport. There was a time when JMW Motorsport looked to be in a cracking position to be well ahead of everybody else in GTE, but it swung in another direction. So we're going to be, I thought, just a couple more minutes before we get back to green flag racing. And, uh, 
JMW fueled and ready to go for the last 20 minutes. This is also taking racing laps away from everybody, of course, Absolutely. and the chance to close gaps is disappearing steadily. The 66, which also made a stop on that lap. Matteo Crisoni staying at the wheel. Number they 11 have just car. done fuel, I'm sure, there. Number 11 car pits from the lead in on P3. At the moment, up into second place is Nigel Moore. Thomas Erdos up into third place for Eurinterpol and... Eurinterpol? Into Europol and United Autosports, respectively. Yeah, so They're going back green flag racing in 30 seconds, Johnny. That was the question I was asking myself about the 11. Did it need fuel? And are there anybody out? Are there any other cars that require fuel now as well? well? Here's, the, here's the other question. They're still strapping the driver into that car. We are 20 seconds away from something's not going right here at Euro International. Now he goes. Okay. So is this Mikkel Jensen that back in? Just about right in terms of the timing there. He's not lost any time by this going back to green as it will do in about a second's time now. It's not Jensen as we do go back to green. So Jens Pettersson staying at the wheel. Hopefully he gets the but message that we go back drivers. to... They definitely changed drivers. OK. Because they were struggling with the belts. Right, well, I'll come along quite up to speed with that then. And nor is Mikkel Jensen who now sees the green flag and turns right and turns left does the 11 car uh, where is that in relation to Nigel Moore that looked like Nigel coming across yeah, the line it's not there I think that might have been the 14 it might be the other car then from the LMP3 division as we hear more news from the pit lane about the 60 car it's not good news either I'm afraid that car to be retired of Andrea Pacini the fight continues between Will Stevens and Nicola Lapierre Lapierre getting a very good run on the Brit this time into the Parabolica but cannot make the slightly better speed for the Oracle work although partway round the Parabolica now he has the inside line does Nicola Lapierre for cool racing and will finally pick off Will Stevens for that position the problem for Nicola Lapierre is that it's only for eighth place. Tries to get to the inside line, can't do it there, goes back to the outside. Yeah, the still the 22 car ahead of this pair. And Will Stevens tried to repay the favour into the braking area, but that Orica should now open up a little bit more of a gap. But there's traffic, could this help Will Stevens to keep in the fight? Just over 18 minutes to go, that means around about 10 or 11 laps to go so we're winding through this one at a very high rate of knots after our latest full course yellow I make that three now for this second race of the year and the one safety car to recover Yamanaka's LMP3 machine from Ascari's gravel trap Jens Pettersson still leads LMP3 it's 27 seconds is the gap with 18 minutes remaining 5.8 seconds back to Tommy Erdos and the real team racing car further 37 seconds back there. Now, so with those cars, I think, all having completed their required stops, it's going to be a race with pace for the flag. Not more, you would bet on having the better pace here if it is Jens Pettersson in the car. Indeed. But if it's Mikkel Jensen, then that will be closer as far as a fight is concerned. And of course because the, the 11 car didn't qualify I can't get an idea of Mikkel Jensen's speed we have a search out previous laps though for that number 11 well, one, car the 149 from Nigel Moore will give us a clue yeah here. good point so anything 
close to or better than that, you would think that is Mikkel Jensen aboard the car. It says Jens Pedersen, but by dint of the fact that Pedersen was in the car and they were then playing with belts in that... Uh, unless there was a problem with those belts getting looser in that stint, you would have thought that's likely to be Mikkel Jensen aboard the car. But if it was a stressful stop, it might just be that Mikkel Jensen's forgotten to twip the driver ID. Unless, yeah. Is it done digitally these days? Or? Right. On the, on the P3 car. Uh, certainly in LP2, that uh, technology is used, I believe. 146.2 is the 11 car's best lap of the race. Okay. So if we get close to 146, 147, more likely to be Mikkel Jensen driving now. And a chat with Jens Petson earlier on the weekend, by the way, as we watched the, uh, the other gaggle of traffic coming through. Nata, by the way, 13 seconds to the good. And looking pretty comfortable at this stage. I've never seen Jens Petson drive better than he has done since getting aboard LMP3 machinery. Seen all sorts of cars down through the years, GT cars, Porsche Cup cars, and uh, for that matter, the Orca FLM cars in the past. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, I think a couple of times, and LMP2 cars, but it does seem to suit his driving style. He goes through the 149.666, so tenths different last time around from Nigel Moore. Nigel's going to find something if it's going to make an impact here. The Archard Miney pit stop last time around now, well, a pit stop for the car 43 under investigation, might not have been the last one, of course, and Archard Miney uh, potentially handing over to John Ferrano, because looks that way. Yeah, but, so maybe that was the stop that's under investigation. John, John I don't think he done his drive hours, so I think he okay. does require to do a little bit more here. Yeah, and that car 14th for RLR with their first season in LMP2. So the overall, Norman Nato, 13.7 seconds ahead of Paul Luc Chatan and Alex Brundle still in the fight but dropping back a little, 7.7 seconds back in the first of the two United Auto Sports Ligiers after a stellar fight between Chatan and Brundle for a good half an hour. 49 seconds back now for Felipe Albuquerque. He has closed that gap but not significantly so in terms of race positions. LMP3, your internationals, Jens Pettersson is 26 seconds ahead of Nigel Moore who is taking time out of him but the clock is ticking down more rapidly than Nigel is getting that, that uh, ground back Tommy Erdos is 8.8 seconds back in the third podium position with a further 41 seconds for Esteban Garcia who previously leading the team racing car in fourth at the moment remarkably it's a in LMP3 and who'd have thought that having checked the sheets from free practice one and free practice two earlier in the week now is that because the Ligier is getting slightly better fuel mileage or is it because the teams are turning the cars around better during the pit stops well let's look at the the, uh, the, the, the relative prevails for some of those it's uh, uh, Mikkel Jensen we're told by Rebecca is in the car so that uh, changes the kind of potential balance uh, we, we saw the lead for Nielsen Racing's number seven car, with the electronics issue for that car, we've seen obviously Francois Aereo lose his position to an incident on track. Uh, we saw the issue for the Oregon team with a brake fire uh, earlier. Lots of different things have accounted for some very strong runs for the normal teams, and through all of this have come the strongest of the Ligier players. In GTE, Dempsey Breton Racing with Ricardo Perra Pole sitting here last year for EB Motors sits pretty at the moment with 17 seconds of a gap on Matteo Grissoni. That gap is pretty static at the moment. So it's Porsche, 
77 Dempsey Proton, 66 JMW Motorsports Ferrari. Lusic racing in the hands of Alessandro Pierguidi is catching, but is too far back to do that on pace. Let's do anything about Matteo Grassoni. And behind him, your Bergmeister uh, for the 17 seconds back. Uh, gaps reasonably static, but my gosh, Johnny, it's taken, what, three hours and 45 minutes for us to get to that position. Yeah, and what a change as well from the grid, because bear in mind, the 28 car had all its times deleted from yesterday. That's now second. And the 11 car, you're international, because of a crash in the practice sessions earlier in the week, didn't even qualify yesterday in LMP3. That's now leading its class. So you don't need to bother about qualifying on the Saturday. Just no. start at the back, and you're guaranteed a great result. The United Autosports car running a little bit wide there under the second chicane. That was, I think, the number two of Tommy Erdogan. So he's still pushing. Ten seconds, the margin between him now and Nigel Moore in the battle for second place in LMP3. Fourth is Esteban Garcia for Real Team Racing, and then Laura Milara. But it's Esteban Garcia's car, which is the best of the normers now in LMP3, ahead of Milara for M Racing. A third of the Normas, a recovering Tony Wells in the Nielsen Racing number seven after there were some mechanical dramas for the Middlesbrough man earlier on in the race. That car, of course, shares with Colin Noble. So just under 12 minutes to go. About seven more laps, I reckon, we can squeeze out of this. We're really getting to the crucial point then as darting there from behind the 51 Ferrari comes the 39 Graf. Orica of Tristan Gomendy. Nice little bit of lappery there. 51, Lucy Racing, Alessandro Pierguidi, set to be carrying more ballast at Barcelona because on course for a top three finish. It'll also be up there in terms of the championship. They'll have to pay for their race victory at Ricard as well, all the way into Barcelona. Because remember, three tables of success ballast, one based on championship positions, the other two based on pre the previous two race results. 11 minutes to go and whether that rear deck is shaking around a bit too much for my liking on the 39 car nothing to worry about at this stage they won't think about doing an extra pit stop certainly but rear wing out of kilter more often than it needn't and the rear clip never did get changed as far as I know on the Duquesne no, car no it didn't but I think uh, an indication again of how tough this circuit is on prototypes. Uh, that's looking a little bit weather-worn, the 39 car now. So, Nicola Jensen it is, holding a gap in P3 to Nigel Moore. Tommy Erdos beginning to drop back a bit, but looking pretty secure for a podium at this stage. It's all about, really, at the front of this race, can Nato attain the 11.5 second advantage he's got and looks to me like he's in gap management mode yes he's not, uh, not uh, lapping an ultimate pace right now about a second he's conceding to Paul Luc Chatter with every lap but he can't afford to do that now that with a Tristan Gomondi can catch Philippe Albuquerque now for fourth is the it's the biggest gap that's I think open on pace in the remaining nine and a half minutes yeah Gomondi is motoring also be a chance for James Allen to improve his position in the race-winning Paul Rickard track and speed car down in 10th place with one or two trials and tribulations at the American squad but they might be able to get a ninth place finish out of this depending on how quickly he can catch Will Stevens. One of the points we were talking about uh, Paul Rickard Johnny as the Defend Engineering car deals with on the LMP3 uh, into Europol cars 
is it's such a depth of LMP2 competition now that one bad race, relatively speaking, that the Dragon Speed car has had a bad race. A win last time, 10th here. Of course, you could drop an awful lot more points because the depth of the points is, well, deeper. Yes. Yes, so uh, each car can almost afford to have one-off race. We've said this before. The, the championship used to be five races, of course. Yep. And even one duff result in that, that meant that you basically yep. didn't win the championship. Absolutely. Now it's six races. There is a bit more wriggle room. But any more than one really and then they'll be hard pushed to take the title you know, the one thing is because the circuits are so very different there aren't going to be circuits that are very much Dunlop circuits or Michelin circuits or Orica circuits yeah. or Ligier circuits we saw the Ligier with the Michelin tyres win both races in the end of last season um, and so you've really got to score big points consistently yeah. and that I think is what we're going to start to see emerging at the end of this race is who has had that consistency 129 laps done this one and maybe four more, perhaps seven minutes on the clock. We uh, aren't very far away now from deciding this. Now, that was a very slow lap from Norman Nato. Gap down to 8.7 seconds for Paul-Luc Chattat. Nato could give a bit more if he needed to. This is lap 130, or are those tyres starting to cry enough? We've got five Michelin shop cars behind the Dunlop leader. Absolutely, or was it just a little bit of traffic? Even on the sector times, that's going to be the key here. Yeah. Reed. Oh, scribbling on the braking is the 24 car with brake dust completely obscuring the number now. Yes, pouring off those front discs. And the number sits right behind the front wheels of the Panis Bartes car. Just about tell that that's number 24. Chatan is taking time out of Norto in the middle sector. It's not quite enough at this stage. But uh, it's certainly closing it up. It's closing it up substantially. And Philippe Albuquerque just then gone and be down to 3.8 seconds now. Looking for that battle for fourth position. What they would say, by the way, about that gap coming down does mean that it's coming down by those chunks any delay in traffic for the leader and it's a completely different story it's 7.6 seconds now six and a half minutes to go and that's another second taken out of the lead on that lap and four seconds albuquerque to gomondi to decide fourth place then uh, can united autosports keep two cars in the top four graf will have something to say about this having started so well after that opening stint from alexandre cugnot took the lead at the first corner you might remember from uh, third on the grid will stevens now under real pressure as well from james allen that gap is under three seconds with six minutes to go so that's the 23 car fending off the 21 from dragon speed trouble for the 83 is this a splash right at the end? We, we did say that was edgy, didn't we? Yes, yes, and uh, that was the frustration, I think, from Michel Gatting earlier on. So Rahel Frey bringing this car in. That's the... gonna, yeah, it's going to cost him one place, I think. That was just the splash it needed. The team are happy with their handiwork, though, for the front splitter and uh, nose cover. It was very neatly taped down after the officials told them that they must do that. Five minutes to go. Rahel back in the race and G-Drive uh, are at the end of the, a double stint on Dunlop tyres so a 138.8 is much more like it 
from Norman Natto. I think you're right that it did catch some traffic to force that 140 out of Norman Natto. Trying to slice through the traffic as quick as he can. Eight seconds is the margin. Five minutes to go. Commonly still catching uh, Albuquerque for second. Uh, for fourth, rather, I don't apologise. This time around, it's 7.7 seconds is the, is the lead gap. So, drop to tenth this time to Norman Natto. Under five minutes to go. Natto at the curve for Grande. Just ahead of him is Mikkel Jensen leading LMP3. So the two of them will go through the second chicane more or less together. The GTE leader is at the Ascari chicane, turns eight, nine and ten, and about to head on to the long back straight. That's Ricardo Perra in the 77 Porsche. But down towards the second of the Lesmos, the 26 car has safely got ahead of Michael Jensen, so class leader overtaken by overall leader, and Norman Natto's advantage down to 7.8 seconds now. Well, four minutes to go, and good sector times coming from Norman Natto. This has been a complete swing, hasn't it? The fortunes of the Dunlop shot Iris Orica. After really struggling at Paul Ricard, and should be said, much better work this time for Roman Grusinov. An absolutely epic double stint from Jan van Utet, and cracking stuff at the end of this race from Norman Nato. He's dropping a little bit of time here, but he has had a little bit of traffic. 6.5 seconds the gap now. It's been a great race from them, it's been a great race too from Edex Sport, and a fighting finish from Paul Chateau. He's got that car up to second place and sitting exactly where it needs to in case of any problem or even minor delay for the leader Alex Bundle dropping off now uh, but not under any threat from behind from the sister car this is fiction rank as a good results at the moment for the two United Autosports Ligiers comprehensively beaten the similar cars of Panos Bartes in the back of the Ligiers on whichever rubber they choose here is the battle by the way it's not for position. No, it's Actually, James Allen trying to unlap himself. It is because he, his, target, his target is the next car up the Correct. road. Yes, that was confusing me for a little while. But yes, it's the Will Stevens car with the golden arches displayed on that Panes Bartes competition car ahead of the 21. And they are on the same lap, unlike the 39, which is a lap ahead. Tristan Gomendi in fifth place overall. So Panes Bartes Ligier being caught by Dragon Speed Car, the black machine with the blue bands and the white stars on it. And Gomendi for Graf, sort of caught in the middle. But likewise, Gomendi has a target in the form of Philippe Albuquerque. Two minutes to go then, and Norman Natto already onto the back straight to about to be complete the next lap, which is 133. Now, lap times are 1.39. He might actually get an extra lap out of this. This could be an extra lap here. So this will it's be 1.33 three, three completed. Yeah. 1.33 completed. Over the line he goes now. Oh, and very tight behind the Ferrari, which was trying to pick. He's pitting again. That's oh, two wow. laps on consecutive laps in the 83 car. And that could be a problem which might see a position go the way of McGriffin. Was he too far back? One. The 66 second in GTE, that's Matteo Crisoni. Unlikely to change for the first three positions in GTE now. Ricardo Perra establishing himself as the leader in the GTE category. 
Looks like it's just another splash for the 83. Maybe the fuel didn't go in maybe the first time around. The maybe they had a malfunctioning fuel rig. Oh, it might dear. be that. That's going to be... to injury. But I think they still should be OK. The car is back out on track. And Matt Griffin has not yet completed the lap. So that was just 32 seconds on pit lane. They don't lose 32 seconds, of course, because no. they're moving, albeit at a reduced speed. So they'll still have a substantial gap. It's the final minutes of this race, and I think this is going to go... An additional lap is yeah, a lot, I, I can't see this being the last lap. I think by a matter of seconds, Norman Natto will go over the timing line. He's still only got 6.4 seconds as an advantage over Paul Luc Chatin, and he will not like to know that he's got to go round again. Oh, trouble for the 43. Yellow flags at 10. That's exactly where the leader is. And in fact, the yellow flags are all the way up towards the parabolica, it looks like, as well. But this could save him. It could. This could be. This is the final lap. Reduced speed might be enough. As the, as the leader has to go round another stranded car at the parabolica, the team might be radioing Norman Natto here to just ease off the throttle a little bit. Six seconds, five seconds, four. He's going to cross the timing line now. And does he have to go around again? I can't see a chequered flag. It's not displayed on the screen. One more lap to go, Graham. 4.7 seconds now. Paul Luke Chatter. And now, did Paul Luke Chatter go through the yellow flag at the required reduced speed? This might be investigated after the race. Well, he picked up a second and a quarter in that sector. Last lap in large letters now displayed on our screen. But I reckon he crossed the line with about three seconds on the clock. Blimey. Well, this is the point at which the nerves will be jangling. Certainly so. Norman Natto, the ultimate pro, and will be able to just block that out. Still got the yellows there, by the way. Yes. So no overtaking, actually, at the end of the lap, and possibly Correct. all the way to the end of the sector. So if he gets to Ascari with the lead, he should be fine. And he's not far away now. Out of the second of the Lesmos goes the G-Drive car. In the background, Paul Lipschata over the kerbs, giving it everything. But if the overtake's not done by the road bridge, when they get to Ascari, there's this issue with at least one car, possibly two. And they'll go into yellow flag area, which means no overtaking. And that, for me, will be confirmation that G-Drive win the second race of the year. And there's cars between the two as well, which will not be helping... The drive from Paul Luc Chatin. Can he clear the LMP3 car before the yellow flag zone? No, he can't. And this is now the incident area at the Parabolica, so has to stay at the yes, same speed. Flag. There we go. So it is racing to the line, and it will be a first win of the year, a first win for the Auras. So tight indeed for the 28. Paul Two Chatan car. Two, Two se <laughs> seconds out of the flag. Between Aurus, Orica, and what about the Ligier of Alex Brondel about to cross the line to complete the podium? Also home, the 77 Dempsey Proton car takes the GT class. Ricardo Pera brings it home. Yeah. And uh, Richard Bradley will finish sixth because he was a lap off the pace. We're waiting for the number 11 car. Here comes Mikkel Jensen taking that car over oh. relatively late on as the RLR M Sport yep. car pits, I think, late in the day. Maybe that car yes, is out does. of fuel. But the 11 wins LMP3. Mikkel Jensen and Jens Pettersen, congratulations to those guys. A very strong outing indeed in the Ligier when, or, when uh, the Norma M30 seemed to have all the pace. Uh, mopped up this weekend five cars qualifying in the top five yesterday but where is the highest Norma only fourth she's looking for the fourth place car coming home that's very close on the final lap 22 to 39 Albuquerque to 
Tristan Gomondi, two seconds or about that through the last timing beam. They're not home yet. Neither are Paris Bartes or the Dragons Peacock. It does finish in that order, though, two seconds dead. It was the gap between Albuquerque and Gomondi for fourth. And at the flag, James Allen couldn't quite do it on, on, on Will Stevens. Ninth goes to Paris Bartes and Will Stevens. James Allen, 1.1 seconds back. The LMP3 podium, Johnny Palmer. Mikkel Jensen, Fear International, comes home. Well, a chunk ahead of Nigel Moore. And then Thomas Erdos, who's returned to professional racing, uh, his first podium in LMP3 for United Autosports. Yeah, a great result indeed for Erdos, as you say, returning after a fairly long time out of motorsport. Wayne Boyd and Garrett Grist the, the uh, drivers that he shares that car with. Final podium is of course the GT battle, Dempsey Proton Racing take that, the number 77 car with Ricardo Perra, Matteo Caroli and Christian Reed, ahead of the JMW Motorsport Trio Wei Lu, uh, Jeff Siegel and Matteo Grissoni bringing the car home and uh, then Lusich Racing Alessandro Pierre Guidi uh, brings the car home with uh, Nicholas uh, Nielsen and uh, and Fabian Laverne of course yes. and that with 30 kilos of ballast aboard the car uh, couldn't quite do it at the end Jörg Bergmeister closed to within 7 seconds but that was as good as it got a little bit of mental arithmetic tells me that uh, as well, if they retain the championship lead that will be 15 kilos to be carried into Barcelona uh, off the track on the grass there I think just to make sure that ride height is correct and maybe uh, the weight of the car as well that will be checked sneaky little manoeuvre there to uh, run the hot tyres down the grass and pick up as much debris as possible that was the Edex sport car there's all sorts of tricks are played at this point indeed so and uh, in fact, the Delara is well off the track, and that is entirely deliberate as well from Harry Tignall. It's not that he's forgotten about the Parabolica and where the track goes next. So it will damped up from far left to far right. There is Harry. And we're Harry not, Tignall. Not, not much to say about them, but remarkably, they come back in another 11th position. Yes. And Tignall waved then to the uh, paddock area very quickly, whereas... Uh, Roman Rusinov wants to clamber on board the Aris 01 together with teammate Jop Van Utert and they will get a lift from one end of the pit lane to the other. So, tremendous effort. I still think the Aris has had a cracking start to 2019. Oh, yeah, There's yes. two pole positions now. Yes. One at Ricard, one at Spa last weekend in the LMP2 category and now its first win in only round two of the championship. The number 11, Ligier from Euro International. Not the car they had reckoned non-racing nope. this year, not the chassis anyway. That is chassis 001. Yes. That is the very first Ligier chassis uh, owned by the Ligier uh, organisation and uh, rented out to them after their woes at Paul Ricard. So it just goes to show, it's still a fresh one. Roman, Norman, Jock, very happy boys indeed after a hard charging afternoon and they had to really work for that throughout each of the four hours so congratulations to the Aris 01 guys we'll see them on the podium in a moment or two there is thumbs up from Mikkel Jensen taking over from Jens Pettersen who's just the other side of the barrier there on the left of your picture and a big grin from Jens as well as you say improving his pace uh, well from last year notably very good indeed winning the uh, Michelin Le Mans Cup LMP3 category and that was the mark of Jens 
new pace, maybe helped along by Leonard Hugenboom, who was the 2018 co-driver at DKR Engineering, and Jens now into the ELMS proper with Mikkel Jensen and further driver uh, mentoring, I'm sure, coming from the Dane. Be good to hear from a couple of these guys after the race. Um, one or two people on Twitter pointing out just how tough it looks on braking for the P2s, particularly the Oricas. Yeah. And by comparison with some, I have to say, the G-Drive car looked remarkably clean. Eating through brake uh, pads like nobody's business. They didn't obviously need to change brakes at any point. It's the longer distance races where that is necessary. Richard Bradley's uh, Orica, though, from Duquesne, showing an awful lot of smoke, or dust, I should say, every time into the slow corners. 2.1 seconds, the gap from G-Drive Racing to Edex Sport to win it then for the Russian-flagged squad. Congratulations to TDS who prepare the car. Edex just missing out on the race victory. Alex Brundle bags a podium for United Autosports along with his teammates at the 32 squad, Ryan Cullen and Will Owen. And just off the podium... Phil Hansen and Philippe Albuquerque. LMP3 honours going the way of Euro International, as we've mentioned, from inter-Europol competition. And Nigel Moore racing this weekend with the other guy at uh, the 13 crew. Uh, Martin Hipper, of course. And then United Autosports' Tommy Erdos in third position. GTE is a Dempsey Proton Racing benefit. The 77 car wins the GTE category from JMW and from Lusich. Time for some reaction then at G-Drive with Louise Beckett. Still celebrating with the team is remembrous enough. That was a great race from all of you. Yeah, it was a really great race. Not an easy one because we had a different strategy. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think all the team did an amazing job. Uh, J- job did really good thing. Norman as well. So I think, yeah, he's glad to be here. He's good, glad that Arus won their first race here in Monza. And you look strong here in Monza. Oh, yeah, we we won here last year, you know. So we try we try uh, the big one now, the next one. So I think uh, this was a good preparation, and I think we show that we can we can win again. Thank you, well done. Thank you. And that is definitely the focus, always has been for G Drive Racing to look at ahead to Le Mans, and that's uh, what Roman Rusinov was referring to next month. We started at 12 midday here at Monza, a huge crowd descending on the grid and an opportunity for those that had paid just a small fee, 10 euros, to get onto the grid, chat to your favourite drivers, get your programme signed as well. And then half an hour later, we were racing down towards the Retafilio chicane for the first time. Uh, Some audacious manoeuvres by one or two further back in the pack and a great overtake from Alexandre Cugno to take the race lead for Graf Racing. So the young Frenchman out front, charging down the inside was the high-class racing machine. A spin early on for John Faub after a little bit of contact, and then the battling in LMP3 commenced. James Allen wasting no time at all, getting ahead of Roman Rusinov in the uh, Dragon Speed car to rapid applause from Henrik Hedman and tight here between the two GT machines a spin as a result for Christian Reed and also for Anders Fjordback in his high class racing prototype that was a change of lead in GTE Egidio Perfetti getting ahead of Fabian Laverne a heavier Ferrari this weekend because of the success ballast and also jostling his position into the first chicane once again Dragon Speed uh, overtaking the only graph car in the race despite 
Uh, the fight back then from Alex Cugno. This is James Allen on the outside there, and Alex Cugno on the in the inside, and contact had on the exit of the Curva Grande. Quite how uh, James Allen held on to that, I'll never know. Into the gravel went Patrice Lafargue in his number 27 car, brought out the first full-course yellow, and that forced many cars into relatively early pit stops. Changed the strategy for a number as well. The G-Drive Aurus, eventually our winner, heading out of the second chicane. That was a spin for Pierre Rag. Big crash for Nobuyu Yamanaka in the Nielsen Racing car on the exit of Ascari. Eliminated on the spot, sadly. And then the GT fight. Well, where do we start with this? Ferrari versus Porsche, of course. And that was an overtake, a great one from the number 83 crew at Kessel. Rahel Frey enjoyed that. The seven car, Tony Wells bringing the Nielsen racing car in, limping home, and it had to go straight into the garage. Again, one or two fuel stops forced on the teams because of the cautions. We had one safety car as well to recover that stricken Yamanaka machine. And there is the number 11 that took victory in the LMP3 category. This a clumsy moment from Francois Herriot and the 60 of Andrea Pacini. It meant damage, big damage for the ultimate car. Paul Ricard's winners, remember, and that rear right uh, breakage on the suspension forced Herriot into retirement. The Euro International car taking victory, though, in LMP3 from Inter Europol and from United Autosports. Jens Pettersson and Mikkel Jensen victorious in LMP3. Let's hear from them now. Well, what a story for the number 11. Adam Jens Pettersson, where do we start with your story? Start with the back, not qualifying yesterday, and then taking the win? Yeah, another chapter in the book of uh, what is so amazing about endurance racing here in the Duke in Le Mans series. Yesterday we lost the car completely, big crash. The, the team was incredible, it built it up, and my teammate Mikkel did a fantastic opening stint. And I had a clear double stun. Yeah, and here we are. It's it's great. It's amazing. Well, the podium's starting, so you need to get up there. Well done, guys. So we won't grab a word with Mikkel Jensen, but we have heard from him before in previous events. And uh, a man of few words, but he does all his talking on the track, it has to be said. And Mikkel Jensen having to go in for a double dose at the start and at the end. Jens Pedersen ecstatic with that. But here's the LMP2 podium then. First of all, then, to the third stage. Um, the, no, hang on a minute. That's cool racing there. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. And United Autosports there as well. Cool racing. Now, is this a podium to do with two bronzes? Two bronzes, I'm wondering. Uh, Paul Chatat is there. Yeah, this is Edex Sports. Uh, this is Sports, the second place car. Car. So Memo Rojas, Paul Lafarge and Paul Chatat on the top step of the podium. Are they no, question marks? No, not. No. Uh, ah, OK. It's What's confusing me is cool racing that looked like they were on the second step. Actually, they were on the bottom. And here are the G-Drive guys, yep. Rightio. It all suddenly makes sense. And the G-Drive team then, Norman Nato and Jot Van Uta, Ro Roman Rusinov, we will hear the Russian national anthem.
So Cool Racing to the left of your picture are there because they have got two non-pro drivers effectively Alexandre Cugno, uh, Kwani I should say and Antonin Borger joined by Nicolas Lapierre and that was actually the pole car as well and then the more conventional podium to their left so G-Drive winning Edex Sport second in the red overalls and third position for United Autosports and some fantastic individual performances amongst the really stellar steam perfor- uh, team performances there Alexandre Cugno at the beginning of the race for Graf Racing absolutely fantastic stint from him uh, I think the best we've seen so far and I'm sure there's better to come from Ryan, uh, Ryan Cullen in the, uh, the United Autosports car but a fantastic stint from Alex Brundle real entertainment there Paul Lutchatan pressure 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 oh yeah and then some more pressure uh, but uh, for me one of the drivers of the race Jean von Utrecht, takes the lap record here by the way beats the previous best set last year by Ben Hanley if you're going to beat someone beat someone with quality the 136.979 shaves another tenth off the LMP2 lap record here well done Aris that is by the way David Leach the uh, G-Drive Racing race engineer on the podium with him representing the team he's the brains of the outfit no offence meant or indeed <laughs> will be accepted to any of the three drivers but I'll start by it the brains of the outfit so David Leach on the top of the podium with the drivers Roman Rusinov, Jot van Utert and Norman Natto for Edex Sport, Paul Lafar, Paul Lipchata, Memoroas, as I think I said, and at 32, Ryan Cullen, Alex Brundle, Will Owen, joined by the car, the drivers from Cool Racing, Nicola Lapierre, Antonin Borger, Alex Kwani, and Champagne is sprayed liberally. Good race. Uh, very good race indeed. Real pace from everybody involved in that lead battle and from several that at the end of the, the race weren't. A really fast race when we had clear running there. Yeah. Uh, LMP3, hard luck again. Uh, second day in uh, succession to the Nielsen Racing Team. <laughs> Deserved better from that, but another fighting drive from Nigel Moore to grab a podium. Second, second podium for Inter Europol. Great stuff from United Autosports back in podium uh, sitting form. But uh, Jens Pettersson and Mikkel Jensen looking like a pair to be, con- uh, to, to, to be reckoned with, aren't Certainly, they? Yeah. They looked like they were comfortably on the way to a win of Paul Rickard until things went wrong, but uh, nothing went wrong there for them. Dempsey Proton Racing, quality trio, quality car. Porsche take the win at Monza. Uh, JMW Motorsport will be utterly delighted with their second place. And Lusic Racing another strong finish we'll see them in good form in the points be very tight indeed actually in GTE but we'll deal with the result in LMP3 first of all Euro International Mikkel Jensen Jens Pedersen taking the victory as we know from the into Europol entry of Martin Hipper and Nigel Moore United Autosports finishing in third ahead of Real Team Racing and M Racing they are both the Norma M30s 360 Racing getting into the top six with car number six so a shout out to Ross Kaiser James Nason and Terence Woodward for their hard work ahead of the Nielsen Racing crew 11th place to Ultra and that's a non-finish isn't it yeah Yeah. so these are the retirements now sadly Oregon with a non-finish after they look strong during the qualifying session Nielsen racing number eight out along with RLR M Sport beautiful backdrop here at Monza 
fantastic race surface as well what a track this place is there are the driver's points Jens Pettersson and Mikkel Jensen lead the way 10 points ahead of Martin Hipper and Nigel Moore yep. then it's the ultimate crew didn't score today they didn't and sit on 25 points as a result then so uh, 25 from Ricard nothing to show from Monza David Drew Esteban Garcia will be fifth in the championship ahead of Tony Wells and Colin Noble that number 7 car did finish the race GTE then, third place to Lucid Racing, Alessandro Pierguidi in the number 51 car, the Ricard winners along with Nicholas Nielsen and Fabian Laverne. 66 JMW Motorsport crew is Matteo Crossoni, Wei Lu and Jeff Siegel. Matteo with two young Crossonis there. <laughs> Excellent opportunity Either for those two. JMW have been investing in new talent. Well, got to uh, start them as young as possible. And now here is, are the 77 guys of Matteo Cairoli, a real specialist around this Monza circuit with another pole position for the year. Christian Reed and Ricardo Perra. And it will be the German national anthem for Dempsey Proton Racing. Dempsey Proton take the victory and that gives them two podium results so far. Lusik have had the same results, just in the reverse order, a win and a third place finish. I think, though, Dempsey Proton will have one more point, courtesy of a pole position. Who was pole? Rickard. I thought that was 77 as well, so they might have two more points, actually. Uh, it wasn't Lusik, so um, we won't have a scenario where they're both tied together on points this is going to be very very tight it was Proton by the way shows at the moment um, that's well you know let's see what happens in the emerging races here as to this uh, this success ballast programme this year Mm. first time well uh, I like it so far but I'm sort of quite a fan of the idea even before we started I think Alessandro Pierguini spoke to me earlier on today and said still should be in a scenario where the best team the best car takes victory at the end of the year because it's a fair playing field and all it means that is the more that successful you are the more ballast you have to take on board but if you can cope with the ballast set the car up to deal with it okay it shouldn't be too much of a hindrance now remember we had just after uh, well, but some time after the safety car the uh, the majority of the field spread by four seconds it was just a minor lead for the lead car and then four seconds separated the rest of the field here we go Feeling fizzy. I have link on me, all of you down there. So getting damper and damper at the podium now as more and more champagne is sprayed, but we prefer this type of dampness on the podium compared to yesterday's Michelin Le Mans Cup, which was doused in rain and uh, a huge thunderstorm that descended over the Monza circuit with about 20 minutes to go. Set up a cracking finish for Michelin Le Mans Cup, which is also now two races old. 
those cars in the Michelin Mile Cup race at Le Mans next month. We'll see many of the cars that were in action during this ELMS race uh, also taking part in the 24 hours. The drive, affects further the, the drivers, drive, too, the drivers yeah. from here in LMP3 cars in the road to Le Mans and uh, taking a step up into other races. Johnny. Dempsey Proton win by 24 and a bit seconds from JMW Motorsport. Lucis Racing keep their championship aspirations on target two. Team Project one just off the podium. Ebby Motors a full lap down. That's compared to the overall winner. Kessel Racing's number 83 car with two late pit stops to try and get a splash of fuel into the car. We reckon the first pit stop they weren't able to do that, maybe with a fuel rig issue. This is how the points are then, and yes, two points in it between Reed Cairoli Perra back to Pierre Guidi Laverne and Nielsen then it's Jeff Seagal with Matteo Cressoni and Wei Lu who were on the podium second in this race on 30 points and four points back for the second place finishers at Paul Ricard Manuel Agosta, Michel Gatting, Rahel Fry. It's really close and you know again you should be looking here at uh, when you get into something like a 25 point gap because that's the point at which you have a really bad day you can be caught. goes quiet again we wait for the LMP3 podium this is the team's championship Dempsey Proton Racing 42 to that 40 for Lusic Racing 30 JMW then the 26 EP Motors and Spirit of Race in the teens as is Team Project 1 and then the, the 88 Proton car that didn't start here and the 60 Castle Racing car which probably wishes it didn't uh, rather further back they score a non-finish I'm afraid here the only one of the GTE cars not to finish the race and that is the story of GTE at the four hours of Monza that uh, car wasn't competing that's a fine <laughs> fine looking piece of machinery absolutely uh, ten points in it then between the teams championship Euro International into Europol competition in LMP3 it's very similar frankly to the driver championship but uh, after only two races nobody's really had a chance to get away in the, uh, in the title hunt so, and it's now LMP3 podium time so to the second so the, the third step of the podium the guys from car number two so Garrett Grist Wayne Boyd and, and Wayne Boyd the evergreen uh, Tommy Erdos and even yep. more green than the evergreen Tommy Erdos come the Euro, the, uh, the into Europol guys and these are new overalls for this weekend, aren't they? The new overalls for last weekend. Oh, okay, um, okay. And yeah, they're really green. Yes. Nigel um, Moore and Martin Hipper looking disappointed. Well, maybe they felt slightly more was on the cards. They couldn't catch this pair though. Mikkel Jensen and Jens Pettersson who step across the walkway and onto this detached podium, very much like Le Mans, of course and used to seeing this podium during Formula 1 weekends with the Tifosi below well it's Euro International the American squad who take victory Euro International, perhaps against all odds, um, lead two further Ligiers over the line. It's a Ligier 1, 2, 3. And uh, just making his way to the top of the podium, we've got a Ferrari on the top step because that is Antonio Ferrari. He's the team principal of Euro International, the grand nephew of Enzo Ferrari, Antonio. 
and uh, proud team principal of your international outcome the trophies and, uh, a better day for the United Order Sports team than perhaps at Paul Ricard yeah uh, yes it uh, was fair to say that weekend at Ricard uh, was not to plan and there was plenty of uh, alternative working required including trying to find another car but your international uh, have actually had a half decent uh, start to the season as I say uh, it's a points lead of now 10 in both the teams and the drivers championship Martin Hipper and Nigel Moore forcing a couple of smiles there on the second step of the podium two great late charges from that car and again that's down to the strategy that Inter-Europol um, employ whether they do their quick start, their quick stops towards the start of the race or leave it late on. But Nigel Moore, you can guarantee, will be well fired up for that chase to the line. Yep, Tommy Odos, a little out of practice there with the champagne, Tommy. <laughs> Have to improve matters there. Certainly. But we can forgive him for that after the pace he showed during the race. And now he's going to get to the There you go. You see, what he's done there is it's a strategic move from Tommy Odos. Waited till everybody else had Well, he has more left then, doesn't Absolutely. he, at the end? Uh, to use on Wayne Boyd and Garrett Grist and great stuff clinking of glasses there from Jens Pedersen and Martin Hipper good to see the sportsmanship on the podium and all are very very happy I'm sure with their afternoon's work in the LMP3 category so sadly for ELMS fans we take a two month break now prior to our next race of the year which will be at Barcelona and a return for certainly the Le Mans series. There's confirmation of the points within LMP2. So Jochman Utert, Norman Nato, Roman Rusinov, the championship leaders by only two points over Memo Rojas, Paul Lafargue and Paul Chatat. And a further ten back then for the Paul Ricard winners, Hedman, Allen and Hanley, who wasn't no, here no, this Hanley, weekend. Hanley so, loses one point, yes. so he's on 25, not 26. So, but actually, not too costly for no. Ben Hanley, who's not here this weekend, as you say and uh, a point further back but it's pretty tight uh, with the down towards the top seven and uh, beyond that not not out of it either there's plenty still to play for here four more races to come and if your favorites were racing this weekend they'll likely be racing in about a month's time at the Le Mans 24 hours true enough because most of this grid in some form or another will be there yep so the date for your diary regarding that is the 15th and 16th of June although qualifying takes place all through the preceding week 21st of July for Barcelona as we remind ourselves of how the uh, team's championship sits it's 26 still ahead of the rest then just as the driver's championship is concerned but very tight for G-Drive Racing to nurse this championship lead for a couple of months but the priority as we've said for G-Drive all about them on top six in this race will be at the Le Mans 24 hours and many more besides top two in GTE will be at the Le Mans 24 hours a fair number of the LMP3 races and teams will be in those road to Le Mans two double headers on the Thursday and on race morning if you're there trackside I know many thousands of you will be you'll get to cheer them on live there too it's been another great four hour encounter with what has been a real depth of talent in the European Le Mans Series of 2019, Johnny Palmer. Going to be a cracking year if these two races are anything to go by. Two very different races, and it's squeezed the championship title further together. Certainly, GTE's so close indeed. Cracking race from all of the LMP2s.
And it's a question now of waiting a little while before we reassemble in Spain, in Barcelona, the 21st of July, from Graham Gooden and Johnny Palmer. Goodbye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.